case on this coin. No. 1958. It's been traveling 22 years to get here. And now it's here. And it's either heads or tails. And you have to cycle it. Well, look, I need to know what I stand to win. Everything. How's that? You stand to win everything. Call it. Well done. Don't put it in your pocket, sir. Don't put it in your pocket. It's your lucky water. Where are you want me to put it? Anywhere not in your pocket. Or it'll get mixed in with the others and become majestic coin. Which it is. Welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast that does, I think, what it says in the tin for 200 episodes. It's best film ever. My name's Ian. And I'm Liam. I'm Ethan. And I'm Georgia. Hey! 200! 200! A bicentennial. What a figure to get to. John Philip Sousa would write marches about us. Dun, 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 dun. In your wildest dreams, I know I say this every time, but did you ever think No, no, this number and every number that comes after us, no. No. Never would have thought this. Never would have thought this. I don't know where I would. Probably around 70. I was like, yeah, this is probably oh, as far okay. as maybe I thought things would have gotten. I didn't and then, think that far. And then we just kept going. It was either going to crash out in the first 10. What did you think in probably end of COVID that maybe... We didn't start it because of COVID. No, it was just before. No, it, it just gave us just, something to do. It just happened, didn't it? Uh, once people sort of... Yeah, like if you asked me to vacuum, probably not. Probably something we'd do for a little bit and then we'd, we, we, we'd have called it a day. Um, you know, a little pod that could have found an audience. And when, 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 when that happens, it's a little bit easier to be yeah to be proactive. So, apologies, folks out there. It's going to be a little self indulgent, just a touch, just a smidge, just a touch. Yeah. Two hundred, you know what I mean? I deserved indulgence. I hey, maybe, yeah, maybe. Yeah. We are very humbled though by our listeners. Oh, like Do you know, you were not I ain't sticking. To, uh, yeah, of course we. Of course <laughs> we. <laughs> How could you not? <laughs> no, it's not that at all. It's no. uh, that's why I said the little pod that could. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's uh, you said yes. Uh, origin story, folks. You know, I pitched it to Liam. He said yes. I slept on it for like three months. I said you, you still want to do that thing? He went yes. <laughs> and I went. I better research how to do this. Well, the thing was, you <laughs> said to me, we sat. I can't remember what movie it was, but we sat there in the cinema, and you went. Been thinking about this podcast. I mean, it's probably the favorite is the one that probably spurned it. Yeah, yeah, because that was very talkative. That because we, we had to sit there, there and figure. I think they wanted us to go, and we're like, "Yeah, no, hang on, you know, we're, we're, we're figuring not, out what we just saw. We're not, we're not finished. <laughs> we're talking about this." And that's when you approached me and you said, uh, "I went, what's a podcast? What? What? what is yeah, Max said the same thing. Said, what is it? What is a podcast? Yeah, I'm like, it's like YouTube but for audio. Yeah, that's the best way I can come up with it. And I was like, you said the thing you said to me was. It's basically what we're doing now, but we just hit record. We just hit record, and people can just find it. And it's amazing how terrified thinking, I was. Thinking somebody, <laughs> I don't know. When we first started, I was like, I was like hitting like my social media, personal one, going to people I know. Hey, you need to, you know, hey, listen to us. It'd be really nice if you listen to us. And some of our friends did, and just a solid, and I never listened again. <laughs> Things like that. But uh, 
then you just put something other in the world and someone finds it. The message in the bottle, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So and the good thing, what I love about our podcast is the fact that when I look at our list of movies, we're so diverse. And we as people, as friends, are very diverse in how, right. we, how we see movies and how we view them. You know, and I think that's what people gravitate towards, maybe. I think it's not. I think it's just the, I think the difference between us, but yet it feels like the relationships are organic. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> every time someone comes in, people say, oh, Meg's came in seamlessly. How was that? And I'm like, because Meg's been because our friend for years and years, years, years and years and years and years. <laughs> yeah, that's no, no different. That's all. I probably just thought Meg's was too cool to hang out with us and do the pod. <laughs> that's all it was. Um, or if you have someone join in, whether it's Anthony or whether it's been Debbie or Richard, yeah, Richard or uh, I'm trying to, th- I don't want to smirch anybody is that everybody who we know in real life who's come around the table ellie of course before oh, yeah, before course, anything yeah. else um they jump in so seamlessly because it's not you know no disrespect but it's not joel from joel's movie picks podcast no and we have friends we've met in the podcast community then we and, and those are great people mm. but um it's it's not difficult we just pull up a chair yep and the only thing you have to do is say just just jump in yep that's, that's all you have to do because all, remind people to talk all the yeah, and there's, there's, there's some there's <laughs> hey, some we all did that. There's some there's some birthing pains as far as that sort of stuff goes. You know, not talking to the mic bags, to things like that. <laughs> but but then you know, the first week Megs wouldn't say anything. Week two, I'm like, shut up, <laughs> Just shut up. Wait, was don't, week two you don't get it? You don't get it yet. This is about me and you having your little moment. <laughs> that's that's how this pod works. The thing is, we did Benny in June, and I think Hermes just went. I need to be that. Yeah. <laughs> a new contender has entered the arena. Yeah. So, um, yeah, to anybody out there, if this is episode one or episode 200 for you, if it's number, if it's the first one for you, wow. Um, wow sorry, sorry for the self-indulgent uh, sort of e- introduction. But um, welcome, 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 welcome. Welcome. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so we are going to have a little bit of fun today with a variety of things, as I hope we do most days, actually. But um, oh, we've got that. things planned. Small things, small things, not uh, huge. All the small things. Indeed. Uh, we once went on for quite a bit about how this was a song that you and your girlfriend both loved, and I suggested that maybe it was a double entendre for you guys. <laughs> There's a, whole, there's a whole clip about that. Say it ain't so. I will not go. Turn the lights off. It's probably best. Carry me home. Na, 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 na. Have you heard they have, they have a new song? Have they? Yeah. The Beatles and Blake. Who would have thought? 2023. Yeah, who would have thought? It's very autobiographical. Like, there's, like, there's, like, like, there's very little artistry in the lyrics. Oh, okay. It's like, why do we have to get sick? And why do we have to fight? Oh, okay, I'll like, it It's like, oh, gee, I wonder what these lyrics are about. Do you know what? I quite like your version. <laughs> <laughs> I'd buy that. There we go. That feels like a song that, like, a comedy movie would would have to, like, show the stereotypical, oh, like... exactly. This is like... The system band. This is like you've got Andy Samberg. Right. Is in, like, a music... Uh, is in, like, Never Stop, Never Stopping or whatever it was called. Mm, yeah. And they, they break up, and then he releases, like, his comeback songs. He's talking about those <laughs> lyrics just spoke to me. <laughs> <laughs> made me think the band should get back together. Oh, so there we are. Uh, speaking of getting the band back together, uh, this week we released yesterday, Marvel Monday, we released Keeping It Low Key, the final mm. episode of season two of Keeping It Low Key. Well, I've just watched the second episode. Okay. I will say. How many episodes are there? Eight? Six. 
Six. Oh. You've got a fun companion podcast to, you to listen to each episode. Definitely listen to episode six after you're done watching it, because I needed to decompress after I saw uh, it. I never, I never heard about this podcast. No, have not. you been keeping that low-key? We have been keeping <laughs> that low-key. And then, of course, last week we did Elemental with BFF of the BFE, Julene. 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 I'm begging for you, please don't take my sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, George, just started eating a sandwich. Um, so, uh, we also want to thank the rest of our Patreon backers, besides, of course, Julie, and we're talking about Hermes, Ooh. James DeGuzman, All right. Lena Oberholzer, Anthony and Davies, yeah. Chris Peterson, All right. Randall, what's your handle, Silva, Ooh. Dwayne Smith, Dwayne Smith, the Yeetmeister, okay. Reverend Bruce, yeah. Nate the Great, <laughs> I worry so much, hell yeah, <laughs> Andy Dixon, Woo. Holly Callen, All right. Sheezy, with a fish on a bike, our resident curmudgeon, Richard, the cool cat himself, Ryan Kukas, Dirk, but his friends call him, Diggler, the shy guy, shy Burger Freund. Shiga, Shiga. Stu from the Stu World Order Podcast. Hey, yeah. Norfolk Thomas. Woo. And AJ from Nova Scotia, Canada. Pause. And if you want to know how yeah. you can keep the lights on here at the Studio of Awesomeness, eh? And help keep that sweet, sweet BFE content coming from the microphone to your ears two times a week. Don't be a hoser. Please consider joining <laughs> our Patreon. You can get the door for those three British pounds. It's less than four bucks US and about five dollars Canadian. Other currencies are available. What's Egyptian currency? It's a great question. I have no idea. Hmm. I'll Google it. Cool. I hope it's a shekel. <laughs> I don't think it is. I hope it's a shackle. Uh, I wouldn't know. I ain't got to. Um, so let's go ahead with that. And uh, charts, I'll tell you what. The rise of Australia. Yeah. Kind of back in their lane. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well done, Australia. Go ahead. It's an Egyptian pound. Oh, is it really? Wow. wow. Oh, there's irony. Um, yeah. Uh, America's back to a 42% market share. Hey, America. So, welcome back. Welcome. America. America. <laughs> Team America. Team America. <laughs> so uh, Aussie's still in uh, third ahead of, ahead of Canada. So that's a good a good shout. Uh, I just saw singing Canada. UK in second. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Just, yeah. just hey guys, it's red and white. The logo. Yeah. I mean, how can how can that not be an appeal? Uh, let's take a look at this. Let's do some reflections and corrections. Indeed, and it starts with Ian's personal thoughts. Um, big out of the gate numbers wise. Um, I think it's limited by the fact that it's so new. I think people, a lot of people won't have seen it yet. Mm. And also the fact that it's a Pixar movie means probably people would see it as a kiddie film. Yeah. And I'm not sure word of mouth was great, so it's going to put limits on things like that. Yeah, yeah. But it's always good to have conversations. And I, I thought a lot about it as I listened to it. So that was, uh, that was good. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed re- re-listening to it. So that was all right. Um, Sometimes I enjoy the re-listening more than the actual movie itself oh the conversations the conversations there's definitely movies that I prefer the conversations more yeah, than the movie yeah, yeah. Uh, so I might be able to revisit Whiplash one day in the near, really? near future <laughs> I mean, near future wow 2023 no 2030 I mean 2023 we're in 2023 <laughs> well, there you go you, you heard that Hermes you're going to watch it this year um, no not this year a couple of things to check in on I was thinking because do you remember when like Ember and Wade are in that back room yeah and he's like it's too hot in here Mm. And then they fade out, and then mm. we get like the scene of like, you know what they like? They yada yada over Ember. I was thinking about I listened to it in the car. I was like, 
Ember had to sit there and watch her loved one just evaporate. Like, say, equivalent to watching someone burn to death in front of you. (laughs) At what point did he lose his, like, uh, oh, what's the word I want to look for here? For for, for sentience. sentience. That's it, yeah. At what point did he lose his sentience? And, like, she she had to watch that. Like, it's not like he's not here anymore. Like, there'd be some trauma involved here. There would. But it is a kid's film at the end of the day, so not too much trauma. Can you imagine? Mind you saying that, well, Disney was never holding back, was he? Oh, there was always that scene of a third act of a Disney film where, like, everything catches fire. Jeez. He had a real thing for scaring kids with fire. Well, what about Bambi? Killing the mother in the first five minutes. Um, I'll put this up there. Scariest scene in any... Oh, let's do this. Scariest scene in any Disney movie? There's four of us. We can can each do a Mount Mount Rushmore, so here's mine. Yeah. Okay? My number one, which I'll, 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 I'll dedicate to the BFE Mount Rushmore of scary Disney scenes. The bit where all the kids turn into donkeys and Pinocchio at the theme park? Horrifying. Oh, my, oh no, my yeah. word. Like, yeah. There's no closure for that. No, no. That's my number one. Like, yeah. All those kids get stuck. Oh, oh my word. That's horrendous. Yeah. <laughs> Georgia, you're up. Um, the bit at the beginning of Finding Nemo when the sharks kill all the babies. All the baby fish. Sharks kill all the baby fish? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's inferential. That's why it's worse. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's why, only, Nemo's, that's why the Nemo's the only one left. Oh, I don't know. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's really sad. Uh, is yours a shark? Yeah, it's definitely sharks. Okay. Yeah. A barracuda. Yeah, mine See, is. I thought it was a barracuda. That's oh, my maybe thing. maybe it's a barracuda. Okay. Yeah. Mine, mine is Bambi. That, that stuck with me. Oh, the, the hunter shooting the mum. Oh. One of the first Final Jeopardy questions I ever got. <sighs> yep. Ethan. Yeah. Haunt me. I, I don't know why. It was when I was four. Um, it's going to be some, she- some rewrite that J.J. Abrams did on the <laughs> flipping Star Wars, isn't it? Shere Khan in oh, okay. The Jungle Book, when, the, when everything's on fire, terrified me as a kid <sighs> to the point that I still remember the nightmare I had at four years old. Wow. There we go. Awful. Honorable mention to all no, of no, no, Hunchback. No, 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 hunchback no, no, of Notre Dame is terrifying. No, no. The, the benefit of doing a Mount Rushmore is you can't have an honorable mention. There's not a fifth head growing out the side. Talking of honorable mentions, <laughs> later in this film, can we have an honorable mention? Oh my as well word! As a favorite character. We're, we're we're inviting the whole Patreon on. I have no idea how long this <laughs> is going like to take. We're like ten minutes in already. Uh, and you know, Hermes tries to push the runtime to six hours. Yeah, we'll we'll be here till Sunday next week. <sighs> we will. <laughs> so, uh, there we go. Next thing, we got into a debate about uh, was it was it a Monte Cristo or was it a croque monsieur, a sandwich? Monte Cristo. Turns yeah. out a Monte Cristo is a croque monsieur. Oh, same thing. There we go. Oh, uh. there you go. Look at that. I wasn't arguing it wasn't a crop, sure. I was definitely arguing it was a Monte Cristo, though. <laughs> <laughs> so you need the head of it. We were both right. It's okay. It's one of those rare occasions. It's, it's, yep. Two things would have to be right at the same time. Yep. Yeah. There we go. Um, two rights make a right. I do have to do... I'll do it later. I'll do it. I got a yellow Ooh, button moment to push myself you? later. I do. Ooh. I do. Um, do you think it's worth, you know, pushing the yellow button on yourself on the 200th episode? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. As long as not like getting to 200 episodes isn't a mistake, we're all right. <laughs> okay. uh, we got a special moment from Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. Uh, it wasn't bad, actually, considering you had to unmute yourself to do that. Yeah, you, no, not bad. Also, I did have a little bit of sandwich still in my mouth. So, yeah, you, you did. Know, I'm getting quite good at this. Uh, he <laughs> says, great to have the whole crew back and also great to have talking the Mickey back, although I was expecting the Jungle Book, which is famously the last. <laughs> Next time we'll be doing the Jungle Book. <laughs> I hope Meg's head is okay. Yeah, Meg's is in hospital. Um, <laughs> Meg's... Megs, uh, I walked in. She called me. She called me Felix. I was like, "What is that about?" <laughs> um, I said, "Our lawyers are drawing up papers." 
yeah. to sue me for the uh, great. No, Megs is fine. I'll tell you what, she's got some balls. <laughs> Megs is that. Megs, is, yeah. <laughs> See, I'm convinced because it was zero percent. That's why it didn't hurt. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> if it had more punch to it, God knows. Who it's knows? the alcohol content that is. Heavy. It is. Yeah. They, they, they say it, pra- it packs a punch, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Yep. it is. So, um, no, she's a piano practice. Is all it is. Oh, oh yeah, no, she is. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Meg's head's fine. Russell Posty says, "I really don't understand reviews like Lulu's. Sorry, Lulu, if you're listening to this. Uh, if you like the podcast, as they seem to, why would you not like a longer running time with a few tangents? I've said before, not every movie you've covered. This is no longer about Lulu. It's us. Uh, has been my best bag baby but what has kept me coming back every week for four or three years has been the chemistry and banter between you all said this to liam when i finally visited him in the shop last monday yes he did yeah he said uh, i personally love the tangents but like you said everyone is different oh yeah thanks a lot for that then yeah. we got a shout out or some general love brought to us by Reverend Bruce, who says, I loved the report on Carrie from Georgia and Megs. My oldest daughter was just in the musical Carrie as well. She played Sue, Carrie's friend, who did not die at the end. I'd say spoiler, but you realize when the first five seconds this is the case. Uh Yeah, it's the way it is. It's a circular narrative. It's a circular narrative. (laughs) She wanted you both to know. Megs, better luck next time. And Georgia, thanks for the memories. There we go. Love that. It is, I mean, I've got my Carrie jacket on now. It is, it's a brilliant show that stays with you. Well, so. even Megs wear her Carrie jacket, she doesn't she? So, yeah. Yeah. Seems like there is a nice... It's one of those shows... Sometimes you get those shows that just have that feeling of something in the air. It was a very special one. Yep. Yeah, it felt like that. Yeah, Forbidden Planet for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still the, haunts me. Friend of the podcast, Andy. Ooh. Hi, Andy. Told me when we were doing Twelfth Night, he went... This is special. Do all shows have this feeling to it? <laughs> Because I feel this is something special, but I don't know any better. And I was like, no, I think you're right. I think you're right. There's something magic in the air here. Yeah, and uh, he's, he's told me since. He's like, yeah, yeah. It's that special. I tried to get out of it for over half the show. Yeah. <laughs> I've done a couple of magic shows. Harry was one of them. Um, Twelfth Night was one of them. Sound, Snow White. Sound of Music and Snow White. Yeah. Snow White was great. No, Twelfth Night, Snow Night was fun. Yeah, I had to work the hardest. Snow White, Twelfth Night. worked. Uh, business. I really enjoyed business. I enjoyed business. I was gonna business, <clears throat> business and Twelfth Night are like my pantheon of if a show or like enjoyment isn't that quality, I I I don't want to do it. I oh, and Little Shop of Horrors for me as well. Yeah, cool. yeah. Uh, Snow White, uh, Oklahoma, not Chicago. I really enjoyed doing Chicago, but I didn't have that mm. feeling about it. George is no. doing the same thing. George is agreeing with me. So just because it was it was a show you enjoyed doesn't mean it has that feeling to it. To be fair, you're probably going to roll your eyes when I say this, but Greece, not the first one, the second one, was actually... I'm going to roll my eyes. No, well, I, I wasn't, didn't know I, I was going to say Greece. I wasn't... Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I, was, I, was, I was like, criticise the group you were with or something. I'm like, no, no, no. No, 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 not at all. I mean, I enjoyed both Greases, and yeah. I enjoyed doing Zuko, and I enjoyed doing Kaniki, but overall, I think I enjoyed the second one more so, only because... I didn't slip into a role I thought I could do. I struggled because I was trying to make Knicky not Zuko, and I Zuko everywhere. You do Zuko everywhere. So trying to make Knicky different to Zuko was very difficult for when me. When Sir Andrew Aguecheek came on for my Shakespeare, <laughs> strutting. <laughs> you told me. I was like, let me make this without any confusion whatsoever. This guy is the complete opposite of Danny Zuko. There shall be no strutting. Bearing in mind, I was still trying to get out of the show by that point. <laughs> Should have kept doing that. <laughs> Thank you for believing in me, though. Because yeah, no somebody worries. else brought this up the other day and said, you know, 
one of my favourite performances they saw in me in was Twelfth Night. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and I said, look, the struggles I had with that, I said, will will live with me forever. I said, but that is one of the shows I often look back at and go, wow, I'm glad I did it. You know, you believed in me. Yeah. You saw something. I think even at some point you did actually think to yourself, why? <laughs> I, I was worried if it was going to drop. That was the only thing, if the penny would drop. But you kept with it, which was good. But you got... I just remember... You've got a likable quality, and you can't teach that, and Sir Andrew had to have that. Sir Andrew had to have that. And when I thought of who else wanted it, they did done okay, but they didn't have a likable quality about them. Not that way, where, like, it's it's really hard for people to dislike you on stage. Oh, to the point where it might cause you a detriment as a villain if you yeah, went for it. Well, that did. Because you really got to try. When because I went for um, Sykes. Bill Sykes, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so I, I can see that. Yeah. So, whereas I seem to have, I seem to fit really into scoundrel parts really quite easily. <laughs> <laughs> Say that what you will. Yeah, but you, do, you float between, between both. Just a little guy. Huh? You float between both. I'm not a leading man. So, because I think because I'm a character guy, yeah. I know what the character needs. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I'm not the romantic. Um, I'm not Tempest. Yeah, well, yeah. I didn't think I was either. But well, <laughs> I, I guess I'm lucky in some respects that I can do character parts as well as a few lead parts. Yeah. But um, it doesn't fit naturally with me. The leads only Zuko felt natural to me, only because I knew that character inside out. So, like you say, I never thought I'd do that show again, and to do it twice and actually really enjoy doing that show again was uh, quite good. I didn't want to do a repeat of, of another one. You were muted, so I thought you had something to say. Oh, no, I was just finished eating. Oh, okay. Uh, Ethan, is there something you're trying to say about, about something? Every character I've played that I've enjoyed has always been just, like, a squeaky clean little guy. <laughs> and, like, Finch was, you know, like, happy-go-lucky. Oh, boy, golly gee, I can't wait to see the world. And even Sebastian is very much... Yeah, just- Sebastian. It's yeah. a hard part because so much of your part isn't really you. It's the audience. Kind of it's the sure audience. It's the. It's not even that. It's just the audience laughing that you're not Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, going. Sorry. And then going. And then going. This guy's having the best day because you're <laughs> having such a good time. Because <laughs> in Twelfth Night, everybody, there's these two twins, a brother and a sister, and they both think the other one's drowned, and so the sister dresses up in male clothes to get a job and have a chance to, you know, live, live, basically <laughs> play, a, play a brother. So yeah, in many ways, yeah. yeah. And but doesn't take her brother's name, fittingly no. enough. And so everything's going fine, and 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 uh, George's part's doing okay until Ethan rocks up in the same town, still unaware that the other exists. And so people keep confusing him for for Georgia, and then things he does, Georgia starts getting con- confused with with for for him. So uh, it's it's a great comedy of errors and uh, but not comedy of errors. That's a different not, but not the actual comedy like. of errors. So <laughs> so as a result, a lot of Ethan's thing is to come on and have the audience laugh already because yeah. they're like, oh, I know what they're going to think he is. So <laughs> there is. And my poor character, your oh. poor character. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's why that's why he has to be likable. Yeah. That's why he has to be. Um, so let's go ahead and move on to some general shout outs. Uh, we got to start with, uh, <laughs> Mr. Mikey Wood, Mr. Mikey Wood for, uh, he went and saw you two in Vegas and sent us some pictures. That's cool. Oh, cool. Yeah. Saw at that new, that new dome thing they got in Vegas. They're doing a, uh, residency at cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You and I saw the Joshua tree tour, the Joshua tree reunion. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Over at Twickenham. When, how long goes that now? Quite a while ago now. It's got to be six years, isn't it? Oh, yeah, probably. Jeez. That's crazy. Yeah, it's nuts, isn't it? 
That's especially crazy if you think about things like the Manchester City bombing, but that definitely happened while I was still teaching. That wasn't the name of the school. Mm. While I was teaching at my most recent school before this one. Yeah. And I've been at my new school for five years now. Manchester was the year I went to uni, so it was 2018. 2018, so that was five... Must have been early 2018. I think it was 2017 for some reason. Oh, it might be 17. Then. 17? Okay, that would make more sense to me. Um, Do you know what I also remember? Yep. And which I, I'm, I'm still a little bit gutted about. Do you remember when we stood outside the venue and we saw these people walking around with U2 t-shirts and stuff and then there was like loads of people wearing Tom Petty t-shirts? Do you yeah. remember that? Yeah. Because he was playing down the road. He was playing down the road, yeah. <sighs> the guy's gone now. How cool would that have been to see Tom Petty? Yeah. Problem is you can only really do one at a time. No, I know. Yeah. But geez. And I'm, I'm firm on that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see him one at a time. <laughs> I won't back down. <laughs> <laughs> Good stay, my grand. Take a little while. Take a little while. <laughs> uh, the uh, love Tom Petty, actually. Yeah, I do. Um, what else do we have here? We've got uh, Off Radar, who just showed us some love. They do a really good job with theirs, and they just threw out something random in the week. And said, everybody should go listen to the best film ever pot. So thanks a lot, guys. Really Thank appreciate you. it. Yeah. And a shout out to Dom. Hey, Dom. Oh, Dom a lot. Hey. Dom, I hope your studies are going well, buddy. Yeah. Thanks for the love. Uh, gift of the week. I, I don't even know what to do with this because there's so many great <laughs> entries. It was fire. Fire. We had Woo-hoo. entries from Anthony and Davies who did a Picard blow it up the Borg order of fire. Hermes who did uh, Hermes who claims he's not trying to win anymore. <laughs> Thor walking through fire. That's cool. Because 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 what's Ian's favorite Avenger? Of course. Yes, of course. Uh, Russell not the Posty, the IT crowd. Richard Ayoade saying that something's on fire. Not seen that. Uh, oh, really? It's great. Yeah. Uh, Kara, the Muppets, Beaker, something <laughs> oh. on fire. Josh G, who did Kane, the wrestler. Oh, cool. Uh, I'll leave one for a longer minute. Dwayne Smith, who's got, uh, from Castaway, I have made fire. <laughs> I have made fire. <laughs> Cheesy, who did Community, the bit yep. where he walks in the room and everything's on fire. Yeah, I saw Donald it. Donald Glover? Yeah. Oh, okay. it's amazing. You know how I say to you, you bring up Community, you'll never watch yeah. it. It's yeah. on Netflix. Give it a watch. Yeah. Watch four episodes already. Oh, okay. It gets better. It's like season one's okay. Season two, it hits the strike. It gets better, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. It gets better and better. Like, it's pretty good. Yeah. Like, first season's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah It's yeah. like Parks and Rec where season one's like, you got to suffer through it. Yeah, that's what I felt. No, no, no. Oh, really? It felt a bit. It'll get better. You just got to realize who everybody is and then, yeah, because it's ensemble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, there's, there's like no a million movie references. It's so there. good. Chevy Chase really does my nut, though. Well, there you go. He's supposed to. <laughs> uh, Julene did Mr. Burns. Chris Peterson did the Friends ritual where they dump the alcohol in and it causes the fire. Yeah, I saw that. Mr. Burns, know. there it is. That was funny. Dirk did uh, The Undertaker through fire, so some more wrestling. Nice. Ryan Kuketz did The Office where Dwight starts the fire and he's put I some pop rocks episode. in there and he goes pop, 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 pop. <laughs> and uh, Ed Helms, Andy Bernard, says, the fire is shooting at us. <laughs> I don't know how I pick a winner here. So... Uh, also because I have to give a win off to the side where Georgia submitted a gif of herself making a fire. <laughs> Ooh, well done. Georgia. So Georgia gets a, I'm going to go oh, with mention. No, a win. <laughs> actual win. You know what? I'm going to do this. Henson Ian. You ready for this? It's 200 episodes. I'm going to pull an Oprah moment. Ooh. You get a win. You get a win. Everybody <laughs> gets a win. If you submitted a gif of the week, you get a win. And Georgia gets two wins. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's gonna say something else then. <laughs> as does as does Dwayne Smith. 
Twice with. Twice with. Because much like Georgia, he has created fire. <laughs> he has created fire. <laughs> I'm sure I posted that in the group chat. No, I didn't see it in the group chat. I've just seen you retweet. Oh, I meant really to. Cute. Oh, maybe that's all I did. Um, I've literally got this. Uh, why not leave us a review? Apple or Spotify? I hear five stars is a nice number. Five is a magic number. Checking in with the morning report. Can we talk about this for two minutes? Why not? Self-indulgence is self-indulgent. Ooh. I want to talk about 200 episodes for a minute. Go for it. Go for it. Yeah. Um, we've talked a little bit at the top about it, so it's not a, I don't need to retread anything, but just the idea that we're sitting here. Our first episode was March 12th, 2020. Mm. Wow. A week before lockdown, wasn't it? Something like really, really, really close. Really close before yeah. lockdown. Which I was like, oh, this thing's going to die. We just started it. And to be fair, George has been on it from the start because she yeah. was in Context Corner. She was, uh, it was like fact check couch fact- or something. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't was, a microphone. Yeah. And then we decided to set up a microphone, but it was a microphone we couldn't hear through our headphones, although they could think and hear it. <laughs> that's right. So George tried to chip in and we couldn't hear her, so she got grumpy. Yep. And that's why I have an, apo- why I have an apology gnome. gnome. <laughs> <laughs> the apology gnome. Because at one point George went, if they actually be on the podcast, don't come on the podcast. <laughs> I got really grumpy. She did get really grumpy. If you can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah we and, and we've all had a minimum of one i don't think ethan has i think the rest of us have had a minimum of one grump fest grump fest that's the way we'll put it mm-hmm. whilst uh, the mics have been on yeah um whenever mine happens, but you know what i think favorite. i think that well, we show our soul i think sometimes uh <laughs> when it comes to certain movies because they have certain triggers for each and every one. We've, we've all lived a little bit of a life. And um, so certain films predict, uh, not predict. Um, well, produce. Yeah, certain emotions. Well, sometimes it's film stuff and sometimes just personal stuff. And the the, the, the downside of it, which is, you guys sound like your real friends. Yep. yep. And you know what friends do sometimes? <laughs> we argue. They fall out sometimes. <laughs> but we still remain friends. Yes. And sometimes we've done it with the mics on. And sometimes we've turned the mics off and had a bit of a... Uh, I come yeah. to Jesus moment and come to, then turn it back on. When it's really bad, we've had to stop it, haven't we? Stop and then, it. And, and someone then, someone usually steps up as the voice of reason. Yeah. Sometimes it's been me. Sometimes I've needed the voice of reason mm-hmm. and gone, ah, was I wrong there? And uh, if I think I have a strength, it's that when someone goes, yes, I go, okay. Yeah. I'm learning to do that. I think when someone tells me, if I go to someone and I go to them and go, was I wrong? They go, yes. And I go, yeah, but what you don't get is, no. I, go, I go, oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you, you, you can, you, you're very good at taking it. Yeah. Maturity. Because you, you do think you simmer down a bit after a while. Cause we oh, were, I'm very quick. I'm very quick to go from full out to like zen. Because I can see in your brain, you sort of go through it in your head again. And you go, did I go too far? Did I, I kinda like, It's kind of like one of those football plays where they check the replay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I go, oh, I think I'm the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> can we let, just have a check? Let me check. <laughs> and the problem is then I'm ready to talk. Everybody else is like still like, no, I'm mad at you. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, but I'm good now. I know I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, well, we're, we're still climbing walls. Like, no, <laughs> shut <actually>. up. <laughs> Not interested yet. So it's go. quite interesting though, after those sort of things, and then you press... Um, um, play again but uh, the listeners is quite like just seamlessly in but they can hear there's a tonal change <laughs> i think it's quite funny it is interesting because I'm, I'm sitting here like just doing my usual bit and i'm looking <laughs> and trying to read everybody going 
<laughs> Who can I throw to? <laughs> yeah, cancel the jersey. <laughs> I think I take the. And for the record, it's not down. always me. I'm going to put that out there. Yeah, 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 oh yeah. no, it's, no, it's no, been no, me so, a couple of times. No, so there we are. Well, we've, we've all had our. I don't our think moments. it's been Ethan. No, no. That's um, the joy of being behind this screen. Now, uh, you know what? Distance yeah. does create distance. No, you're not wrong yeah. there. So yeah. at times it keeps your arms length with the positive stuff, though, as well, where it does feel yeah. like you're on the outside. But on the, when things go sour, you got a nice little, oh, my internet's gone bad, guys. Sorry. <laughs> I can catch I'm going that. through a tunnel. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I was getting a drink. What I missed. Yeah. I um, wanted to look at some of our uh, 200 episodes in. I've got some of our... Uh, top tens? Top tens. Ooh. And bottom Ooh. tens. And bo- yeah, well, yeah. So let's start with the top. I want to know our highest rated films of all time. So 200 films, the ones that come the highest, we put our rankings in and when appropriate, when the uh, it's Patreon of Thunder. Little Sunshine. Little no, Sunshine is <laughs> number one. Damn. 9.7, sorry, 9.73 out of 10. Please tell me it's three billboards. Three billboards is tied for fourth. Nine out of ten. Good, good, good. Moulin Rouge. Moulin Rouge. I'm surprised you got that. Episode eight, Moulin Rouge. 8.9 oh, out of film. ten. Chicago? Chicago, episode 10, 8.93 out of 10. Um, Paddington, no. Yes, Paddington. <laughs> no. Oh. Saving Private Ryan. Saving Private Ryan, very good, is ranked uh, ninth on the list, episode 184, 8.92 out of 10. Back to the Future. No. No. Breakfast Club. I'm trying to go early here. No. Oh. Uh... Well, it's got to be Angels of the Dirty Faces, isn't it? I'm afraid not. <laughs> um, Goodwill Hunting? Goodwill Hunting, number two on the list. Well done. That's a good film. Episode 188, 9.37. I remember all the things we've done. Films that we all liked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 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 um. Um, a couple of these are Patreon picks. Mm, Whiplash? Are they Hermes picks? Not Whiplash, because you guys, like, submarine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was my bad. Sorry. There's no way. Because the to get this high, pretty much, like, all five of us have to, like, Really like it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like the lowest on the list was Moulin Rouge at eight point nine out of ten. Oh, okay. Yeah, is yeah. is life is beautiful there? Because you and I put really high at the. I don't know. No, we didn't put this high. No, I was going to say the Patreon. Yeah, the, the Patreon killed it. No, I'm, yeah, that humbled that. Mm, I can't think of any more. Let's start with number eight. Go on. Uh, and I will get my Nazi scalps. Oh, oh glorious bastards! Glorious bastards! Brought to us was that one by. That was, it was Julian? Was that yeah. us? Was it Julian? I think it was Julian. Oh, okay. I can't remember. Number six, Brockton. I'll just say, we haven't, we haven't, we haven't done, done Pulp Fiction. Oh. <laughs> I must have jumped that one. <laughs> 200 and we ain't done Pulp Fiction? I know, right? There's something wrong with that. Just, no, there's always something. There's no, it's something good. Right with our yeah. oh, Number six, brought to us by Reverend Bruce. Oh, um, 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 the, um, um, the sleigh, the sleigh, the, the, the miss. No, not no. the sleigh. Oh, not the sleigh. Not Citizen Kane. Oh, not Rosebud. That's the, Rosebud, that's no. the one. Uh, the, the, oh, Frankly, the my dear, one. I don't give it. Oh, 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 um, goddamn, uh, Gone with the Wind. No? Oh, oh, maybe I got the wrong film. What is this from? Uh, uh what's the big quote? Oh, we'll always have Paris. We'll always have oh, Paris. Casablanca. There it is. I got the right one the second time. Through eight point nine three. What you should have said in all the bars and all the places you had to walk into mine. Is that from that? Yeah, yeah. And then there, all the gin I, 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 I just remember. Yeah. I just remember a very stylish movie. That's all I remember about that. Beautiful I don't movie. remember it. Uh, number four, and the lion will eat. Ooh. Uh-huh. Not a clue. I said, play a fucking game with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, um, 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 the gentleman. Sorry, 
The gentleman. The gentleman is correct. Oh, Nine yes. out of ten. Oh, I love the gentleman. I thought it was great. It's good. I really yeah. like that. I, I don't know if I rank it ahead of Snatch, but I think it's great. Oh, I rank it's it ahead of Snatch. I think it's better than Snatch. And number yeah, three, I can't believe no one said this. Brought to us by Ethan of all people. Are you watching closely? Oh, the Prestige. Yep. Ah. 9.18, third place out of ten. Prestige was good. All right, should we do our top 10 most downloaded episodes? Ooh, oh, yeah. Back to the Future. So this is going to skew oh. early. I'll just okay. give you a hint. Oh, okay. So um, what do we have? Back to the Future. Back to the Future, <laughs> episode one, ranked number one. Dark Knight. Breakfast Club. Dark Knight, second on our list, episode Joker. four. Uh, sorry, I didn't hear what you said, Liam. Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club is on the list. It is number seven on the list. Ethan Joker is not on the list. Moulin Rouge. Moulin Rouge is no, no, no. not on the we list. We had a ceiling Back to the episode too? recently. No. Oh. Not Back to the Future 2. Phantom Menace. No. Yeah. Lord of the Rings. It's set like seven day records and, and day one oh. records, but it hasn't had enough lifetime. Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Can Ooh. you get more specific? The first one. Yes. Ranked number. That was a post wrestling bump. Yeah. Fifth that on the was, list. Wasn't it? Yeah. Um, oh. Uh, Saving Pride Run. No. Too recent. No. The most recent of this is episode 108. Wow. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think of the ones we've done. Amelie? No. No, not Amelie. Mm. Amelie's doing okay, actually. No. I In really like that film. In Bruges is our number four episode of all time. Ooh. That's amazing. That, that's really weird, yeah. Oh, I love that film. I think that might be our number one at some point. Was that our, was that our second episode? Three. 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 Oh. Two was Amelie and the Apology Oh, of course it was. <laughs> the Apology yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Number ten was um i'm trying to think of a quote but they've all got racial slurs in them <laughs> oh, oh. Django? yeah Django Unchained. Yeah. <laughs> i like that that was the giveaway did the matrix because that was our 100 oh, yeah so episode 100 the, the matrix there we eight. Go. hateful eight too recent i said the most recent was oh. episode 108 oh, yeah of course yeah, yeah, yeah so the matrix was was episode 100 and got to eighth um we've got two left and they're both comedies actually oh mm. My brain is saying nine po- to America. No, no, your brain's wrong. Nine point <laughs> seven three out of ten. Ooh. Oh, Little Miss. Sunshine. Yeah, Little Miss Sunshine. Sunshine. Grandpa, my pretty. Oh, a yeah. perfect film deserving Number- of nine and a half. <laughs> <laughs> and finished almost in nine and a half place. Placement with nine. And then number. Uh, f- oh, we got two to remain. Sorry, uh, number six on the rankings. You got two halves of a coconut and you're banging oh, them together. Life of Brian. Holy Grail, sorry. Even Life of Brian. Oh Brian. my goodness. <laughs> you and I did you and I did you and I did watch Life of Brian once though. I'm not I'm not a, yeah, I'm not a, But you've done spam a lot. Yeah, well I've, I've done it twice. And it's got that line in. Love spam. Yeah, but I get Did you say that line? That wasn't you. No, it wasn't no, you. You said the other line. I said yeah, yeah. That's when you're in the towers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I got to say that they line. They migrate. Yeah. Yeah. Because I got to do that one the second time I did it. I got to do that part. It's good fun. Uh, and then episode number three. She's called Wonder. Oh, no, we enjoy Sorry, third, third highest of all time. <laughs> I like that film. Uh, I do. Young Hearts. Run free. Run free. Oh, Romeo and Juliet. Romeo and Juliet. Oh. I love that. He's my favorite. Oh. Was that Mercutio? Yep. Uh, played by Harold Perrineau. Oh, he's pretty lost. All right, now let's do the negative side of it. Ooh, fun. Ooh. Okay, what, ten... films, what films have I brought to the table? <laughs> Rudy. There's a few of them. <laughs> the 10 lowest rated films of all time. House Movie Bullet. Castle. House Movie Castle is not on the list. Wow. Bullet is. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Number six. Angels with Dirty Faces. Rudy. No. Angels with Dirty Faces, no. Rudy, no. Oh, okay. Wow. Um, um, what else I brought to the table? Spice World. Spice World, number five. Yeah. Um, Benny and June. 
No, not Benny and Jenny. Benny. Um, what's the one with the volcano? To give you a hint, the tenth worst, so they get lower from here. Yeah, is six out of ten. No. Okay. Um, Joe versus the volcano. No. Oh, Joe versus the volcano is all right. That was train oh, spotting. Like it. it got like a seven out of it. it train spotting is somehow not in the bottom <laughs> ten anymore. You're joking? No, I'm not. Despite my two. Yeah. Um, I gotta look into that. How's that possible? Mm-hmm. I'll look into it. Um, 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 um. I said, Encanto. No. No, that wasn't too horrendous. Let's start with number 10, shall we? Uh, I'm trying to think of how I can do this. Uh, Don't say Greece. It's not. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I would bother you if it was. It's what I'm looking at. Uh, Because Greece is the word. That woman is a man, baby. Lower. That woman is a man. That's the second. That's the first is one. That is Austin that Austin Powers? Powers. Oh, so it's Austin Powers. Powers She's a man, man. Yeah. Uh, oh, <laughs> this coffee tastes like shit. <laughs> it is Austin. Yeah. Oh, thought it was me. Bit nutty. Bit nutty. <laughs> oh, stop it! I hate it. That's what he says. Number nine will definitely be on. Actually, that's that's quite recent. As is number nine, which will definitely be on my docket for a couple of resties coming up. Oh. Uh, I I don't know how else to say it except for inappropriate dancing with children. School of Rock White. No. Nope. I said dancing. Dancing, dancing. I don't think I saw this today. Did this this year as well. Ooh. We could do a song about how much we hate love. I don't know. Oh, I'm, gonna get, I'm drawing a blank. It's the wedding singer. Oh, there we go. Really? Yep. Oh. Number eight. I we we robbed Banks. Lucky Logan. No. Oh, we Rob Banks, Bonnie Clyde. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that film. Number seven. Uh, just because you, th- just because you were so obsessed with finding out if you could that you didn't stop to think whether you should, should for a second time. Jurassic World. Jurassic World. There we go. Wow. That makes sense. With Jason Lahey. Huh? I wouldn't have got that one. Free Jason Free Jay. <laughs> <laughs> Number four. Ooh, Rexy, you're so sexy. Oh, Empire Records. It's a really bad movie. Do you actually. know what's right. a bad film? That was one of them movies. I don't know why I like it so much, because I do, but I mean, it's it's definitely, I mean, that's I, two-time Resty Award winner, Liv Tyler. I loved it a lot way back when, but now watching it is a bit difficult. It is. Oh, are you going to, is the crow on there? I, it wasn't me who's made this list you up. Can't it's get math. Upset with you. <laughs> <laughs> like, how dare you put my film on that list? Just how, not even how dare it. Is, is the crow on there? Number three. Oh, I believe the random word of the week was Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's got to be. Um, uh, oh, I get these mixed up. Ghostbusters two, which is not Ghostbusters two, because it's the other one. See, my what? brain was saying oh, Scrooge. Ghostbusters. Scrooge, this correct. <laughs> I know that as Ghostbusters because of what you've said about it, but yeah. I didn't watch the film. So. Number two, the Franks, the, how the Frank get in before the beans? Oh, What's that? Oh, I can't oh really? Come on, guys. Frank get in before the beans. Is that one Benny and June? Oh, is that some hair gel? Oh, oh. Um, something about Mary. Yep. Uh, and then number one, I don't even have a line except for I just want to walk around just going psh, psh, my finger guns pew, pew. I imagine everything that's oh bloody man the boondock saints boondock saints oh boondock I love that film five out of ten oh boondock saints were you, were you with us for that one yeah okay that was a Julian pick that was a Julian pick yeah it was yeah, yeah. and then did you know there's a boondock saints too yeah yeah I want to see that then let's do the lowest ten downloads and we'll move on lowest ten 
Okay. This so, is where we're, why I said Rudy. I got the, the, the Rudy is number three. There we go. Bonnie and Clyde. Nope. What did we do last week? <laughs> Good point. Hundred percent accurate. Yeah. Elemental number one well on the list. Done. Yeah. Um, nice. Because we only did it last week. Yeah. Um. um what did there's we do three. <laughs> three of them were from the last ten movies we've done, and then everything else is lower than sixty-five. Life okay. is beautiful. Yeah, that was the other one. So everything yeah, else now is old. Old films. Okay. Um, Some like it hot. Yeah, number two. I love that film. Mm. It does not get... You know what? That's one I'd love to go back and do again. Yeah. Because I think I only gave it like a seven. Yeah. I'd give it like a ten now. I really would. It's a good movie. It's a fantastic is that, yeah. film. Is, would Bullet be on there? No, not Bullet. Oh. What was the other one? Angels with Dirty no. Faces. I love that film. Hmm. Um, Casablanca? No, no, no that was on the other list. It's kind of before we got we got any notoriety. So as a result, people go back in the back catalog. They're not going back and yeah. looking for Chicago. this. Chicago, uh, Chicago number five. Huh? Oh. Moulin Rouge. Moulin Rouge. Uh, no, Moulin Rouge fun. Okay. Well, I can't think of it. Number ten, sixty nine, dudes. Oh, Bill yeah, Bill wow. Number nine, um, Norwich is on. Oh, fine with the family. Fine yeah, with family. Turn the other page. Number eight. <laughs> uh, number eight. Uh, my name is Andrew Shepard, and I am the president. Oh, it's uh, the Amer- American president. American president. Oh, I didn't see that. Say Air Force One. Number number six. Uh, trying to make sure this Ah, bear in his natural habitat. A Studebaker. Oh, that sounds familiar. Lucky Logan. Why are there so many songs about rainbows? Oh, oh no, Muppet really? Muppets. Muppet movie, the 1979 really? Muppet movie. Yep. Oh, people go and listen to that. It was a midweek release, it. which I think is part of the reason why it scored a bit lower than usual. But yeah. That's a brilliant film. It's only about 20 downloads and not being on that list, but yeah. Oh, okay. People have an issue of animals because number four, Bar Ram You. Bar Ram You. Bar Ram Babe. Babe. Oh, babe, I babe. didn't like that. Oh, it, it, oh really? That'll do. Like Pig, that'll do. Really? Oh. I love babe. Yeah, it, nice. does, it, it doesn't quite give me the warm and fuzzies that it's trying to do. Mm. I feel, I, I see through it. Maybe that's more. Uh... So what I'm hearing is that George doesn't like warm and fuzzy movies. <laughs> and then therefore, let's look at what today is going to be <laughs> like. On, no, I never said that. I said I do like warm and fuzzy movies as long as I can't see through them. A couple of nice notes from a couple of people who want to say thanks for 200 episodes. Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. Said BFE's a special podcast to me. And I've listened to almost to, to it almost since the very first episode. I may be positive, but I am positive that all of them are 10 out of 10. Aww. I raise my glass brackets mug to them and hundreds more episodes to come. Oh, thank you, Dwayne. Carlo jumped in and went, uh, especially congrats to BFE. Great podcast, but more important, great friends. Thanks, Carlo. Mm, Yeah. Horrible. Which one's Carlo? I don't know. (laughs) Carlo. Love Carlo. (laughs) Go check out his podcast, The Movie Loop. Yes. He does some good stuff there. Uh, He was in touch saying, hey, do you have any interest in being on my pod next year? I was like, absolutely, I do. Mm. Absolutely, I do. Good. Like, who books their podcast a year in advance? Well, I book it a year in advance. Well, I, I get to do a Felix and we book it a year in advance. I say, hasn't Felix got like a special? <laughs> and when I say we, like I mean he tells days. me what it's going to be. And I, I was going to say, okay. that's just one side thing, really. Yeah. He just is. tells you. That's pretty much it. Uh, well, that's, that's what the producer does, isn't it? It's pretty well. He's a bit militant with it, but uh, he keeps saying, <laughs> it's working. It's working. I'm like, Before all right. We go on to the weight game. Yep. I watched um, a film recently. I feel being a movie podcast and being about movies in general. Mm hmm. We need to watch the film called She Said. She Said. Yeah. All right. It's about Harvey Weinstein. 
Oh, I had a, I had a, it is a watch that. like you wouldn't believe. Oh, I know, I know, I know. There's, that's the it's got Margot Robbie in it, hasn't it? No, I don't think it has. I don't know. I'm thinking of a different one. My um, my feminist film theory class was was a, as a recommended watch if we're covering Harvey Weinstein in an essay. Well, I don't I really want to watch cover it. Harvey Weinstein, really, but I mean, it's a watch and a half. She mm. said. She said. Yeah. Never. Heard is it Gyllenhaal? Is that a name? I don't Jake know. Maggie Gyllenhaal. Maggie. Maggie. I want to say Maggie. Um, I get Carrie like, Mulligan. Oh, that's it. Zoe, Zoe Kazan as I get, well. I get them. Um, no, I like I like Zoe Kazan. She's she's Ruby and Ruby Sparks. Oh, yeah. It's a it's film. a hard. We need to film, do that film but, at some point. Doesn't qualify, but yeah. Is it not? No. Nah. Oh, that's sad. And it's really 80, independent, 80? so it's a floor. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely a floor thing. Um, so one I want to do, which is, um, I have a friend who I went to uni with, and he did a film with Maggie Gyllenhaal. He was on, he was part of the oh, production no. company, and we oh. did one called The Kindergarten Teacher. That's cool. And uh, it's a tremendous film. Is I it? watched it. It's like ninety four percent, and it's it's really it's a, a small. So this woman thinks she's encountered this boy who's like a savant at poetry. <laughs> yep, he just naturally. Just writes what he's just an, a genius, yeah, 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 and does it in so few lines. There's nothing pretentious, but she says he need. So her theory is, you know, like Mozart was identified as a child, and he was cultivated. Yeah, made and put him in regular schooling because that would be a waste of his time. They just put him and tried to get how can we get the most out of him because yeah. he's a he's a set, you know one of the century talent. Yeah. And she's trying to argue to be the same for this kid. The parents don't get it. And her colleagues don't get it. And she starts to cross lines. Ooh. And so the question becomes, because we're like a line t- t- solely to her. Yeah. So how far is too far? Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's really. And, she, and she's, <laughs> she's, she's, she's just a kindergarten teacher, right? So she's <clears throat> sitting there going, I'm not really making a difference. Kids just finger paint. But yeah. I have a chance here to make a difference in the world. Yeah. Right, and yeah. find fulfillment for myself. So and the whole part, if you're going, is this kid really a genius or is she well, just, just is she just seeing something. what she wants to wants see? Wants to see, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Fantastic. But Sounds good. It was, it was behind a paywall for the longest time because it was for free on Netflix. Then it went behind a paywall on Amazon Prime. And I was like, no one will see it if we do that. No. No one's spending three pounds for a movie they never heard of. No. Yeah. And so I was hoping I could at least get my, my, my buddy on the pod, or maybe I could get maybe we could get Maggie Gyllenhaal. You know what I mean? Like, you, you, you never know. Ooh, that's so, good. That would have been good. So I'm just waiting my turn out on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, weight game, weight game. Let's all play the weight game. Down five pounds. Woo! Because I stood on with no clue what it was going to be. Oh. None. I was like, I don't know. You normally pretty good. You pretty know whether you're going to be yeah. good or not. Yeah, it had been a couple of weeks since I've been there, so I was like, yeah. I don't know. The previous week, I thought I'd done okay, and they said no change, and I got grumpy. <laughs> I was like, screw you guys, I'm going home. Screw you guys, I'm going home. <laughs> so, yeah, so that was I'm going to hopefully try and join you on that as of next week because... Well, the actual program? No, oh, okay. God, no, I don't believe in that shit. Um, <laughs> sorry, I was going to mince my words and then I didn't. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, I, don't, I just don't like the idea that there's the, the program is like, you can eat a banana, that's fine, mash it, now that's a sin. It, it's ridiculous. Um, but... I don't, uh, yeah, no, I need to start losing some weight because I fell off the wagon a little bit doing carry. I don't think I've put on any weight, but I haven't lost any because there was lots of takeaway that week and the week following. (laughs) Speaking of multi-week takeaways. It is week 11? 10? 
Ten, I think. Ten. Yeah. In the National Football League. Woo. And we continue our march to fantasy football glory. Um, or not so. Or not. Man, I've been <laughs> The BFE like went believe. two and three last week, you muppets. Mm. Ethan lost to Dwayne Smith by almost 40 points. Wow. Wow. It was a terrible time, and this week's going to be even worse. Megan defeated Liam by over 50 points. Yeah. Meg, Meg's the high score of the week. But to be fair, uh, I was uh, trying to Meg's- get a quarterback, and I couldn't get You still would have beat six different teams. Would I? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the blip continues to ruin Georgia's season as she lost to Nate by over 40 points. Wow. And I went to bed. So I'm in two leagues with Stu from the Stu Order podcast. We're in this other league called the BFE Podcast Invitational. Yeah. Where I'm representing the BFE against other podcasts. Yep. And I went to bed one night with like a 90% surance that I was going to win. Yeah. And I woke up and he had like this blinder of a game. And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> and I was grumpy. This week, I went to bed 90 to 10 sure I was losing. And woke up and went, shut up. <laughs> Came back and won. So I don't know how it happened, but I was victorious. Am I right in thinking that my only two wins are... Me the, and Dwayne Smith. Yeah. Yep. Two Which and one. really funny. That's nuts, isn't it? Um, so we go. So this week, Megs has a gimme, I think, against Julian. Mm-hmm. Three versus 16. Ethan, 15 versus Dirk, nine. I'm going to... I'm I'm so screwed because this week, almost all of my players aren't playing this week as he said oh, like, mm-hmm. yeah well no because even if i could i'd have to replace all of my as players said, someone, someone looking, look I'm up looking, and I'm see looking. were there any players he could have put in his lineup that he didn't I'm looking let me find it let's look that up da, 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 da. why can't i see league matchups there we go Ooh. It was like a couple, but even then. Hang on, no, 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 no. The deal was you were going to set a lineup. There's a difference between all my players are on by. Ethan, you have a quarterback sat on your bench predicted to get 25 points. And you've got Tua Tagalova as your starting quarterback with no game this week. Why are you like this? Ethan, in all seriousness, buddy, you say you want to do it. And I say, okay, I have to set a lineup. And then you don't do it. What are we supposed to do? I'm not being funny, Ethan, right? <laughs> oh, you're, you're, you're one worse off than me, right? So I've only just got some good points, right? And I, I look at this daily, right? And I swap players like you wouldn't believe. You do bugger all, and you're still doing all right, almost better than me. I think you're burying yourself more when you're holding him to task. You've got, <sighs> yeah. Ethan, you've got one that you can swap in still. You've got a wide receiver that you can put in. Do that. Yeah. All right. Either way, I was I was going to get like I was going to lose. There's a difference week. between that and you still put your lineup in. Do you know what's quite yeah. funny though, right? When you actually try and um, explain American football to someone who has no idea, and you go, "I need to find a tight end," or yeah. <laughs> "I need a wide receiver." George is holding up a score with like joy. Is it, no, not is, or is joy. that Ethan's schedule? Is no, that Ethan? this is this is. is this look at no, look, look at Jalen Warren. Yeah, but why would you start him? Because. Uh, he was. Uh, You're not going to start him over Mixon. You're not going to start him over Singletary. No, but look at who's, who's in your flex. Oh, right. Justin Fields. Yeah, that was a. Oh, no. There was a very sad mistake happened. And. Yep. All right. I was busy. I'm going to keep going. Um, I'll tell you who's on a run is James DeGuzman. Yeah. Well he went done. from 0 and 6. He's now 3 and 6. Nice. Uh, George. So Liam's got 14 versus 12. So we'll see if he continues his streak against you. Georgia mm-hmm. plays Reverend Bruce. Yeah. So there you go. Might win. You might win despite... Despite a zero. Yeah. Yeah. And then one versus two. Ooh. Ian versus Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. And it was like a 50-50 when we kicked off, so who knows? No one tell me. Uh, so there you go. So let's do well. this now. <laughs> Why are we doing this episode today? Well, I, sort of, I thought this was the perfect 
episode movie to do. And so I ran it by Felix, and he was all right with it. So he was in agreement that it was the perfect episode for this. So uh, we went with it. So uh, mm-hmm. I do have... You got a message from Felix. Yeah, I've got this here. Does um, he have any thoughts on it being 200? I don't know. Oh, have you not listened to it yet? No, I, oh, okay. he just didn't send it to me. <laughs> oh, okay. Should, should I hit, should I hit, should I hit do play? You still, do you still talk to him, though? I mean, are you two sort things out? We're, we're all right. You, yeah. you guys for laughing at him. I never laughed at a zombie laugh. <laughs> I wasn't I even here know. for that. It's not me. I thought it was a great zombie laugh. There we go. Although I am enjoying so the fact Felix. that um, obviously Meg's thought that Felix was you, so that's quite funny. <laughs> um, here we are. And Scandalous. He had this to say. Violence and mayhem in, 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 in I don't know what that says. After oh, no. a hunter stumbles upon a drug deal gone wrong and more than $2 million in cash near the Rio Grande. Happy 200 episodes. Will we make it 200 more? I don't know if I've got five more in me. Wow. Wow. Well, there was a compliment in there somewhere, but... Was Felix okay? He had a hard time with the word ensue. Yeah. Ensue, Felix. An English teacher wouldn't have that problem. No. See? There we go. Do you no. think maybe you should have just done another take on that one? Like, you mean Yeah, why did he have to he? just... He just does one take. Does he just do one? He's oh, like, one and done. Yeah. Uh, let's look at No Country for Old Men, directed and screenplay written by Joel and Ethan Cohen, who we've done previously on Fargo and The Big Lebowski. Fargo is And cool. Hail Caesar. They've also done mm-hmm. Oh Brother, Where Art Thou and Burn After Reading are two big ones they've done. Uh, this was based on a novel by Cormac McCarthy. Uh, cinematography by Roger Deakins, who's done Courage Under Fire, The Shawshank Redemption, wow. Jarhead, The Village, Doubt, Prisoners, Blade Runner 2049, 1917, Skyfall, and 13 different films with the Coens. Wow. <laughs> including Hail Caesar, Big Lebowski, Fargo, all of which we've Deakins. done previously. What happens in The Big Lebowski? Big Lebowski is the one where they is bowl that- all the time. And oh, everybody dies in the car park. Crazy I think I'm dreams. learning I um, don't exactly have a penchant for uh, Cohen films. Georgia, let, her, let everybody know what her verdict is already. No, I'm, I was very diplomatic there. Music by Carter Burwell, which is an ironic statement. Um, also done music in Fargo, The Big Lebowski, Mystery Alaska, A Knight's like Tale, In Bruges, Twilight's 1, 4, and 5, oh, wow. <laughs> Hail Caesar, and Three Billboards. Twilight 1, that's, 4, and 5? Yeah, not 2 and 3. That's quite Which, three. To be fair, 2 and 3 might be the, the worst 2 of the bunch. Yeah, that's fair. 4's boring. Cause four is because 4's just, four it's just, just like, the first half of... Yeah, it's just like, it? it's like, it's like Dead, Deadly Hallows Part 1. It's yeah, boring too. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen them. And 5's ending is, is a choice. Well, I'll tell you what, it was, it was entertaining. It went it's somewhere. Boys. I was on a plane, so I watched it. It went all right. I didn't mind that it was all... Uh, whoop. I was okay with it. I've not seen, I've not actually not, I've genuinely not seen them. I, I was just a little bit too young when they came out. Do you know who the head vampire is, Ethan? It's, it's Michael Sheen. It's Michael Sheen, it? yeah. I remember, I, I won't lie. Last summer, I kind of had like a little bit of a do Twilight you know who, do you know who uh, binge because they came to Netflix. What an awful time. <laughs> do you know who Michael Sheen was, ma- Michael, I can't even say it. Michael Sheen was married to? Some American actress. I remember that. Who was it? No. Who was it? British actress. Really? Who was yeah. it? Kate Beckinsale. Really? Yeah. yeah. Right in the early days. And they got a child together. Good for him. That's His nuts. new wife is Swedish. Um, Blew my mind. That's the first time I saw this. Uh, Georgia. Yesterday. <clears throat> Liam. Uh, yesterday. Yeah. All my troubles seem so far away. <laughs> Ethan. 
Christmas Eve 2014. It's very specific. It was. I remember because it made the feeling I felt Wait, going to bed that wait, night. how old were you? I was Three. 14. Nah, too young. Too young. Um, I teach this. So I saw it for the first time, literally at the same time the students were. Oh, okay. I was like, let's see what this is about. And I'm just making notes in the back of class going, okay, what am I going to talk about tomorrow? <laughs> I, th- I think this is about this. I'm not sure. That's funny. So, uh, and now I teach it very well. But I, I was t- teaching it for, ooh, about eight years. So I've watched it and taught it once a year for eight years, plus then doing it a second time for the suit because they learn it their first year of a two-year course, year 12. Yeah, yeah. Then, of course, we go over it for year 13. So basically, I'm teaching it twice a year every year for seven, eight years. This is the last year going through right now mm. at year 13. Year 12, they're on to, uh, I have to teach Joker instead. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, it's not bad. I'll tell you that. Dreadful movie. So what I have to teach Baby's them is something, taxi driver. is something called spectatorship, and that's by which means we watch films. Yeah. And why do we react the way we do? The other uh, thing we have to do is called ideology. And ideology is like the major belief systems. We talked about a lot during Shaun of the Dead, Mm -hmm. right? About how it teaches us that being romantically partnered is good. Yep. And that being, you know, just friends with your your boys and living that way is bad. So both of those things have to sort of jump in. So I'm going to jump in a little bit with elements of that. But let's do Context Corner. Producer Scott Rudin brought the film rights to Cormac McCarthy's novel and suggested an adaptation to the Coens. The Coens agreed to write and direct the film, having identified how it provided the sense of place and also how it played with genre conventions. Joel Cohen said the book's unconventional approach to... Uh, to genre in general was familiar and congenial to us. We're naturally attracted to subverting genre. We like the fact that bad guys never really meet the good guys, that McCarthy did not follow through on the expectations of his formula. Uh, Cohen stated this is their first ever adaptation, and he further explained they chose it because he said, why not start with Cormac? Why not start with the best? He further described this book in particular as unlike the other novels. It's much pulpier. We haven't done pulp fiction. <laughs> Cohen then stated they have not changed much in the adaptation. Really, it's just compression. We didn't create new situations. He further assured that he and his brother Ethan had never met McCarthy while they were writing the script, but first met him during the shooting of the film. He said he believed the author liked the film. While his brother Ethan said, he didn't yell at us. We were actually sitting in the movie theater screening room with him when he saw it. I had heard him chuckle a couple of times. So I took that as a seal of approval. I don't know. Maybe presumptuously. And that's all we've got, because I just want to talk about the big stuff and then bring in our uh, patrons for uh, some big chats at the end. Woo. Hmm. So, deep dive. Uh, Paramount Vantage and Miramax. It's Miramax. always difficult when you see Miramax. I don't know, right? Mm-hmm. And we hear wind. And then we hear a voice through a very thick West Texan accent say, I was sheriff of this county when I was 25 years old. I love Tommy Lee. And he talks about how uh, I was a sheriff of Santa Ana as, my, as my, my father and my grandfather before him. And uh, I was sheriff Santa Ana my father was. And I think, well, I think he liked that. He never said it. And this is a time when men are men. Yeah. This is. And Tommy Lee Jones is a man, man. These are men. So yeah. but what we have is we have three main male characters. We'll, talk about the third, we'll put the third one off to the side for a bit. <clears throat> we have two main male characters, okay? And we'll talk about them. But these are archetypal men. Right? Yeah. And so um, we have that. The voice tells us, oh, he says, I always like to hear about, he's got clear respect for the old guys and a reverence for the way they used to do things. Mm -hmm. And he says, I always like to hear about the old timers. Never missed a chance to do so. You can't help but compare yourselves to them, I think. And sometimes I wonder how they do today. 
And then he pivots and talks about this guy he sent to the uh, electric chair. In his early days, wasn't it? And he says, I don't know if it was early days or not, but he said um, it was his arrest, it was his witness statement, it was his testimony against this guy put in the chair. Yeah. He said the guy said he'd, he killed some, like, 14-year-old girl and said he just always wanted to kill someone as long as he could remember. And he said, I don't know what to do with that. And he said, uh, said he knew he was going to hell, and he'd be there in about 15 minutes. <laughs> and he was like, I don't know what to do. And right from the start, we get the idea of a voice, whoever this is. The world's changing, and he doesn't know what to do about it. No. And so... I think you'll find him in every outhouse chicken coop. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, outhouse, hen house, hen house yeah. <laughs> White House. Because <laughs> he was, was he even U.S. Marshal? He was also he was U.S. Marshal. Yeah. The voice tells us, oh yeah, we said that, uh, I, we see a strange man being put in a cop car, and there's an isolated shot of a bizarre canister being put in the front seat. And we cut to the sheriff's office, where it looks like some sort of deputy's telling his uh, his sheriff about what he's found. But in the background, out of focus, but clearly over his shoulder, we see a guy in handcuffs step through them. Oh, and I just knew he was going to do this. Comes up from behind and uses the handcuffs to strangle the unknowing police officer on the phone. Now, so the question I've got for you, does this come off as horror-like for you, this movie at all? Yeah. Oh, does it really? For me. Okay, Maybe for me, no. Thriller. Maybe yeah, thriller. Yeah, like, this is like Silence of the Lambs for me. Yeah. Like, there's a couple yeah. scenes of excessive violence, but I wouldn't consider either of these horror-like. Not jumping ahead too far, but you know, I think he's a horror character in a in a western. I, I've argued that. Why do they need Ooh. to show like dead dogs and stuff? I mean, you know. well, we're going to talk about that. Yeah, but um, so, um, and so he tells the guy. Last thing he says before he gets is, "Yes, sir, I got, I got it under control. control." And then, yeah, and we have this spinning zoom from above because he strangled him on the floor, and you hear the feet and the boots kicking about. And it zooms in, not on the, the what you would assume, which yeah. would be the handcuffs digging into the guy's neck, but on the crazed look on, I'm going to call him the man in black until we get introduced to who he is. Yeah. Okay. So the, on the, the man in black, who's at this terrible haircut, mm-hmm. and he's dressed Love it. all in black. Now, this is a, so clearly we've established this is a Western movie, right? Uh, yeah, mm. but also, I mean, he, I don't know whether that was the actor, just when he spits that blood, he turns his head. Yeah. <laughs> was that a character choice, do you think? Or was that just a... I'm just getting my head out of the He's way. He's a heck of an actor, but we'll talk about... I'm going I'm to hold off on everything until we learn what his name is. That's, that's, that's my plan. I can't even say his name in real life. Cool. <laughs> I'll teach you. So... I know he's married to Planet Cruz. He is. Oh. Um, so... Um, and then you look, and there's these black skid marks, boot marks, all, all over, over the, the floor. floor. Yeah. Oh. Probably a little bit too much. Yeah. Yeah. But it, I think it looks cool. Yeah. And then we hear footsteps, and we hear the canister being taken. And we cut to on the road. There's a POV shot of someone driving a cop car, and it pulls a car over. And I don't know who you think's in which car, but it's the man in black in the cop car. Not being funny, though, right? Mm. You're being pulled over, right, by a cop car, and you see some guy get out, not wearing a cop uniform. I'm okay. Fuck that. This, this, speaks to, this speaks to our societies, and maybe not even so much the British one, but definitely... Uh, North America, if a cop car puts the lights on and someone comes out, you just do what everything we do is conditioned you to go. This is what you do. And the, this, the cop car overpowers everything else. Yeah, but when your spidey senses tingle a little, because I think it's, yeah, I mean, it's hard. I mean, I mean, dragging that canister with it. Keep him? in mind, old, this is, this is Texas. This is Texas in 1980. 
right? Oh, it's 1980. It's 1980. Oh, okay. So it's Texas in 1980. So absolute faith in the power structures. Yeah, I guess. Right? Yeah, yeah. And so uh, he goes, would you step out of the car, please, sir? He goes, what's this? Would you step out of the car? He's very polite. And the guy steps out and he goes, what's that in your hand? He goes, would you hold still for me? <laughs> and, he, and he hits this thing to his air canister and the guy just, something Drops. goes into his head. And he, and he just falls over dead. I knew what it was traveling. Instantly. And you're like, what? Now, the first thing is, this is cool in the sense that it's an enigma. Like, we don't, you might know, but it's still nothing that we've seen in this. In this no, 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 no. Measure. I knew as soon as he used it, I was like, oh, God. So we're like, wow. So uh, this is actually a captive bolt pistol. It's commonly used to stun cows before slaughter without the risk of a flying bullet. Because mm-hmm. you shoot a cow in the skull. It might ricochet. It might go through. You could, you could, you could hurt. Well, he kind of makes a person later, doesn't he? Yeah, a little bit. So someone's gone hunting, and this is Llewellyn Moss, played by Josh Brolin, Thanos himself. Yeah, I love that, Josh. <laughs> yeah, that didn't twig. Someone had been in talks to play this role and turned oh. it down to take a break. Ethan Hunt, Hawk. I don't know. Let's put let's put a smile on that face. Heath Ledger. Really? Heath Ledger turned it down. Wow. I think he's more accurate for a different part. <laughs> well, he, he's done his cowboy movie, hasn't he? Yeah. yeah. I think if he does this, I think he runs into the Dark Knight and he can't do both. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. They're sense. right around the same time as each other. And he really wanted to do Dark Knight, didn't he? Yeah, well. Doing both reports, reports, yeah. you know, he was up for this role. Josh Brolin was working on Grindhouse when he became drawn to the role of Moss in this film. So he asked the director, Robert Rodriguez, if he could borrow a video camera for his audition tape. And he ended up having his audition shot with a, the theatrical camera they were using to shoot the, uh, cool. to shoot the film. And nice. he got a friend of his who was on set to help him direct it. Just for the record, that friend is Quentin Tarantino. Shot his audition <laughs> tape. <laughs> right for Sam, I want to see this now. When the Coen saw Brolin's tape, their response was, they loved the lighting. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Quentin. And so we see him looking through the scope, right? Did you catch what he said to the, to, to, to the deer? Yeah, he said something, didn't he? He said something Easy like, now, something like that. No. No. He said... You hold still. Yes. Who else said you hold still? That guy earlier. With right. The so we've got the guy who's clearly our villain. Yeah. And then we have the the white hat cowboy. Yeah. Saying the same thing. Mm. I'm going to call this mirroring. There's lots of mirroring. There's lots of mirroring in this film. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm not going to bury the lead. Um, this isn't a film for me. I can, but lead. I can appreciate it massively. But I think because I wasn't enjoying it, I was then going, well, I know what's about to happen because you've already shown me what's about to happen because it's about to do exactly the same thing that Matey's just done. Okay, then I'm curious if we get certain points to go, how do you react to this? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he wings the deer. He doesn't kill it. No, he doesn't. Man in Black killed his prey. Yeah. Shouldn't be shooting animals if you're not going to kill them. No. Or, or just a little bit of foreshadowing of who's going to be better at this. Yeah, true. And granted, Man in Black walks right up and goes, bang. Yeah. If he got that wrong, so, yeah, it would be an issue. And all we hear, though, is the sound of wind. So when I said earlier, a little bit funny saying the score, music by, mm-hmm. apparently there's 16 minutes of music in this. I think about 10 of those is the credits. 
<laughs> there's like zero music in this. Yeah, like zero music in this. It's very quiet. There's a couple of tones when he's waiting in the motel room. That's it. And mm-hmm. I teach this twice a year, every year. Like, and the goal is because there's something called passive viewing and something called active viewing. So passive viewing is when you don't do much thinking. Mm. Okay? Active viewing is when you got to put some thinking on. And this film is a, is all about you having to sort of pay attention for yourself and decide what you want to make of it. Because one of the easiest ways that we get directed is by score. Yeah. If someone comes in and we go, we're like, oh, okay, this is scary. <laughs> if someone comes in, it's like gum drops, lollipops, and rainbows. rainbows. We're like, oh, they're nice. Like we're so easily guided by by, by music. music. Yeah. Music and camera angles are probably the two biggest ways in which we are guided to I respond. Th- I to think things. the good thing about this film was the suspense. It was like it was. It was kind. Of, you said to me about horror movie. It was kind of suspense in the fact like he's coming. You know what are you doing? Move. Oh my god! It was one of them kind of kind of movies for me. And there are a lot of shots in this film where I was watching it, and I messaged Ian, going, "Is this a jump scary film?" Because the sh- way they shoot it and the lingering and the ever so slightly longer than you feel comfortable watching something for, again, very very clever hated it i think i called it a plotting it, movie because it wanted me mm-hmm. it wants you to feel tense I and said, uncomfortable i and said i don't think tense. it's a jump scary movie and i, I don't think it's a jump no scary it's not movie. but it makes you think that it's going to be yeah, by yeah, lingering ever so maybe my lack much. of horror film took that away from me because i've that or then i've also watched it 10 times minimum so yeah. Yeah, all so that you know, you know what's coming there's just one thing that gets to me and only one thing that gets me almost every time but i'll get to that later um, that one thing I saw that coming did you yeah we'll talk if it's the same one thing okay, okay. I think so um, so uh, not on the score top of that uh, Llewellyn comes across a trail of blood but it's not from the deer he looks it's from a dog yep that's limping and Llewellyn comes across a ridge and we see five vehicles at the bottom of the ridge nobody's moving there's dead bodies all around I didn't see the dead bodies to start with no. I just saw the, the vehicles the trucks? yeah I'm not yeah. sure I did the first time Crowver with this TV it's pretty I mean I could probably told you what their driver's license <laughs> <had. laughs> yeah but I didn't, I didn't see the, I didn't see the dead people until he got further down uh, a note on the cinematography, uh, Roger Deakins said, everything's storyboarded before we start shooting. In no country, there's maybe only a dozen shots that are not in the final film that we storyboarded. It's that order of planning. And we only shot a quarter of a million feet of film. Most productions shoot 700,000 or a million feet of film. It's quite precise the way they approach everything. And maybe they're editing as they're going, because a note on the editing, the editor might have had a say in it. It was edited by Roderick Janes. Roderick Janes is a pseudonym for Joel and Ethan Cohen. Yeah, uh, probably. <laughs> You're not going to direct it and then not edit it yourself. Oh, you? most directors don't touch their stuff. They work in collaboration with an editor, but they don't do it. Really? Yeah. See, if you this just- is very rare. See, oh, no, if I was directing, I'd want to... Oh, edit. I'd want to edit. I'd want to edit. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Or at least be in the editing booth. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah. Most of them kind of live there with the editor and sort of do it with mm. them, but they don't have a technical know-how or whatever it is. I guess when there's two of you, yeah. when you're a collaborative unit, you it's can kind of... To let someone else... You can divide up elements yeah. and say, I'll do some of the editing and can you do this? Well, and so there's True. two of you making sure this thing gets to the finish line, so you can double the man out. You basically have got a director and an editor. Yeah, if you want to do it that way. Two people. Um, any unforeseen expense for the film, sorry, an unforeseen expense for the film was the makeup department. They had to buy expensive fake blood at the rate of $800 a gallon. 
Joel Cohen realized they were spending so much when it came time to film the scenes where Llewellyn stumbles across the aftermath of the shootout. This is because ordinary fake blood is made with sugar and would have meant the extras would have been crawling with bugs and ants within minutes, minutes, while the insects had no interest in the expensive stuff. (laughs) This is why we joked you couldn't have done our production of Carrie in the summer because our blood was made mostly of golden syrup and... It would have been disgusting if it was in the summer. We talked about this next point while reviewing There Will Be Blood. Yeah. While on location, There Will Be Blood was shooting the next like field over. Oh, One yeah, day, yeah. they filmed a wide shot of a landscape, and they had to stop shooting because remember when that giant oil derrick yeah. went up in smoke? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It canceled <laughs> shooting on, on this film. That's yeah. funny. So, uh, funny yeah. because they kind of bleed into each other don't they they have very similar Similar tones tones, i'd argue very curious to get your feelings on this but my feeling is that there will be blood is a much more cynical film oh yeah yeah, yeah. i think they both share a similar some similar concepts but i think i don't want to talk about the big idea of this film but i think there will be blood is mean-spirited and selfish even towards the end i don't think this is mean-spirited and selfish i just think it's a bit hopeless yeah. There will be I blood. Haven't, I haven't always, seen the other one, but I agree with the definition of this one. Like there will be blood's whole ending essentially is like morality is futile, everyone is is evil in some way, and this one has like a clear stake of <sighs> there is a moral guidance for some people, but there are outliers, but not everyone is evil. I don't want to get too into it, but I I would argue that morality is equally useless in this film, but it doesn't champion the selfishness that there will be blood does because in the end of the day there will be blood um what's his name Eli? daniel day lewis daniel day lewis is the hero yeah. mm. you don't want to be the hero but he's no. the hero yeah, yeah in this film i don't think the man in black's the hero no so um so the Coens resumed filming the next day when the folks smoke finally just dissipated a year and a half later both films were uh, critically acclaimed and they were both bankrolled by the same two companies, Paramount Vantage Point and Miramax. Yeah. <laughs> so, back to the cowboy. He approaches the vehicles, dead men, and dogs around. How do we all feel about the dead dogs? Don't like it. Um, why do they need to show the dead dogs? I get it, and I know it's why not, it's not they a do real it. dead dog. No, I know. But even later Cause, on. Because they would have dead dogs. Why would they have dogs with them? You bring dogs if you did to, like, attack. Not for a gunfight. It wasn't supposed Sometimes. to be. It's not a supposed gunfight. to be a gunfight. It's, it's supposed to be a drug, drug deal. deal. Oh yeah, come on! Drug deals always go south, don't they? Well, well dogs are also there dogs. as like a collateral form of threat. Dogs are there to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know, it's just a big like, man. Woof woof. It, yeah, because if if, if 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 you take a man out and he dies, that's a whole lot of problems. If you take a dog out and he dies, no one dogs really knows you have a dog. I did have a moral quandary actually in this film because you know what would I do in that situation? Well, as I we'll do, get there. yeah. Um, so he opens a truck and there's a guy who's, uh, looking for agua. Water. Agua being Spanish for, for, for water. Moss then steals the gun and a knife from a dying man. And Moss wants to know, where's the, where's the last guy? Where's the ultimate hombre? <laughs> and the guy can't tell him. And we spend a lot, you know, he's looking around and he figures it out. He's a hunter, right? So he goes, if I was dying, what would I want? Shade. I don't want to be shot, but I want shade. And so he sees some trees, and he sees some boots sticking out from, from, from the tree. And he watches. And the frustrating part was it shows us when he starts watching, and it doesn't show us the next like time, so yeah, I have no idea how long he's looking. It just shows he's looking at the watch, but now you don't show me the watch face. That, that irritates the me. The only thing they showed you was the guy sitting upright. 
and then the guy slumped. Did he slump? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I didn't notice. I didn't see that. Yeah. I just—he's just watching the time. And that's when he realised that he could go. He's just waiting, weren't he? He sits there and watches. I see the pair of boots. So that he approaches and finds a dead man with a case full of money. At which point, then he steals all his weapons. This is like Red Dead Redemption or a video game. Yeah. You come across a dead body, you steal <laughs> his weapons, and you, funny. and you loot you, the body. Yeah. You kind of worry about his morals here, don't you? A, he never said. He said to that guy, "There's no water." Well, I think this is really interesting. Without, he says, "I don't have any water." Well, yeah, fair yeah. enough. He doesn't have any water. Doesn't have any water. And he but redeems why that take anyway. his, Why take things away from him? Because he's dying. Well, this is a really interesting thing. Without sort of hitting us on the head and going, "What would you have done? What would you have done?" I'd have got back in my bloody truck and I'd have hightailed out of there. If, right, if I'm the kind of guy who's that, which I think I am, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not making it down to them. Nope. So if you're down there with them, if you're, if you're that far, and you're the guy who's going to go open the door, then there's some weapons. All right, maybe I take that. Because remember, this is also America, right? This is the American dream. Not that you find a bunch of dead Mexicans. <laughs> but what do you think? But the American dream is the idea that one person, if they work hard enough, can change their stars. A chance where anybody can go from rags to riches, right? Yeah, but, yeah, mm-hmm. but in, in, in reality, though, wouldn't you think to yourself, shit, the... The, well, the shit's hit the fan. It's 19, 1980. There's not even any, like, like internet. No, but when you think, hang on a minute, I've just found drugs on the back here, a lot of them. How are they going to find it? You're telling me no one would have said to other people, this is where we're going to be, meeting these people, everything's hush-hush, is it? Well, that's what's happened. As long as you can get out without someone seeing you, there's, there's, there's no trail. Well, the other fuckers turned up, didn't they? Because we'll talk about that, Megan. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'm just saying, with that amount of drugs, you would not Liam, know where... Stop putting yourself in the movie. Oh. You're not Llewellyn Moss. You did just ask him to. You said, what would you I do? I did, but he was already there. <laughs> <laughs> he was already there. I want to go In defensively. <laughs> Thank you, Georgia. Okay, so I, I wouldn't have gone that far. Let's go a lot smaller, then. You, you walk up to, 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 the, to the tree. You see a guy sitting there dead with a case of $2 million in front of him. Yeah. What do you do then? I would take the 200 million, whatever it is, 2 just, million. Just 2 million. 2 million. And I would have gone straight to the sheriff's office and said, look, this is what I've just found. I've just come across these dead would people. Would you really? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I don't think my conscience would My conscience wouldn't. Uh, I'd be looking over my shoulder for the rest of my life, and I don't want that. I wouldn't have even gone home. I, I, would, have, I, mean, I would have gone home, I would have grabbed the missus, and I'd be, I, I wouldn't have stopped. And he stops. He goes to bed. <laughs> I'd uh, be gone. Straight away. Gone. So you, what, you would have took it? Yeah. Would you? Yeah. No, I wouldn't. It's not mine. If I was going to do anything, I might have taken like the top layer off and like taken that for myself. Taken some money. Yeah. Yeah. I'm more likely to have done that, but I know I couldn't. Just I don't want to leave any trace of me being there. Ethan, what would you do? My sense of my- I'll be honest, like, I was listening to this and I was going, yeah, I'd be a good person, you know. I, I, no. I see, you know, I, I see. Two millions, I'm like a wolf in a cartoon. Dollar signs, ka-ching. We can't even Sorry. count on him to set a lineup. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, his, we, we know where Ethan's morals lie. Jeez. <laughs> I like uh, the easy I'd be looking over I my see shoulder. two mil. Ooh. Two mil. He's not going to want to look for two mil. It's not about looking. Nigga, look. Billionaires. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I mean, look, look how they track tires and things. I'd be, my brain would just go overload. As he grabs the money, we hear a storm incoming. Funny, so that's pathetic fallacies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He also goes towards the storm, doesn't he? In the, Does he? In the, sure. 
Okay, it's not yet, but at one point there's a, there's lightning when he's running away, yeah. and he goes towards it, which makes me think. Uh, if we funny. could stay with the part of the movie we're in. Sorry. Um, back home, we meet Carla Jean Moss, played by Kelly McDonald. I like her. Do you recognize her? No. She's the underage girl that Retton sleeps with in Transpotting. Oh, my God, yes, it is. <laughs> I, I looked at her, and I thought, why do I know her? That's crazy, isn't it? And I went. I, I was teaching both films and hadn't realized for the longest time. That's nuts. And then I looked it up and I went, "Shut up!" Yeah, that's yeah. Been, that's, that's, that's blowing my mind. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I liked her. Yeah, she's she's really good in this. Really good. Uh, she goes, "What's in the satchel?" It's not and a he satchel. just goes, "He just goes bag full of money." <laughs> he tells her straight. She goes, "Where'd you get the pistol?" He goes, "From the getting place." <laughs> And she keeps bugging him, and it's cute. I mean, he's telling her, he told her exactly what was right about the first part. She goes, if you don't, and he goes, look, if you don't watch your mouth, I'm going to take you in the back and screw you. And he stands beside her, and she goes, all right, keep it up. And she goes, maybe I will. And it's a fun little dynamic mm. they have. Promises, promises. Yeah. Uh, she says, where were you all day? He lies and says he was at work. Mm. Interesting. I don't think he's got any work, has he? I don't think he does. I think there's some stuff underneath the service. Be curious what the book says. Yeah. In the book, there's a considerable age gap between the two of them. I'll say oh, that much. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Which probably explains why mom doesn't like him so much. Yeah. Um, and she goes, uh, so he wakes up, can't sleep. She goes, what you doing, baby? He says, something dumber than hell, but I'm going to go do it anyway. But why? And he fills up a water bottle. Now, if he doesn't do this, he gets away. Yes. This is the only thing. So here's the thing. You just don't return to the scene of the crime. There's a whole like um, thing about that. Why would you return mm. to the scene of the yep. crime at fucking night? He fills up a water bottle and he says, if I don't come back, tell mother I love her. She goes, your mother's dead, Llewellyn. Well, then I guess I'll tell her myself. I don't like that line. No. It feels like that's written for a trailer. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. wow, what a wacky comedy this is. Josh Brood. <laughs> In a Judd Apatow film. <laughs> uh, it's about- not gemstones this time. <laughs> It's money. I've got my notes here. Literally returning to the scene of the crime. Yeah. Llewellyn parks his truck at the top of a ridge and approaches the standoff with water in his hand. And you can see there's lights approaching the truck. I guess maybe it's it's daylight. I don't know. But after Moss approaches the truck, the Agua guy's dead, there's a second truck at the ridge, and the silhouettes pop his tires before coming down the ridge. Why and- leave your truck there? Why not come down to the scene of the crime? Because he's in over his head. He's too naive. Oh. Also, he's down a hill. You wouldn't be able to get your truck back up. Well, they got theirs down there. So should yeah, they, they go round, I think, don't they? Mm. They shoot at him and then chase him down the rest of it already. Uh, Mask get... Oh, so they chase him. They got, like, lights on the top of the... Uh, You're like, in a desert. How, how they see him from the distance they do when they shoot for the first time no, is I beyond know. me. Yeah. It's beyond And then me. to go running in the middle of the desert at night. I mean, there's yep. nothing to hide behind. Um, and so Moss gets to the river and eats a shot in the shoulder as he dives into the water. Moss uh, is going down the water. He escapes, but he's pursued by a dog. And it kind of creates this, like, pause button, but you know they're going to get to the shore at some point. And they're going to have to deal with the dog. And the dog's getting closer and closer. The and, dog's going for it. And so he gets up the other side, and the dog's approaching, and he has to change the... Uh, Barrel. Whatever you call Pistol, it, the, the uh, chamber, magazine, magazine on the gun, <laughs> uh, which is you know it's okay to do it like, but trying to do whatever, it under pressure, but do it under pressure, yeah, yeah. And the dog jumps at him and he shoots it in the chest, dead. I'm guessing this is the thing that you were talking about. Where yeah. you're like, would you shoot him? Yeah, I would absolutely shoot the dog. Yes, I would. Okay, I'd have yes. shot the dog in the leg. Well, you, you're way too calm. Did you see him try and shoot something earlier? 
He better aim for the center of a chest. This is true. But yeah. I would have, I would have wrestled with that afterwards. At, at that, at that point, your brain like just doesn't. You, you can't just. Yes, instinct. yeah. It's human instinct to survive. Yeah. C would. Uh, Josh Brolin broke his shoulder in a motorcycle accident two days after getting the part in the film. In an interview with Now Magazine, he recalled thinking, this is a direct quote, fucking shit. I really wanted to work with the Coens. As he flew over the car, it hit him. <laughs> I guess everything slowed down for him. His injury, however, turned out to be a non-issue since he shot in the shoulder very early in the film. So they just shot him in the shoulder and went, there you go. Uh, okay, that's <laughs> Made an excuse for it. Yep. Then we cut to a shot in front of a petrol station. Uh, and we go inside. The man in black is getting petrol. And the guy asks him, you getting any rain where you are? The man in black's going, oh, is that? He said, oh, I couldn't help but notice you were from Dallas. And this seems to, to uh, be to antagonize the man in black. And so he starts asking a I lot of questions. Was, of, why is it any deal of yours, friendo? Yeah, but I'm gonna start calling people. Somebody has, uh, Someone noticed. Somebody them. has noticed something about him that could could potentially identify. Him. And he kills anybody who sees him. Is that right? It seems that. It also seems there's a second issue that bugs him. So, so, so instead, now he starts asking questions, like really personal questions in comparison. And he goes, and if you look at the, the framing of this, it's it's perfect because the guy he's wearing like a yellow. I, these guys were a dime a dozen in my, in my part of Canada, and he's surrounded. But he's got his counter in front of him in the window, and then around that he's got like a bunch of like fan belt tires and things yeah, like, yeah, the, yeah, like, yeah. like that around him. And uh, so he's trapped visually. He, he's he's totally trapped. Whereas all the freedoms on the other side by by uh, the man in black. And so he goes, "What time do you close?" And he goes, now. He goes, now is not a time. He goes, when do you close? At dark. We close at dark. And I'm like, that's not really a time either. <laughs> and he goes, what time do you go to bed? And he's like, he goes, uh, sorry, sir. He's like, you're a bit deaf, aren't you? He goes, well, uh, what time do you go to bed? About 9.30. About about 9.30. And he goes, I could come back then. He goes, why would you want to come back then? We'd be closed. He's like, yeah, you said that. And, of course, <laughs> we know what this guy's capable of. Yeah. yeah. Whereas he's just going, this guy's a bit creepy. He was very creepy. But he says, you lived here a long time? He goes, oh, no, no, it's my, it's my wife's parents' place. He goes, you're married into it. And he seems to have a real issue with inherited wealth. Mm. For whatever reason, he just seems yeah, to, yeah. to trigger him. Oh, I, I see, I read that bit as the reason that he gives him the option, the coin flip, because he married, because he married into it. It's not his, it's not his property. He didn't start this up. So that's why he gets the option and doesn't just get. Oh, I read that he because it seems like he like can't swallow his sunflower seed as a result of this. Yeah, he gets uh, yeah, I read it as if that he oh, felt okay. sorry for him, not that. Oh, I read the opposite. I, I read that yeah, you I had read. an unfair advantage because you married into this. I read the opposite. Yeah, the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, no, I read it as Ethan thoughts. Sorry, mate. I never. I didn't see it as like a pity thing. I, I was. I sort of was just. Oh wow. Look, you got you really, really lucked in for this, huh? He goes, "What's the most you ever lost on a coin toss?" Great scene, your life. Great scene, and of course, we. He goes, "I have to know what the stakes are," and he goes, "Everything." He goes, "Your life." I don't understand what you mean. He goes, "I got nothing to put up." He goes, "You've been putting up your whole life." Uh, he goes, "You need to call it. I can't do it for you. It wouldn't be fair." Just call it. He goes, you know what dates in this coin? 1958. It's been traveling 22 years to get here, and now you have to call it. And this is kind of, I see the coin as I see Shigur. Sorry, man in black. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
in the sense that they both, he sees himself as like the coin. He sees himself as an agent of fate. Mm-hmm. And so if the coin flips, I shoot you. And if the coin doesn't go the right way, then I don't shoot you. And that's he okay because that's him. what... But he's seen him. Pardon me? But he's seen him. But he's almost taken the coin as, as an indication of, was I supposed to shoot you or not? Maybe Which is why bit, I read that line that way. a little bit there. Literally flippity. Yeah. <laughs> well, the whole thing, because I always thought, without giving too much away, he, he kills whoever comes in contact with him. So there's no contact. I don't or, think this guy's done enough. Now, granted, not everybody he kills does. But I don't think he's done enough. He's just coming to work. So there's no real essential reason why he has to kill Okay, him. when you say not done enough, I want to ask you not a, a road later down the road. Cool. <laughs> there's one other guy I got an issue with because he kills him way too easy. Mm. But yeah. Um, and so he calls it and he's right. And at which point the man in black's entire countenance just changes entirely. I'm like, well done. And he's like smiling now. And the guy goes to put it in his pocket. He goes, don't put it in your pocket, sir. That's your lucky quarter. Yeah. I just get lost with the goes, other coins. What should I do with it? He goes, anything you want, but don't put it in your pocket. Because you put it in your pocket, it just becomes a, a coin. And he yeah. pauses and goes, which it is. <laughs> and he's not wrong. It is. It is no. just a coin. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But it's also this token, this symbol of how different his life could have been. He'll never know. But this is. I mean, the old fella is just hitting the ball back to him so he can do mm-hmm. more stuff. It's a fantastic like, monologue. It is. This, this yeah. is like the scene that everyone, whenever anyone. This like, is the scene oh, from No Country yeah. for All Men. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, Roger Deacon said about this shot, we never use a zoom. He said, I don't even carry a zoom lens with me unless it's very something very specific. The coin toss scene between Shigur and the old gas station clerk is a good example of. Uh, <laughs> The camera tracks in so slowly that the audience isn't even aware of the move. When the camera itself moves forward, the audience is moving too. You're actually getting closer to somebody or something, and it has to be. Um, it's so much more of a powerful effect because it's a three-dimensional move. A zoom's just like focusing someone's attention. You're just standing in the same place, concentrating on one smaller element in the frame. Emotionally, those two things are very different effects. Mm. Well said. Back to Llewellyn Moss, he's sending Carla Jean to his mother's house in Odessa, Texas, and we go back to the crime scenes, because there's been multiple crimes here now. How weird Again. is this? Odessa. Odessa. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I bought some records in the other day, and one of them was the Bee Gees album, Odessa. Yeah. And I looked at that yeah. and went, Odessa, what's that? Is that a place? I had a roommate from, from Odessa, Texas, yeah. How weird is that, though? Yeah. Timey. In the same day. Um, two men and the man in black arrive at the crime scene. I got a strange world with the man in black. He seems like he's this guy who would ride shotgun. Just saying. <laughs> mm. uh, but, hey. two, but two men report that the Mexicans must have uh, cut his tires. Uh, so there's more than one group looking for Moss, we discover from this. He gets given a transceiver from someone and then shoots the two men he traveled with in the head. Well, that's all that coming. They didn't. No, 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 but, you know, again, witnesses. Yeah, and there's more of that, but you have to wait for that. That has to be unpacked. So a lot of this movie is going to go, I don't know, I don't understand. You're only giving me bits, and it's like, hang on, it will get cleared up. Meet Sheriff Ed Tom Bell properly in the flesh, played by Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, boy. Uh, He's been called, uh, what else has he done? I didn't take a look at the numbers we've done here with him, but we've done Fugitive. Yeah. We, I was going to say Captain America, but I was talking the Mickey. Um, we haven't done Lincoln yet. Nope. We've done a few things with them. I'm sure of it. Have we? 
Do you want me to see what he's been in? No, he's, he's, in, like, he's in, like, have. Under Siege. <laughs> we ain't done that. We haven't done that. Take a look. Um, yes, Marshalls. I haven't done that. No. He's got oh, a lot. Men in Black. Oh, that's it. I think that's it. But Is yeah. that it? Oh, yeah. He's... Um, he's got a lovely rapport with his wife because he wants to borrow her, her, her horse. And then Winston, we, isn't it? Yeah. And then we see him with his uh, deputy named Wendell. And Wendell's this little guy who's full of all of his piss and vinegar and energy. I like, Wendell. He's I like, like Wendell. Oh, gee, Sheriff. Oh, no. <laughs> and meanwhile, he's like, meanwhile, like Tommy Lee Jones doing like a quarter of the work. Yeah. But like figuring everything out. Yeah. And so he goes, hey, look at that. Look at that car. Would you say it's a 77 Ford? He goes, oh, I don't know about that, Sheriff. He goes, I'm certain of it. And he basically goes, Here, here's as far as I can see what's happened here. And he lays out exactly what, what's happened. Mm. I think that the guy who killed the deputy in that other county, he's come here, he's done this, he's switched cars, he's burned this one, he's somewhere else now, and I bet you he's tied to this thing. And so the sheriffs then ride up and they get on their horses out to the scene of the crime. And this is where I got my notes. Let's talk about the genre now. So we're at a Western, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what do we expect of Westerns? We expect there's going to be a black hat villain. Mm-hmm. And a white hat hero. Yep. He doesn't wear a hat, but we have a guy who's dressed all in black. We have a guy who's dressed all in white. So what that does for us is goes, okay, I'm expecting this to follow the rules of a conventional Western. But it doesn't. Okay, spoiler. But <laughs> it sets you up to think it will. It's not a spoiler. It's just it doesn't. It's weird. Well, I, I think it's a spoiler because at this point we don't know that it doesn't do it yet. At this point in the movie, you don't know that it hasn't followed through on what it's suggesting. Do you think the story sets you up to make you want to root for the guy in white? Yes. Oh, yeah. Do you still root for the guy in white? Yes. It yes. follows those conventions. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the one lone cowboy with his Marlboro Man mustache and his, you know, pretty wife who's like, what are you doing? He goes, I'll take care of you, baby. Yeah, I think it it's does. Like if you watch, it's like if you watch a rom-com and you're like, oh, these two are... Like they're having their little like quarrel in here. Oh, they've got that that connection, and then by the end of it, it's you, they La La Land. There we go. It's like La La Land. You think it's going to follow a convention? Do Does I th- until? Do I think he's morally even corrupt more than the heroes usually would be? Yeah, yeah, I do. I think I, I think it's a twist. Yeah, I do. But I, I'm still rooting for him because I've seen the other side. Me too. So as a result, I'm expecting to act like a western. Uh-huh. I got a white hat. I got a black hat. Mm-hmm. So one of my expectations, the white hat's going to get the girl. Uh, the black hat's going to end up losing. There's probably going to be a final showdown. Wah, 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 right? Wah, wah, yeah. It's going to be a final showdown at the very least. And even if he doesn't win, there's going to be a final showdown. That's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the lawman will get his last collar before he hangs him up. Mm-hmm. That's my expectation. Yep. And it puts it in there and it lets me sit on that for a while. For a while. <laughs> Um, it's and, very clever though because it does hint throughout that that's not going to be the case it both hints that it will and hints that it doesn't yeah yeah. I think it, it sets lo- up lots of things in its sto- the story makes you think it's going to follow through but the execution of how the film is made yes yes tells you because no, right at the start no, if no. you're paying attention why have they both said hold still yeah mm-hmm. why are you showing me that they're the same kind of yeah Stay it's away. almost like there's a coin flip and the penny's in the air it's, four, it's, a, it's a quarter Nah, maybe, maybe. It's a lucky order. Yeah, well, there's lots of different coins used throughout. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's a film about money. <laughs> um, we'll talk about money later. We will. <laughs> Bell recognizes the truck at the ridge as Moss's, and he said, "This is all about money." He said, "It's all about money and stolen money," and it shows us Bell's right. 
Mm-hmm. Bell's right about everything. He's like, yeah, I bet. He says, it's, it, it, he said, maybe it's not about money, Sheriff. He said, maybe not. He says, you don't believe that. And he goes, no, I don't. <laughs> what Bell was talking about at the beginning in that um, over montage bit, he talks. His first voiceover. Yeah, voiceover. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, he's saying about how he learned from the old guys and how he respects the old guys. Yep. He's now one of the old guys. Yeah, yeah. and the young seen, guy's learning from him. He didn't see that to start with. I think he's now starting to realize with the young guy, he yep. is the old guy. And he's wondering, well, the, what the old guys have done in my situation? Yeah, and that's yeah, the part he's trying to reconcile, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tell you what, I should have, I did about about another half an hour on from this. I should have put the subtitles on earlier because the sheriff, I really struggled with his voice to actually understand my, what he was saying stu- a lot of Some of, of my time. students do. Yeah. Uh, he put it on a little bit more though didn't he in this. oh this is not his natural voice no he's putting something on yeah yeah uh man in black goes to the moss house man in black <laughs> he gains entry with his tank and then uh because he uses the and it blows out the lock and he looks at the phone bill and he sits down with a bottle of milk which is really kind of intimate you know when people like it is. they say when robbers like eat your food and stuff like that that's the worst mm. Um, and the TV screen where he sees is like reflection yep. and the window. Yep. I was expecting something to happen there, but it didn't. Nope. And he just stares ahead. And then he approaches trailer park management. There's this big woman behind the uh, She's good, isn't she? thing. And he goes, I'm looking for Luella Moss. She goes, you tried his trailer? He goes, would you like to leave a message? And he goes, yeah, where does he, where does he work? She goes, I'm not at liberty to give out information on our residents. And he goes, where does he work? And she goes, are you deaf? <laughs> I'm thinking, please shut up. And like, he's going to kill her. And yeah. then he hears like a toilet. And for some reason, this seems to, f- this feels a bit inconsistent with his character because he's scared off by this. It does. But then again, is that another witness? So walk away. Don't draw attention. You I haven't passed at that point yet, I guess. I thought he thought that might have been Llewellyn and he goes to investigate it. Oh, no, 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 no. I just think he, he just was, thought he was alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, riding on the bus, Carla Jean says to to um, Llewellyn, "I got a bad feeling about this," and she says, "Are you coming back?" And he goes, "I don't. I got to go to work at Walmart." He goes, "You are retired, Carla Jean. <laughs> that is what you are now." Back to the Moss trailer, and Bell and the deputy go in, and just as he's about to go in, um, Moss go. Not Moss. Bell goes. The sheriff goes. Oh look, he's blown blown the lock out, and deputy goes, "Should we go in?" Guns up. And he said, yeah, I think we should do that. And he said, where's yours? And he goes, I'm hiding behind you. <laughs> He's funny. He He's does. great. He's yeah. one of the old people. They realize they've just missed him because the young guy's going around. And he's like, yeah, I think I like, we probably just missed I him. I like what he says. The milk is sweat. Yeah, it's just it's still got a sweat on it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And the deputy, he's like, oh, we should, we, should, we should call this in. And he goes, all right, we'll call it in. We're looking for a man who's recently drunk milk. And the fact that he drinks it himself... And then he drinks the milk himself. So they're both sharing the milk. And then we get the same shot of him looking, looking at the TV, the TV screen reflected back at him. And again, we're going, why are you mirroring these two? Do you think the man in black is trying to figure out what, trying to get into the psyche of Morris, did you say his name was? No, because the, the man in black's doing everything first. No, Moss, Llewellyn Moss, Moss. Llewellyn Moss, yeah, yeah. Because he lives there. Is yeah. he trying to just sit there and just think, right? I think, just think, I think he's just thinking. Oh, okay. Yeah. I but, think but yeah, there's a lot of mirroring between all yeah. three characters. Isn't there? And, and if you're not careful, like you could miss this really easily. 
Yeah. I think the one where you look into a TV screen is probably the, the, the hardest one to miss. Yeah. And because the, and the milk it's, as well. That's quite well, it's, the whole, it's, it's two the things whole, at once. Yeah, scene, yeah. Yeah. I think that's the, that's probably the hardest one to overlook, but you could easily overlook hold still. There's a bunch more you could easily overlook. Yeah, yeah, but when yeah. you notice there's a pattern, you're like, Oh, okay. Now why? Because mm. anybody can notice there's a pattern. Why? That's the question. To show contemporaries? Why? <laughs> you're still just showing me that there's a feature. I'm going, but what's the significance of it? Because maybe other people he's come up across, he's, he's not, it's not the first time. I think, I think it's bigger than him. Yeah. It's bigger than him. But that's that at the end. Okay. Um, where are we at here? Um, we, oh, we did already. Uh, Moss goes look, to yeah. the motel. He's by himself. And he stashes some money in a vent above the room. And he, <laughs> he uses a knife. Which uh, I, I think is the original magic doohickey, because it's like I got a knife and I'm gonna use it as a uh, as a screwdriver. Most people use knives as a screwdriver. Yeah, uh, the Swiss Army knife. I mean, knives would be a thing that people would have back home. You couldn't have it in this back country. In the 80s, you would have done. What here? Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. You could. I had, do, a pen, you... I had a I had a little um, legally. Like, yeah, well. people could totally. Yeah, that's what I was assuming when Liam said that because back home it is legal. It's, it's it is still legal to carry a blade that is under three inches that does not lock. Okay. You have to have reason for carrying it, but it is still legal. Right. I have to know that for work. Yeah, mine was five inches and that locked. <laughs> but it's like people have knives and it's, but it I mean, this country's gotten very hardcore. No sharps, no, yeah, no guns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a kid, we all had knives. Yeah. Um, but that weren't, I think, you know, back then, you like 60s, 70s and 80s, you would kids. I think most men would would, would have had knives. Would, would have had a knife, yeah. yeah there weren't, it weren't ever anything malicious. It was just something to... No, well, shut. It's just a tool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so there we are. Uh, he pushes the uh, money out of sight through looking down the vent. Handy vent is handy. Yeah, it's got a nice little right angle to it. I and thought John McClane was going to come out. Sugar goes, why don't you get some money? We'll have a few laughs. <laughs> Sugar goes to the phone book, calling uh, sort of the phone bill, calling everybody who's there and thinks he's tracked something down. Uh, meanwhile, then uh, Sugar goes, then Sugar um, Moss goes and buys some sporting goods. And I wish Ethan was here because I was going to talk about this. The guy who uh, Ethan's gone for a, a, a walk somewhere, I don't know where. He didn't even say goodbye. Did he, he didn't even say goodbye. He might have gone to get some water. Happy two hundred. Um, <laughs> aqua. Agua. 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 Uh, I only mention this because the guy used here was on a famous bit on uh, This Week Tonight for the catheter cowboy. <laughs> so uh, they dressed him up in a cowboy suit and had him say negative things about smoking in hopes that President Donald, they put it like, they literally put the advert on like Trump's favorite shows. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> so they were hoping they could catch him watching it in the Washington, <laughs> D.C. region. <laughs> That's cool. Quite funny. Um, but the guy, I like the guy selling the sporting goods was great. Uh, Moss calls an audible on where he should go for his motel because something spooks him as he drives up. And we get a car shot of Shigur also headed to Del Rio, which is where we know Moss is located. Yeah. And he tries to shoot a bird. And he doesn't. Yeah. No, just kind of pings it. Um, the next day, Wendell and the, the sheriff talk about why there isn't a bullet in the dead body from the start of the film. Meanwhile, Moss is looking for tent poles. And he goes, what kind of tent is the most poles? And he goes, well, I can order you in some poles if you need some, uh, if you need poles. He goes, you know what? I've changed my mind. I want a tent. What kind of tent? The one with the most poles. (laughs) (laughs) And he saws off the end of his shotgun and orders a second motel room. And he gets on the map. What is the... uh, Sawn off shotguns. 
Yep. I've heard a lot since I was a kid onwards. I know, think it's something about you can't thing. identify the gun from a sawed-off shotgun. Is it to the hide ballistic- and conceal, or does it spread more? Does I it- think it doesn't give you the ballistics that you would get on a full-range shotgun. Oh, okay. Because you can match a gun, a bullet to a gun, based on the ballistics for what it does to the gun, the bullet as it travels through the barrel. So I think sawing off the end removes that. Now, I could be 100% wrong. Save that question for Hermes. I bet you he can answer it. Yeah, I just thought by sawing it off, I thought that maybe that spreads wider, whereas more a longer barrel is more aimed, where a shorter barrel is more spread. But it's still one. It's, it's a solid bullet. It's not buckshot. Well, no, it kind of just... So one bullet can't expand. It's still one bullet. Mm, so why, when they shoot then, does everything has like three or four or five different bits... Ask Hermes. Maybe he'll have an answer for this. Oh, I don't okay. know the answer to that, but I just, I just, I'm going to go yep. what I think. That's all. I just uh, wondered if it was like the old days where you put like just buckshot in it. Then, then I see your point. Yeah, because it will travel down one location for more consistent, which would theoretically keep it straighter. Yeah. According to Wikipedia, it's due to uh, more power in its compact to, to hide, but also uh, an effective uh, lower muzzle velocity. So. More, more damage, and I guess somewhat quieter, but easier to hide. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Um, we'll ask Hermes. Yes, he he seems more knowledgeable than me. Just quickly looking for an answer. Uh, where are we at here? Uh, so we were in the second motel room, and the woman's like, "But you've already got a room." He goes, "Yeah, you want a different room?" He goes, "Nope, I want that room, and I want another room." He goes, "I want that room right there." You have the one right next to it. Nope, I want that one. Just. Well, it's got two beds. <laughs> I don't care what I sleep in. <laughs> um, Shiger, uh Sorry, no, that's not it. Uh, Man in Black then gets a hit on the case as he's driving by the motel in Del Rio. Uh, and he pulls in the same hotel as Moss and he figures out which room it's in. And we cut to Moss, who's cutting up coat hangers. We cut to Shiger, who's looking at the motel map, getting a room. So these two things are happening simultaneously. Sugar practices entering the room in the light and the dark and looks at the layout of the room and where everything's going to be. Um, and then uh, the man in black approaches the room only in sock feet. Mm. White socks, which if you looked earlier, was all that Moss said when he was buying sporting it's goods. Do yeah. you carry I things? Yeah, socks. just white ones. That's all I wear. And the man in black's also the only bit of white he wears are his socks. And why does he leave DNA behind later on? Like it's nineteen eighty. Mm. That's why mm. you can't you can't do a test. It doesn't exist. Okay. Yeah. DNA doesn't exist in nineteen eighty. The first day of DNA arrests happened in the late eighties. Does it? Yep. Oh, okay. Must have been in his infancy. Well, before infancy. <laughs> I don't know. Also known as not existing yet. Yeah, but then Sherlock Holmes start like DNA and DNA, like, like fingerprints is one thing, but this isn't fingerprints. You're looking for actually the ability to find out DNA from, from sweat, like hair, or sweat, or yeah, yeah. That's like late eighties in its earliest, late eighties, okay. early nineties. Okay, um, it seemed odd to leave stuff. It does because from everything we're like, that's, that's evidence. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He would have been caught a lot quicker in today's day and age. <laughs> Um, Lock, stock, and barrel. So, um, Man in Black approaches, and we see Moss is not ready for him. Moss is by the... He's trying to pull out the uh, the case. And he... Oh, the Man in Black then opens the door, and we're expecting him to see Moss, but he doesn't. It's a bunch of Mexicans in the room. Now, are these bad Mexicans? And he, Yep. And he shoots them. 
And then he goes to the bathroom. He asks, how'd you find it? And he doesn't find out. And so he, sh- he closes the curtain. And shoots him. And he shoots the last guy. Takes off his socks. Throws them in the... Uh, why in the bathroom with the dead bodies because he can't be caught because DNA doesn't exist yet <laughs> it just seems odd and because he doesn't want to be walking in bloody socks yeah because he has a thing with blood and meanwhile we see Moss uh, getting told out by someone for hitchhiking yeah Georgia I have a question about the Mexicans in the room yep because is that not the room that Llewellyn also do you remember Llewellyn drove by and got spooked oh is that them arriving well, he, he something wasn't right to him, so he thought they'd be waiting for him. Right. So he's put the money in the vent yeah. so he can get a, a room that also accesses yeah, yeah, that yeah. same vent and pull the money out. So the first room's a yeah. decoy. So do they know he that's his room? He's, the Mexicans? Yeah. Yes, they're waiting for him. So why, is, why are they having showers and getting... Because they're, they're waiting hiding. for him. He wasn't yeah. having a shower. He was just hiding in the shower. He was hiding in the shower once, once everything started. Well, one guy... I'm pretty. Well, well, he wasn't naked. He was fully dressed in the shower. Yeah. yeah no, 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 not him. The, this the guy... isn't Pete from. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I just they seemed a bit too laid back to. Because uh... you're waiting for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. Yeah. So you you let your guard down for a moment. You go and you you you, you drop a deuce or you check out your <laughs> or you oh, man, I'm something. You know what I mean? Like you just they're yeah. just sitting there because they're just waiting. Yeah. They're not expecting Anton uh, the Man in Black to walk through it. No, that'd been a bit of a shock. So meanwhile, uh, the man in black then checks uh, the drawers, checks under the bed, and then he checks the vent to show. But he, he, he'll figure it out, but he can see, can see, see from his perspective, the, yeah. the, the drag, drag, lines. drag lines. And he does it with a coin. Yeah. Um, he opens the vent with a coin. Meanwhile, we then cut to an office building, and we meet a cowboy in a gray suit. He's a bit not black, not white, bit of both. somewhere in the middle. Yeah. And he's charming, and he's funny. I bet he'd be great in a bar. Street worthy, and I tell you what, he'd be good because he knows everybody's name. Yeah, it's Carson Wells, played by Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson himself. I love, I love Woody Harrelson. I think it's our second thing behind three billboards. Yeah, we've done. Oh, and we also meet the man in charge, played by Stephen Root. Stephen he's Root, the guy who's in Barry. Is he? Yeah, oh. he, he's the he's the uh, handler guy. Do you know what else we've seen him in, Ethan? No. He's in Get Out. Get Out. Get he's, Out. He's, he's the artist who needs new eyes. Oh. Yeah. Um, so we're asked, uh, can, he, can he identify Anton Chigurh by sight? And the, the, the guy asks, how dangerous is he? And the question says, compared to what? The bubonic plague? <laughs> and we have a smooth-talking cowboy, and he's in gray. And he, as he's leaving... So we find out his job now is to contain Anton Sugar. To kill him, right? He's an assassin yeah. taking out an assassin. Yep. But who hired the black assassin? Same guy. But he's but gone rogue. He's so gone rogue. They've, they, they, they've lost control of him. So, because Carson know who he is, yep. and he knows who Carson is, right? Uh, they know each other. He knows him, and we find out later that Sugar knows Carson back, yes. But in that line of work, they know who's who. I guess they've gone to a conference or something. Yeah. <laughs> a convention. They, went both went, they were on the same table at the work Christmas meal. They're yeah. at that John Wick hotel where everyone seems to know everyone I and sat, respect each I other. I sat on a seminar about taking your socks off and why it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's there that I was told that DNA sampling is, is anywhere near its peak yet. We've still got another five years. <laughs> so um, 
And he, on his way out, he asks the, the the man in charge. He goes, "You know, I counted the the floors from the street. There's one missing." And he goes, "Yeah, we'll look into that." What does he mean by that? So why? So he let's let's say for instance, he goes, he counts twenty floors from the street. Yep. But on the elevator, there's nineteen. Uh, a secret so, floor. There's a secret floor. What are you doing uh, on the secret floor? Okay. Drugs. Drugs. Yeah. You're making drugs. And That's that, what I assumed. That's your cover for it. So you're actually doing the middle of the. Whatever you're, you're, yeah, yeah. you're processing your hair. Most people aren't yeah. observant enough to count the nope. floors. Yeah. yeah, I realized. He asks him if he could recognize Chagur by sight, doesn't he? And Later he says, on, yes. he speaks to Llewellyn and says, You've seen him and you're still alive. Yep. Like, in fact, obviously. Yeah. Not many people can do that. Um, in the motel, um, so he goes to a hotel, sorry, and he asks the guy behind the, t- the, 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 the desk, Are you here all night? He goes, yeah, I'm here all night. He goes, look, I'll give me some extra money. He looks, look, I just want you to phone my room if anybody checks in. Any swinger. <laughs> he goes, by any, I mean, I mean, any swinging dick. Any swinging dick, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Llewellyn then gets into his room, and again, he can't sleep. And we hear the sound of wind. Again, look, you're thinking all this money, you're thinking someone's fucking, yep. why would you, oh. We hear all this wind blowing around. And then he finally, he goes, there's no way. There's no way he would have found me. So he looks through, and finally he realizes, maybe I should inspect the money. <laughs> and he finds a transponder. Here's my, if there's a big issue I have with this film, it's this. Why? I would have put wonder. this in a duffel bag or right? some other thing and found the transponder It's not half an hour into this movie. recognizable as the same bag that they're looking for. Why yeah. on earth do you keep it in the same yeah. bag? And also, if you have done this and you've come across this and they've cut bits of money out and put the transponder in there why did you not just toss this out of the window so some mug would come along pick it up and go oh look what i found because it's flashing i think llewellyn sussed that it's active and that someone know like it's it's not flashing to say it's on it's flashing to say it's currently communicating well i would have thrown that out a window and i'd have hightailed out of there if you found it half hour sooner absolutely yeah absolutely um so instead um, he finds it. Also, they cheap out with it. It's like a the thing that catches his attention was a, was a one dollar bill. Mm. If they wrap it in all hundred dollar bills, he might not ever find it. Yeah. Um. So Moss phones the front desk, and we can hear it ringing from our perspective, and yeah, no one's yeah, answering it. No. He grabs the shotgun and waits, and turns off his bedside lamp. We see feet approach the door. Moss cocks the gun. The lock is then. Oh, then the, the feet leave, put, turn the lights off, then come back. The lock is pushed out, hits him in the chest, but he shoots back. Moss climbs Again, out the... Did you w- see when he shoots back, it spreads. It leaves a... Sort of in the door. You're not wrong. You're not wrong there. And that's why I thought that's why that, that was a short... I just don't know how a bullet turns in the buckshot. Well, he, that's puts, all. he put um, different shotgun... He puts shotgun shells in his gun, doesn't he? Um, earlier in the... In the film, when he's doing his when he's doing his temp pole bit, and when he takes the knife off, he p- fills it with shotgun shells, the red ones with like the black ends. Oh, so maybe he's creating buckshot. Then. So I think he is. Oh, okay, sorry, there I've, is. I've just twigged to that because I remember watching that and being like, "What's it? What's he doing?" And then I've just re- realized what that was. Mm. Um. So thankfully, he's got like a a little mini roof by his window, and he kind of roll off that down to the ground. But he's getting shot at the whole time. 
Um, Moss has been hit. He's got a wound in his side. He runs back into the yeah. uh, into the hotel. And if you want to find out if these guys are dog people or cat people, the Coens are definitely <laughs> cat people because the yeah. cats just Hell eat yeah. milk. Yeah, there's, there's no dead cats in this movie. No, no. I'm, I, w- I would argue they're definitely cat people for a scene near the end as well. And <laughs> um, why go back into the building? I don't know unless it's the only way to access the street. It seems like a really weird one. It seemed weird. I think it's the audience sees that the, the clerk is dead. Oh, okay. I think that's why. And again, why would he think, oh, he's gone through the building to the back door? Maybe it's to show us that that, that Shigur's not a cat killer? Isn't this hotel... So he's got a code? Bit odd. The hotel isn't... At least how I envisioned it. The desk is, like, here, and he goes round the desk, and then there's a set of stairs up to some rooms, um, and the rest of the hotel's kind of behind it. So I imagine it probably is the way in and out. I would I be going back outside. I wouldn't be going back in for anything. But I don't know why he's back in. No, no. That's, that's the question we're asking: is why does he go back oh, in? Oh, sorry. So, um, uh, if anything, he'd become running down the stairs to follow him. Yep. Moss grabs a uh, Moss grabs stops the car in traffic and gets in. And says, "Look, I'm not going to hurt you." <laughs> the guy's instantly shot through the throat. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> is he shot twice? Or twice, yeah, twice. Yeah. Because the the way the film. Where it's filmed, it looks like he gets shot from once from the front and once from the back. It's not; it's just how the camera angles yeah. go. But it, it confused me. It was like, through the throat and then people? and then through the forehead. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so uh, Moss then grabs the truck and drives in the passenger seat, crashes it, drives it towards the gunshots before crashing into another truck. Shigur approaches, but Moss gets the upper hand and shoots him, and then Shigur bails and leaves his weapon behind. And good on him not following him down the alley. Yeah, he realized that. at that point I've lost my... Yeah. And he's wounded. Yeah. Significantly, yeah. Does he make another gun or find another gun or buy another gun? Because he has the exact same looking weapon again later on in the film. I assume he's able to... Isn't it the gun that he got off that guy that was under the tree? No, no, no. We're talking about Sugar. Because oh. Sugar drops his weapon here. Yeah. Oh, but he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He must make another version of it. He must make another version. Yeah. That Luan seems to be his MO, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, and so it just it it just kind of made me go of he, all of all the details. He got, the, the, the con- he got a few at the convention he met. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say if I'm like Anton Chigurh, like international assassin, I, I would probably have like a couple just to like like you bring a couple extra socks with you on holiday just to be safe. A couple extra silent shotguns. Um, so let's meet Anton Chigurh finally, played by Javier Javier Bardem. He's the guy who was. 006 or something, wasn't he? He's in Skyfall. He's, Skyfall. The, he's the other yeah. one. He's yeah. the other one who's gone rogue. Yeah. The one with the teeth. Yeah. Silva. What? Silva's his name. Oh, is his name? S-I-L-V-A. I liked him. Yeah, he's great. Um, yeah, I teach that at GCSE, so I teach both of those at the same time as well. <laughs> isn't it? Um, well, at least I did. Uh, scheduling conflicts almost made this a no-go. Oh, no. And we know who the backup is. The backup would have been Mark Strong. Oh, I love Ooh. that guy. He's a good villain. But, He's a good villain, but uh, yeah. 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 I, yeah. Know, I know what you're saying. I wouldn't. I do like Mark Strong, but I don't think he'd work in this movie. There's a... Because also Mark Strong's British, right? Yeah, very mm. British. There's, you know, he, uh, Anton Chigurh's kind of Mediterranean, ambiguous, yeah, 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 yeah. where's he from yeah. kind of element kind of makes him a bit more of a horror monster. Yeah, 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 as opposed to he's just another English bad guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, when directors John Ethan Cohen approached him, he said, "I don't drive. I speak bad English, and I hate violence." And the Cohens responded, "That's why we called you." 
<laughs> Bardem said he took the role because he had a dream to be in a Coen Brothers film. Uh, according to a January 2018 article in Business Insider, a group of psychiatrists studied 400 movies and identified 126 psychopathic characters. They chose Javier Bardem's portrayal of Anton Chigurh as the most clinically accurate portrayal of a psychopath. Wow. He doesn't show any emotion, does he? Directors Joel and Ethan Cohen used a photo of a brothel patron taken in 1979 as a model for Anton Chigurh's hairstyle. When he first saw his new haircut, Bardem said, oh, no, now I won't get laid for the next two months. <laughs> the Coens responded by happily high-fiving each other. Bardem's response meant Chigurh would look as creepy as they had hoped. He kind of got that, um, is his name Adam Driver? Yes, I think Georgia sent me a message that said something about if Adam Driver and Snape had a love child. Yeah, it's got that. It's, it's that it. long face. She's nodding. She's disappeared. <laughs> Everyone's having a turn, just taking five minutes off. Um, we go to the Mexican border, and Moss pays some frat boys $500 for a beer and a coat. Buying the coat at first, and when he asks for the beer, the other guy says, how much? And the guy said, just give him the beer. I wouldn't even, <laughs> I wouldn't even, if I saw some guy that bloodied, yeah, no way would I be exchanging words. Not hundred dollars though. Oh, jeez, no way. I don't know what you're doing, Georgia, but you can't just pull more. It's got to be a uh... <laughs> keep on pulling, pulling. I was purposely being gentle so that I didn't like All make right. noise and cross wires and things. Don't cross the street. Are you going to sit in the comfy chair? Is that what's happening? I am. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling really quite poorly. So, um, Moss ditches the money by throwing it over a fence, and he then pukes. So, if you're playing is the this... game of who feels worse, Georgia, I think Moss beats you. <laughs> this is border um, uh, Mexico and America border, isn't it? Yeah. Right. Technically, he's still in Mexico, right? When? Before he gets to the border. Which part? The, now. There's there's a stretch which it's in between. It's no man's land. Yeah. So the bag is in no man's land. Yeah. Yes. It's not in the U.S. It's not in Mexico. So that shouldn't be easy to get hold of, should it? Because you're going around the border as such. Not so, theoretically, though. You're not really in trouble until you go to cross the American side of it. Yeah, but he needs to go to the other side of it to get down, doesn't he? Depending Otherwise, on how you can, he'll have to go across the water to get Depending on how you can access it, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, the access didn't look easy. No. But he needs to put it somewhere where he's not carrying it, because he's about to pass out. Yeah, I know, but he made it look easy getting the boat. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, uh, do you... Go ahead. I was just going to say, do you, did you want a beverage? Uh, I'm all... I'm trying to think. I don't have much. Oh, Okay. No, I might have a cerveza, but I'm not paying 500 bucks for it. Oh, do you know what? I, I, I nearly <laughs> bought like load of Coke, and yeah. I totally forgot because I was running a bit late. I, I do appreciate how clever Llewellyn is here, though, with the with by getting the beer as well. Well, he needs to justify why he's staggering across so, the yeah, border. Being a drunk, yeah. doesn't he? So he figures the Mexican guy, the American guy won't bother me because I'm an American. The Mexican guy, though, if I go across just looking like I'm a drunk guy they'll be like that because he's getting the mexico than america is the stereotype he covers up most so, of his wounds with the jacket the and jacket, then holds yeah. the beer to make him look drunk it's yep. really it's very it's clever. very clever mm. um but only last so long though before the blood seeps through there wouldn't yeah the next morning there's a mariachi band who wakes him up and they stop playing <laughs> once they see how badly he's injured it's like coco <laughs> I, I did go hang yeah. on a second to be watching Koke. He asked he asked for Medico and hands him over literal blood money. Yeah, he yeah. also hands over blood money to the uh, kid for the uh, for the coat. 
Shiger, meanwhile, is out of a chemist with coat hangers and cotton balls and part of a shirt sleeve. Oh, I knew this was going to happen. He lights the shirt on fire after dipping it into the uh, gas tank, and that goes, creates a, a fire trail and turns the car into a literal car bomb. Yeah. Yep. And no one's looking at him. And it blows stuff. out the windows of the chemist. Everybody's looking at the fire, and it just is the ultimate misdirection. And they all go check that out. In the melee, he steals the necessary provisions and then has a sequence where he takes care of his wound in the bathtub and sews up the wound naked sitting on the toilet. It's almost like Ouch. Terminator. Yeah, I couldn't watch this. He reminds <laughs> me of Terminator in this because A, he shows no emotions. He drags himself when he's wounded and he's repairing himself. Back to Sheriff do, do, Bell. Do, do, do. He's decided he's going to go to uh, Odessa to see Carla Jean, but first has to secure the load for someone taking bodies back. They're the bodies that are... Yeah, yeah. This is like the ultimate misdirect, isn't it? You think he's going to be like, oh, shit, you're carrying bodies. What the fuck? And he's just like, and he's like just, told nah, just, secure man, load. just secure your load. But this is like, this is the sheriff work he's used to. It's yeah, this yeah. stuff. He knows these people, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, meanwhile... Um, Moss wakes up, Llewellyn, in the hospital, and he sees Carson Wells. And he tells him to relax. I'm not the man you're looking for. And he goes, I know. I've seen him. Is Carson Wells a name from something else as well? Because I just recognize it. Don't know it. Oh, okay. Uh, Wells says, Shigur will find you. And he goes, yeah, well, good luck to him. And he goes, I found you in about three hours. Three hours. I like how he brought him flowers, though. Yep. <laughs> and then Moss goes, I, stole, I spent all the money on, on whiskey and women. Two million dollars in 1980. Yeah, no, you didn't. <laughs> didn't you say whiskey and whores? <laughs> yeah, I was cleaning up a bit. No, I know, but why say that? Don't know. Uh, if I tell you, right, you'll stop. I'm... You'll stop looking for me. He's like, that's not the way this guy works. No. He goes. Moreover, he says, "How do you know he's not headed to Odessa?" And he just sort of gets a bit steely in his gaze and goes, "Why would he go there?" <laughs> he goes, "Kill your wife." He goes, yeah, well, uh, he's going to have me to deal with instead. And he goes, it's not the way way it works. He said, I'm going to let you keep some of the money if you give me the money. And he goes, no, no. So so Carson's trying to get his double deal. He's trying to get Mm -hmm. the money and then still kill Sugar and get paid for killing Sugar. I don't don't hate Carson. No, you're not supposed to. I like him. Yeah. He's the more palatable version of this. Yeah, yeah. Because you can reason with Carson. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I like Woody Harrelson. So. And he says, look, I'm staying at the Eagle Motel Hotel, which I didn't clock was the same hotel same that he hotel. was at last night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so there's that. In Odessa, Carla Jean talks to Sheriff Bell, and he tries to go. Look, Llewellyn's punching above his weight. He is. Yeah. Uh, they talk about how they slaughter cattle and about what an air gun is. So he's kind of, through a meandering old man way, stumbled upon the answer. <laughs> Why are you telling me this? <laughs> I don't know. The mind wanders. <laughs> Meanwhile, Carson susses out where Moss has hid the money. Took him like two seconds. Yeah. Like, you are not as clever as you think, Llewellyn Moss. No. Meanwhile, Carson's hotel, he comes up the stairs, and from behind, you see Shigur. Oh, he doesn't see him. him. He feels him, doesn't he? He, and he turns senses. around, and Shigur smiles <laughs> and goes, let's go to your room. <sighs> And they sit down and he goes, you don't have to do this. I'm a day trader. I can make it worth your while. And he goes, I know where the satchel is. And Sugar goes, I know something better. I know where it's going to be. He goes, where's it going to be? He goes, it'll be placed at my feet. Mm. And he goes, you have any idea how crazy you are? And he, uh, Sugar goes, what, you mean the nature of this conversation? And Carson goes, I mean the nature of you. <laughs> and the phone rings. Uh, he tries to bribe him. None of that works. Which is funny because he just told he just told um, 
Although it literally, he just said, "Don't try and do any of this stuff." No, and now he's doing it to Moss, he knows but it's the, only, the it's, it's, it. it's the only thing you can do. Yeah, and he just goes, "You should accept your situation. There'd be more dignity in it." Yeah, and the phone rings. He goes, "Go ahead." And he shoots him, bastard. <laughs> and then he picks up the phone. He lost me here. No, because this is great. He killed Woody Harrelson. Yeah, but do you know why this is great? No. <laughs> <laughs> pissed me off yes that's the and, point, that's point. And, and that's you what, haven't had that much no, time with no, Woody Harrison. that's why it's great because <laughs> storytelling tells you you add a character here he's going to be more important than this he's going to be important he's going to be and he's not they're going oh are you making an assumption about how stories are told <laughs> not gonna happen from here on in I want Josh Brolin you know clicking his fingers I want him I want him to evaporate and go uh <laughs> So where are we at here? Uh, How dare you try and confine by the standards and tropes of regular film? He's just answered the phone to... uh, Yes. So we hear Llewellyn go, is Carson Wells there? He goes, (laughs) not in the way you mean. (laughs) (laughs) He is there. It's not funny. Oh, it's great. (laughs) Shigur tells Moss where he's going and says, look, I'll make you a deal. You give me the money and I'll let her go. You can't save yourself but I won't kill her. Bullshit. I don't think he would. I 100% think he would. Do you? Yeah. Oh. He's got absolute principles. Oh, he's a psychopath. He's not a liar. Point that he's not a liar. He's here. not a liar. No, no. There's no way he I'm kills her. I'll ask you her. a question later on then. Okay. It's fine. Because... I like questions. I know, but I... Uh, yeah, go on. Uh, Moss refuses. Like, I have something special for you. I'm running. He hangs up on him. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, back at Border Patrol, Moss tries to get back into America, and the border guy is perfect. He's brilliant. He's brilliant. Who do you think gets into this country? Well, I'm guessing Americans. That's he, right, Americans. But who? which Americans? He's the Amer- like a drill sergeant. The Americans that you say, that's right. <laughs> How would you serve? Are you jerking me around, boy? No, I'm not. It feels like, you know, I'm not. <laughs> so, I served in Vietnam. Two thoughts. Well, come on in, my friend. Goes, get someone to help this man. He's a veteran. <laughs> He's a veteran. <laughs> so, um, Moss then uh, goes back into the same sporting goods store and says, you ever have anybody come in here and just uh, look, a, look a hospital overcoat? And he goes, no, sir, it's unusual. <laughs> I like this guy. He is great. Yeah. Um, so then uh, Moss also rescues the money and he phones Carla Jean and this feels he's like, look, get in a plane in El Paso. I'm going to put you on a plane. And this feels like we're going, okay, we're putting all our pieces in play for act three. Yeah. Mm. We've done act one. We've had the shootout in act two. Yeah. We've said that I'm going to come get you. No, I'm going to come get you. Now yeah. we're saying okay? the end. We're setting up the big finale. Here we go. And so back at the office, Anton Chigurh's just gone and hung out with Stephen Root for a bit and shoots him in the throat. And he says, he gave the Mexicans a transponder too. <laughs> and this guy who's an accountant basically goes, well, he thought there'd be two, two of you would be better. And he goes, no, you choose the one right tool. That's what you do. Yes, he's the right tool is the money. That's what and he goes, are you going to kill me? And he says, do you see me? Now, there's two ways you can read this because we don't get closure on this. No, you don't. He can say, do you see me? He's going to say, no, I don't see you. Good, didn't think so. Walk out. Yeah, I, that's how I see Or it. do you, <laughs> which is how I read it. But you could argue, do you see me? He obviously does see him. Yeah. And therefore, it's, it's going, therefore, I have to kill you. I'm killing every, anybody who saw yeah, me today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, every other <laughs> shot that we get where it's left ambiguous, though, there is a shot afterwards that confirms it, even if it's very, very, very subtle. There but is, the thing yeah. is, we get no, you get you no confirmation. You, you can't prove. For this one, exactly. Yeah. You can't prove or disprove whatever theory you have. 
The no, absence I'm... of something does not prove something. No, no, no. no, the, no, the, no, film, no. the film is yep. showing us that... The film's relatively consistent. Every other yep. time you get a... And this time you don't. The film's which, which... relatively consistent, but we just can't say. If it doesn't show us, it means it doesn't happen. No, no, I know it doesn't, but I'm just saying the, it feels like that is more accurate. Yep. I, I, I'm, I'm 100% with Liam. If you're on Liam's reading, I'm on Liam's reading. Yeah. I think he lets him go. Yeah, yeah. I do. Because mm. he's just the money. Mm-hmm. He had no, it, it wasn't his call. We go back to Carla Jean and her mother who are driving to El Paso. And Carla Jean's mother's great. She's brilliant. They have oh. made her look older than what she is, I think. Well, she's got cancer. Oh, yeah, she mentioned that, didn't she? Yeah. And she was like, the cancer. <laughs> yeah. And she's like kind of woman who just like talks nonstop to someone, no matter if he'd want to know or not. She yeah. reminds me of the lady that played the mother in... Estelle Getty. Is that her name? G- G- um, um, Golden Girls? Yeah. Yeah, it's Estelle Getty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how many people I know in El Paso? This many. <laughs> this she's holding many. up a zero. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and she's like, oh, mama. I said, no, no, no. And then we look at this, we get to be in the car with some Mexicans following them for a couple of minutes. And then some random, I've said farmer. I don't know what I mean by that. Some random Mexican guy gives sugar. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That's something different. Back up. She tells this Mexican <laughs> man who goes, oh, can I help you with your bag? She's like, finally, there's some, there's one last gentleman left in West Texas. <laughs> you don't see many Mexicans in suits. <laughs> you don't often see a Mexican in suit. <laughs> I'm not, not going to comment on the sartorial trends of various demographics of Texas in 1980, but no. it felt a bit, uh, it did a bit off color. Um, and so, but he goes, oh, where are you? Oh, I know El Paso. Where are you going? So basically everybody dies because Llewellyn, so Carla Jean's mom couldn't keep her mouth shut. Couldn't keep yeah. her mouth shut. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of not really funny. Uh, meanwhile, some random farmer gives Shigur advice about an airport. Cause his truck seems to have broken down legitimately. Mm. And, or he's just doing, he's, he's oh, I stole a truck mm. and now I need to swap him. And he mm, goes, more and he goes, where would you go? And the guy goes, oh, need to escape for the terror. I, I've been there. And he's like, what do you need? Airstrip or airport? Airport? Well, airport. I mean, oh, El Paso. And he brings up the airport. airport. He goes, or if you want, there's anywhere international, Dallas, but, you know. And he goes, can you take the uh, chicken crates out of the bed of the truck? He goes, well, why would I do that? And then we smash cut to him just like, and like like the color grading has gone like gray. And he's just (laughs) power washing the feathers out of the bed of the truck. Mm. Yeah. Powerful. Four uh, seconds. At the pool, we see Llewellyn Moss with his new shotgun. He's got himself a new yellow shirt, new cowboy hat. And this woman says, hey, Mr. Sporting Goods. <laughs> Are you a sport? And she goes, come on, come over here. I got beers in my room. Now, why does she do this? She's she's a good looking guy and wants to drink and have sex with him. Yeah, she's bored and she's <laughs> flirting. Yeah. I see, uh, yeah, I see that. But but they didn't I, have Netflix in 1980. No, I know. You I just know, do. You go straight but to the my head was You had going, free HBO. It's about it. No, but my head was going. <laughs> people are chasing you. Is she getting you to? I love walk this into an ambush. You know, I never, I've never considered this once. But I love really? the idea that Shagur's like, go flirt with him. It's <laughs> a totally valid no, thought. Never, I've never no, considered it. No, I don't mean like, him. I mean, I mean, like the Mexicans. Yeah. I, I I've never considered it. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. How, that's how I read it. No, but it's a to- it's totally valid. It could totally happen. Yeah, yeah. She just seemed over friendly. But he goes, he's a good looking guy. It's also Texas. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, he goes, uh, no, I'm just waiting for for for, for him and my wife. I'm married. And she's, oh, so that's what you're looking for. And he goes, yeah, 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 yeah I, I, I suppose. 
He said, that and, and what's coming. She goes, ah, but you won't see that. You can't see. You, you can't You can't stop what's coming or something like that. Something like, yeah. Yeah, that's what made me think. Oh. There's a mistake. Think I promised this. You did. So I posted in the group chat something about the idea about we're going to put out all the patrons and give them an opportunity to go into that. I said, and someone said something about whatever and said, spoilers. And I said, ah, you can't see what's coming. Uh, and someone mm-hmm. said, you can't stop what's coming. And I was like, yeah, yeah, it was, it was Richard. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I know. I was just, set, I was basically having a, myself an Ethan moment where I was trying to get myself out of it. Yeah. Going, going, no, what I mean is this. <laughs> and Richard, to his credit, did not call me out further. Good. And then I'm listening to last week's episode in the car. Yeah. And I say, you can't see what's coming. Oh, and I'm like, oh, I've made the mistake twice. All right. <laughs> I've got not a leg to stand on. I need to, I need to come clean this week on the pod. So there we go. Oh, well, well done. Well done, well done for coming clean. <laughs> Eventually. I, I did sort of try to get myself out of it. I went, yeah. See, Richard's a hard one. Richard's really, really a cinephile. He really knows the stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I get a little bit, uh, yeah. He picked up on it, but not many others did. Money others? Many. Oh, there we go. It was a <laughs> Freudian slip. Yeah. It was a Norfolkism. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I've said that. Um, she. So, meanwhile, while she, while Carla Jean's mom's telling um, everything that's happening. Oh, I forgot to mention this. Carla Jean has phoned Sheriff Bell and told him that he's in El Paso. Can you come see him in El Paso? Yeah. That's important. And he, and he promised that he'll be okay. I, yeah. won't, I won't do any harm. Yeah. Uh, back to the pool. I got beers in my room. You won't see what's coming. She goes, oh, I know what beer leads to. She goes, no, I've been there. I stressed out here. You can stay married. He goes, no, I know what beer leads to. She goes, beer leads. She hits the B in beer harder than any woman ever. Beer, beer leads beer. to more beer. <laughs> and he smiles and we dissolve. Sorry, we don't dissolve that. We, 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 fade, we, we fade to black. Yeah. And we've had no fades no, this weird. whole movie. <laughs> and then we, we, we come to. And we're with Sheriff Bell, but we're in El Paso. And I'm like, wait, what? Mm. And you hear gunfire and you hear Spanish language being used. Yeah. And we're like, wait, what? And they're hightailing out. And there's gunfire and they're hightailing out in the middle of the street. And the woman with the beer is now face down in the pool. Yeah. Mm. The, The logistics of her being face down in the pool that way round. I can't figure them out in my head. I don't know. Because either they shot her from, they came, the only thing that works is they came from behind. She's not really the important part of the movie. No, I know, but it like really frustrated <laughs> me because I was like, how does she get to there facing that way round? It just, it doesn't make logistical know. sense. But it's all handheld shaky cam, which we mm. haven't had a lot of to this mm. point. Not much at all. And he's in a sheriff's car as well. No, it's not yeah. his jurisdiction, but still. Yeah, and so we get on out, and he goes to the, the, the room, and Luella Moss is dead on the floor of a motel room. That pissed me mm. off. I know it did. It's supposed to. <laughs> why? Pissed me off. Why? 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 Subversion of expectations. Why didn't we get away with it? I want him to get at the, the very At the very least, you want a showdown. Yeah. And not only does it kill Llewellyn Moss. It kills him off screen. It kills him off screen. Yeah, it does, yeah. Because we've been told, no, no, you introduced me to the hero in Act 1. Yeah. He is the white hat wearing cowboy with the mustache who's maybe been corrupted, but I should at the very least see him get his comeuppance, if not see him win. Yeah. I thought, I thought in my own head after this, I thought that's going to be Tommy Lee Jones. He's going to take him down. So at this point then. It pivots. You have to go, okay. And you sort of have a reconciliation with yourself, and you go, okay, it hang on. The first voice we heard 
It's Tommy's. So it's his yeah. story. It's okay, Tommy's story. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Tommy's the lawman who brings him to justice. Okay, yeah. I'm in. Yeah, yeah. I'm in. Because you got to find a pissed. way. Oh, you are. Absolutely. He's in her room. Do we think he cheated? Yes. Although she's face Ooh. down in the pool. So, no. So, no. Maybe he shot her. <laughs> yeah, not sure how that. I works. gave the. I hope he didn't. I gave the. I don't think he did. But beer, but, beer, it, but beer leads to. Uh, I gave the read when I was watching it. He had, but now looking back, I did. Faced, my students went. He's in the hotel room. Is that like is that hers? We don't know if it's hers. No, 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 no. But uh, yeah, so Ed Tom it's, Bell it's, says it could be his hotel room. It could be his hotel room. Yeah, yeah. says just call the police. Yada yada yada. And I'm saying no now because she's face down in the pool. We've got a time jump and Carla Jean rocks up to be met by Sheriff Ed Tom Bell and she's sort of holding on the hope Beautiful a little bit. piece of acting. Oh. And he takes his hat off oh. and she breaks. Yep. And not movie breaks, but like believable breaks. Yeah, yeah, it's a really lovely good. piece of acting. She's good. Better than Jim Carrey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if she's got anything on Matt Damon, but she's better than Jim Carrey. <laughs> you know that kid from school of rock you hate? Oh, jeez. Uh, we got the coffee house summit. So this is where Ed Tom Bell and this other, I love the vocal delivery of this other sheriff. Yeah. Mm. He was like, it was, if you had told me that 20 years ago, <laughs> we'd see children walking the streets of our Texas towns with green, with green hair, hair and bones, bones in, in their, their noses. noses. <laughs> That's where Ed Tom goes, well, as soon as you stop hearing sir and ma'am, I think the rest is bound to go. But it's not the one thing. No, it's not the one thing. It's the dismal tide. It's the dismal tide. <laughs> Signs and wonders. This is a scene I make the students look at in fairly big detail. Great. Um, And so um, the sheriff in El Paso tells Ed Tom that uh, he goes, "Uh, sorry, we couldn't help your boy. I mean, what do you do? I mean, there was this, there was this guy who shot a, shot a, shot up the, the hotel room up in El Paso. And the next day he went in and shot a retired army colonel. And that's, that's Carson. Hmm. He's saying how Shigur just went back in and something tweaks with uh, Ed Tom, and he goes, he wouldn't have, would he? So he goes back to the room. Is he in that room? Yeah. Ah. So the lock, on the, sure. the lock on the door has been punched out. That part is 100% yeah, is undeniable. Yeah, that different room, though? That's what I'm thinking. Well, no, he sees... Sheriff Ed Tom Bell sees the lock's been punched out and goes uh, Yeah, 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 no, no, no. But the film leads you to believe he's the other side of the door. Okay, so the film again is manipulating you here. And so, I'm saying he's punched the thing out in another hotel room, but we're thinking it's the same room. You're close, but no. You get, you get the right idea, right idea, but in the wrong application. Okay. So Ed Tom pushes the door open. We see the blood shadow of Llewellyn Moss, which the sheriff avoids. Now, no uh, one wants respect. to walk in blood, but... Also, Shigur's got to think about blood as well on his shoes. Yeah. So there's something there. Um, and we see, like, Ed Tom Bell's, like, freaking right out. Mm-hmm. Freaking all the way out. And so I've read a bunch of different things. So option one, because we don't get closure. So, so here's a couple options. Option one, he's never there at all, and it's all hall- a hallucination to show how out of it Sheriff yeah, Ed Tom is. Bell feels. yeah, yeah. Option number two, he's there and gets away through the window, but the window's shut. Option number three, he's there, but it's two different timelines. Uh, So we see shots of Shigur from earlier, 
and we see shots of Ed Tom, and we've been manipulated by the filmmakers that happened at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we do have proof that he was there. One is the lock, and the other yeah. bit of proof we have that he was there is there's the, the dime and the screws, and the screws on yeah, the floor. Yeah. We saw him use that earlier. Now, that's yeah. active viewership. I have to remember that and put two-two together and say that's how we get the money out. Yep, yep. But that would make sense. Moss puts his money in the vents. That is a consistency. Yeah. So then he goes and he visits Uncle, and uh, there's cats everywhere. So good for Megan for getting her house on the uh, <laughs> on the movie nowhere. <laughs> and uh, Ellis, which is his uncle, says, uh, oh, "I he, his uncle. Yeah, is his it? uncle. Doesn't do a great job of sort of explain. You got to really no, kind of read it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, uh, Loretta tells me you're quitting. You're quitting. And he says, I feel overmatched. He said, I always thought when I got older, God would come into my life somehow, and he he didn't. And Ellis says, did you ever hear about how your uncle died? And he goes, well, how? And he's like, he got gunned down on his own front porch and left to die. So this idea of it, this is an ungodly time and that it's the, it's worse than it's ever been. He's kind of going, it's always been bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just feel overmatched, I think, when you get a bit older. You're and just he, out of step now. It's time to retire. And, and why is that? He said, because it is... No country for old men. That's the one. Yep. Yeah. yeah. He says, "What you <laughs> what you got ain't nothing new. You can't stop what's coming. It ain't all waiting on you. That's vanity." And we fade, dissolve out from here, and we come back to, and more death. Carla Jean's lowering her mum into the ground. She's at her mum's funeral. And she returns to and her mother's only women house. At the funeral as well. Is that right? No men, yeah. In Odessa. And Carla Jean sits down and recognizes the window is open and finds Anton in the spare room. And she tells him, I don't have any money. And she says, I'm going to sit down. She goes, I can't even pay for my mother's funeral. And he goes, I wouldn't worry about that. Which is really funny. Yeah. She also says, Oh, she knew this wasn't done with. Oh, I knew this wasn't done with. Yeah. 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 And because uh, she, she says earlier as well, she had a bad feeling about it all. I think mm-hmm. very much that um, Carla Jean's a bit of a, she's our main source of like foreshadowing in this film. She says, you got no cause to hurt me. And he goes, I agree, but I gave my word. She said, you gave your word to my husband. You were going to kill me. <laughs> and she goes, well, the thing is, uh, your husband had a chance to save you, and he didn't. He'd rather save his life than yours. And she goes, well, no, not like you say. Yeah, get on. Not like you say. But if you cut to black and white, she ain't wrong. I mean, he ain't no, wrong. No, yeah. no, 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 no. She says, you don't have to do this. And he says, that's what people always say. You don't have to do this. And so he gets out a coin and flips it and says, this is the best I can do. Call it. I ain't calling And you know what the thing is? None of us see her choice coming. No. No one thinks... Oh, you can just choose not to call it. Yeah. Now, why doesn't she choose to call it? Because she's not playing his game. Okay. She's got nothing left to lose as well. Why Why? Why would you entertain this? If you call it. You know, she knows. If that you call it, it's your decision. It's almost your decision. If you call it, you agency. have agency in your death. Yeah. She, she, you she can kill me, but I ain't having a part in no, it. No, exactly. Yeah. It's the most innocent of innocence, isn't it? It's, yeah. I refuse to even have a call in my own. Yeah. She death. goes with dignity. And the second time he smiles and says, call it. Yeah. And he goes, she goes, no. And he finally goes, call it. And she goes, no, I, I ain't doing this. Uh, what does she say here? I've got it written down. 
Uh, I knew you was crazy when you were sitting there. No, I ain't going to call it. Look, it ain't the coin. It's just you. And he looks at her and says, I got here the same way the coin did. And then he leaves. Do you think he killed her? Yeah, absolutely. He checks Me the bottom too, of his feet. He checks the bottom of his feet because of the blood. Yeah. Now, mm. first time I saw it, good, good on you guys. First time I saw it, I missed it. Oh, okay. And so I didn't think he did. No, I think he did. I was well, no, I'm like not, I'm like ninety nine point nine 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 percent that he did now. Yeah, yeah. And they mask it further by giving us. It's not even as a close up of his feet. No, it's, no. it's an extreme yeah, long yeah, shot. Yeah, yeah. Like they're hoping you miss it. Yeah. <laughs> they kind of are. But and we see these two boys go by on bicycles. Yeah. yeah. And so Anton then goes into um, his truck and he's driving down the street. Saw this coming. Rookie, you did? Yeah. Wow. Do you know why I saw this coming? Why? It went very quiet and the bad guy's getting away. Why would he get away? And so they. He stops at the stop. I thought I, I did also. I saw it coming. He doesn't run the. He doesn't run a red light. No, he doesn't. No. But no. He stops to check for that little bit longer than is necessary, which made which made me go. Okay, someone's Sugar's, about to not check. I wonder if Sugar's a bit creepy because the whole time, you know, why he's not checking the road? He's checking out the kids. He's looking in the rearview mirror at the two boys. Yeah. Mm. So I don't know if there's some sort of weird thing about Sugar there or not. I don't know. But he gets hit. Yeah. He gets broadsided from the blind side. <laughs> you can't stop what's coming. No. Nope. Yeah. And he gets hit. And we never really find out what happens to the other person. Oh, he gets he's out. like this. Oh, is he? In this, in this. Yeah, he, he gets out. The, the bones yeah. through his arm. But it, my thought was it was Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, well, it's not. But it's not. Because no, no, you no, no, want no. there to be closure and mm. order and reason. And so he gets out and his arm's through his shirt. And these two boys come up. And one's wearing a, a long sleeve button up shirt. And one's wearing a t-shirt. And while that's going on, the kid in the t-shirt goes like, your bone's sticking through your arm, mister. He kept saying it, didn't he? That kid yeah. is the kid who gets thrown through the window in three billboards. Is it? It is. Wow. The one who gets like all burned yeah. in the hospital and the orange juice and all that? Yeah. Yeah, it's him. Wow. Yeah. Sorry about that. Um, so That's nuts. Yeah. Didn't know it before I started looking this up. No. Um, and so he says, I'll give you, uh, let me buy your shirt. And he goes, you don't have to buy my shirt, mister. And he goes, no, no, I'm going to buy your shirt. And so he gives him money for it. Instantly, the kid who he's with goes, you know, part of that's mine, right? He goes, you still got your shirt. <laughs> yeah. Who else did this? Oh. Llewellyn. Llewellyn Moss buys yes. a shirt. Yeah. And they start bickering about who gets yes. what money. So the corruption of money. Yes, yes, On yes, morals yes, yes, yes. and it's even innocence. It's really interesting that he won't let him take the shirt for free. He won't let anyone do him no. a favor. He won't let anyone. Mm. No, because that would have suggested, yeah. It's just no. There's there's a here's my moral. There's a market yeah. value for this. Let me let me pay you for it. And he uses money as his tool the whole way through. Literally, the coins are his tool. Right? Oh, where, that's interesting. Oh, whether the coin yeah. flip or this, that that's very. I'm stealing that. Where Ooh. where Llewellyn uses a knife, which is what yep is practical and would be what you expect to use because he's our hero. Yep. Our, what's his face uses that. So, um, he stumbles off into the. Uh, he walks away from us into the light. He gets the hero shot. The cowboy usually he gets does, in the yeah, movie. He walks off into, in, in, into the distance. Into the distance, yeah. And then we have uh, one last the, breakfast. What the fuck out of me? Sheriff Bell's trying to figure out what, what what to do today. He says, maybe I might ride. He says, you want to join me? She goes, I'm not retired. He goes, maybe I can help you around the house. She goes, no, wouldn't do that. He goes, oh, well, I don't know what to do. And she goes, I can't plan your day for you. He says, I had some I had some dreams last night, and he shares two. One's about both about his dad, 
And he said, I'm 20 years older now than my dad ever was, which is kind of, I'm, like, I'm four years older now than my dad was. My dad died at 40, man. Nah. Yeah. And the first one's about being given money and losing it by his dad. The second one, we're riding through the mountains. He rode ahead of me and kept going, and he had a fire and a horn. And he rode past me, and I knew where he was going. When I caught up, he'd be there. And then I woke up. And it goes black. A film brought to you by. I was pissed. You just linger on it. I was <coughs> pissed. It's not what I wanted. The word of a day. No, I want to rewrite that script. <laughs> the word of a day is nihilism. Nihilism, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. Nothing really matters. It's all chaos. It doesn't really matter. Look at how much po- mirroring we have of the good characters and the bad characters. Why? Because there's no rhyme or reason to it. We're looking for things to have meaning, and they don't. No, I know. So we have, who are your two archetypal heroes? We've got the cowboy, and we've got the lawman, the sheriff. Mm-hmm. Both of whom fail. Yeah. He's bewildered going, look at the last scene. He's looking for meaning in this dream going, I thought there'd be, I thought God was in my life and why isn't God in his life? Because it gives it meaning. I thought there'd be closure. I thought there'd be this reason for all this stuff to happen. Yeah. And then I woke up and then we wake up and the movie's over. Yeah. Just like a dream, we got pieces of something, but they never come together. Shigur never actually is the cause of Llewellyn Moss's death. No, it's the Mexicans. It's the Mexicans who got told randomly by, by her, by her mother. Yeah. Right. So the big bad we thought he'd be chasing. Nah, it wasn't them. It was some other thing. And we don't even get to see it. No. And then we're like, oh, here's the big showdown. It's going to be Moss and it's going to be Ed Tom Bell. Sorry, Ed Tom Bell and it's going to be Shigur in the hotel room. Nope, he's gone. And he never, Moss, uh, sorry, Bell never finds him. No. I cheered when he got hit by the car. (laughs) But he gets away. Bastard. Gets away in the hero moment. I don't like it. I'm sorry. Using the same technique our hero did at the start of the film. Oh. This plays with the idea, not only of Westerns, but of storytelling in general. The idea that what happens in Act 1 is supposed to happen in Act 3. Now, the question is, if you're able to take a step back from it and go, I see what you've done and I appreciate how you've led me to believe this. I can appreciate it. Because the danger is you can have what's happening here. You can turn your audience on you if they go, no, Mm. no, this is stupid. I was supposed to have this and you haven't given it to me. Yeah, that's a totally valid opinion to have. I teach my students to write. Like, there's a danger in this style of storytelling. Yeah, mm-hmm. I but, tend. Yeah, because you can you you can cause the audience to turn. Oh, I think it's absolutely brilliant. Do you know what I did? It oh, it's is. amazing. It's I, absolutely brilliant and fantastic. But I still I don't like it. But I don't think you like the tone of the film. Anyway. I don't. No. Okay. If if this if this film was made with a less nihilistic <laughs> standpoint and slightly less gore and slightly less um i'm using gore as in like the scenes where he's like sewing up his leg and those sorts of things things i just can't look at and slightly less actually no nothing else slightly less just slightly less gore slightly less nihilism i think i'd really like it because nihilism came up in fargo right i like fargo we did fargo and it's less well, i don't like the way fargo i'm just like yeah it's Fargo's like a nihilistic all... black comedy in a sense. yeah yeah whereas this is a nihilistic drama mm. he's a righteous dude yeah, so I'm just putting the uh, the chat up for anybody who wants to join us. So I'll put so. it in the Patreon. Cool, cool. Um, but yeah, so I was just very curious. So 
I'm trying to think. I do have some students who don't like this, but I've got students who think this is the best thing they've ever seen, or they it, 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 it's Marmite. Like a Marmite it's, film? It's Marmite, isn't it? It is yeah. Marmite, you're right. I'm more I, inclined to be with Georgia than I am with you. No, well, much I love like, when a film... Go oh, on. no, sorry, Georgia. No, sorry, I was just saying, much like Marmite, I am one of those weird ones that sits in the middle and goes, oh, I take it or leave it, I don't really care. I appreciate it. I appreciate the the form of storytelling, but God, it wound me up. I love a film as Whiplash, but I mean, I I didn't want him. There's no way did I want him to get away at all. You want who to get away? I don't think anyone does. What, Sugar? Yeah. No, he loves Ross too. Guy's a dick. But that's the the crux. But but Sugar's the guy who's been doing this longer. And that really annoyed me with Woody Harrelson because I was like, hey, Woody! The only only thing that takes him down is some random truck who runs a red light who doesn't know that he's a villain. Because life ain't fair. It's just random. I do find True. the character of Sugar, like, I think he's really, really interesting because he comes across as, I mean, I've done a bit of, like, work into, like, genuine people who are genuine, like, genuinely psychotic and genuinely have, like, uh, brain issues and stuff. And I think I heard when, when I was in the toilet you saying it's very, very accurate. And, like, to me, I find it fascinating because there's obviously the parts of this character where you go... Oh, you, you can complete... The character is so interesting because you can completely understand why he does everything he does. There is reason... Ev- he, everything he does has got a reason to it. And his morals are so distinct and clear that you kind of go, I know why you're doing this. And it's almost the same set of morals as the good guys have got. It's just twisted for his own benefit. Like, where <sighs> our good guys are about fixing things and hunting and doing good and those sorts of things. Our other guy is just wants the money. And he's got a more consistent set of morals than Llewellyn Moss does. Llewellyn compromises. That's why he's the money. Yeah. Whereas, like, you can... You can Sugar's just true to who he is from minute one all the way through. Yeah. Which is why I think he's absolutely fascinating. He's really he's a very, very interesting character. I don't like that he's like B Tech Joker in the beginning. But I don't think he's B Tech Joker. No. The way he delivers lines is very, very similar to the way Heath Ledger delivers a lot of the Joker stuff. He actually inspires professional wrestler with this. Chris no. Jericho took much of his later two thousands run from the fact that Shigur was low talking <laughs> to the fact that Shigur was um quiet that he didn't raise his voice and he went i could use that as a villainous sort of perspective we're joined by a couple of the uh, friends of the podcast here we've got in turn we've got uh james de guzman i think it is and andy dixon hey guys i want james why don't you go ahead and say uh first off hello how are you doing buddy hey guys congrats on 200 Thank hey, so thanks. thanks a lot. We are uh, peeling back the uh, the layers here with, uh, with 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 no country for old men. Andy, you are you look at your transit. Is everything? I hope we're all being good here. Yeah, no, I've popped up. I'm just I've got a spare five minutes. I thought I would just stay. Uh, Come on and wish everybody a congratulations on the 200th episode. Really, oh, thank you. Hey, so thank much. you very much. Uh, definitely a uh, divisive film as it turns out (laughs) I'll let you guess uh, which one of us liked it and which one of us uh, uh, not so much not so much (laughs) yeah I I think I can guess (laughs) (laughs) so um, we've talked lots about it Um, Andy just because you're on a time crunch I'll throw it to you first Um, is this a film that you've seen before 
I watched the first half last night and I fell asleep because I was absolutely knackered, so I didn't actually finish it. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we'll try. Was, we'll try and say spoiler free on this. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed it. I was really enjoying it as well, but I was just absolutely knackered. So unfortunately, I didn't get to the end. Nah, it's definitely worth. Definitely make sure you catch yeah. the second half of it. It's worth a watch. Definitely. That's 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 yeah. about as good as you're gonna get from Liam on this one. I will try and catch it tomorrow. I'll not not got a chance tonight, but tomorrow, so that it doesn't spoil it when I listen on Tuesday. So oh, now is it'll be out. So it, it will be. It will be. Yeah. 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 So uh, you don't you can always wait a day before you listen to the pod. Catch up, buddy. Yeah, fine. Suppose. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you must listen when it releases or else right, well, that's part of my routine it generally is part of my routine and my week is Tuesday mornings um, <laughs> that's my commute to work a yeah. little bit of work in my commute home so you and me yeah. both you and me both I'm looking to see how to hang my head and go oh I made a mistake there <laughs> oh jeez oh I've done that before yeah where's that yellow button <laughs> <laughs> right I'll be able to go guys but again well done on 200 and I'll see I'll catch it some other point thank you Andy no, thanks care, a lot Andy absolutely thank a, you. a privilege thank bye. you bye. bye has Andy always been rocking a beard like that I think so he's uh, a good beard no, beard I don't think so. Maybe it's the hat. Maybe he always yeah. has the beard and it's just the hat. Different angle. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Uh, James, now we don't have to worry about being spoiler-free anymore. Uh, <laughs> have you seen this movie before? Um, the first time watching it last night, actually. Oh, what do you think of it? Ooh. I like the first half, like first two-thirds of the movie. Like, after, um, what's his name, died. Um, um, Llewellyn Moss. Moss. Llewellyn Moss died. I was like, Oh, that's it. Just like it just, I, it just kept movie just kept going. And I was, I was a little bit like it felt like a little bit anticlimactic at the ending. Oh, <laughs> you think you're owed narrative closure? Yes, <laughs> yes, I do. Thank you. Tomorrow, well, I, I wouldn't want every the whole film point to of the be movie like is he, he wants to see whether he gets caught or not, and you don't on, even see hang it on, on hang screen. On, hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> Who told you that was the whole point of the movie? <laughs> you inferred that was the whole point of the movie. Well, movies are tempted. <laughs> you're right movies, movies do tend, tend to, to have exactly they're playing on us and our knowledge of of form and format and they're going <laughs> gotcha challenging you yeah oh see that's now Ever. you can't do this too often but i think when you do it um in the rare moments that you do uh see i love this i love the bait and switch i was like wait what <laughs> how is what i want the, the movie can't be the main character's on the floor. What's going on? <laughs> I didn't believe it to start And with. so rather than go, this isn't me saying I'm right or I'm wrong, but it was me. Yeah, I, I was like, something's got to be. Yeah. This is a time travel movie? Like, what, what's happened? Are we gonna have to, how do we reverse this? And it stays with you after the film ends, too. Oh, so, yeah. like, you linger and you th- I they, always think, they if even, I think about the film past the film. They even hang on job. that shot of Tommy Lee Jones just a little bit too long. Yeah. They're not really going to end it like, oh, they have. They yeah. hang on lots of shots mm. a little bit they too do. long. Uh, uh, a little bit too long or a little bit longer than you tone. want? That's the Yes, it sets the tone, <laughs> makes you feel uncomfortable, makes you go, hang on, the story's <laughs> telling me one thing, but the editing's telling me another thing. Oh, maybe this cloud of like confusion over the heads, it's not going to play out how I think it's going to. The film tells you from the start that it's not going to do what it says it's going to do. I love when films bother people like this because it it I like it when it subverts. It's great. It's, I wish it's, I just wish I liked the genre that the, this film was made in because I really like what it does. 
I just don't like the genre of the film. And that's not the film's fault. It's just, I just don't like it. When films go to places where they take creative narrative choices, whiplash. When he goes back, <laughs> when, he, when, he goes, when he goes back to his abuser, but it's the right choice yeah. in pursuit of the art. You struggle with that. Yeah. When they do this, where it's like there's three endings we're familiar with. Ending one, the cowboy beats him. Ending two, the lawman beats him. Ending three, the bad guy gets away, but he kills everybody. And, this, me off. and this does none of that happens. And this does none of the above. <laughs> this is Everything we've been taught about story, and especially a Western, the Western is chosen so on purpose. Because it is really formulaic. White hat, black hat. Mm. And then maybe silver hat. Whatever happened to Woody Harrelson? Did he survive? No. <laughs> no. Bastard. I hear he's living a happy, happy life on a farm. Oh. He thought about the bunnies. They lost me. As soon as, as, soon as, Woody, as, soon as Woody went, that was it. That's because you you, you've got a set of actors, Liam, that you have a weird connection to. And if something happens to them in a film that you don't like, you're yeah. like, no, that's it. Yeah, well, it's, it's you killed my best friend. It's weird because... <laughs> yeah. well, 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 the thing is, at three billboards, he gets this hero send-off, kind of. And we've yeah. talked about that. Go check out our full review of three billboards outside that. Great movie. <laughs> love that movie. It's really weird because the kind of person who loves that film is usually the kind of person who loves this film. I hate this film. <laughs> no, I don't hate it. <laughs> I think it's on brand that I dislike both, isn't it, to be fair? I don't hate this movie. I'm pissed off. You're very emotionally, Georgia, you're very emotionally um, bothered if films go to a place you don't like. I know. I I really become agitated with it. Yeah. I mean, I was sat watching this yesterday and fighting off a very, very real feeling of anxiety the whole time because of the way the film made me feel. I think I, I do genuinely really struggle on a quite real level when a film goes to a place that I can't cope with, despite the fact that it's a film. Like, my body reacts in the same yeah. way as if I was in... And I'm not, not how Liam does. I don't put myself in the film, but just the way the film makes me feel is quite a real feeling, not just a... I can't separate that. So, Liam, were you, like, hanging out, like, leaning on the fence, talking about beer one minute, and then you're like, wait, I'm dead? <laughs> no. Because Llewellyn Moss has to be the character that you're sort of investing yourself in as they are representative Your of hero. Me. Or is it Harrelson? Bit of both. I mean, because... Oh, it might have been Harrelson. You're good I don't see... I don't see... Because I wouldn't have done what he did. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to connect with someone that you'd... I wouldn't. I wouldn't go down there in the first place. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have gone back. If I'd have stumbled across it, a if I had got the money, I'd have took it to the sheriff's office and said, "Look, there we are. This is what I found. This is what's happened. Will, will, will stay away from me?" Because drugs in the back of a van or a lorry truck, whatever you want to call it. I mean, that's just going to cause a hell of a load of problems. And two million. If you took that, you're looking over your shoulder for the rest of your life. Oh, point. No way. Thank you. How does he know that it's two million if he hasn't taken it out and counted it all? Because if he'd have taken it out and counted it all, he'd have found the tracker. He'd probably count the number of roses across, and you count down one side how many rows deep it is. Mm-hmm. You don't have to take every bundle out. It's simple math. Well, they wouldn't be yeah. fives and tens huh? and ones, would they? It wouldn't have been as neat if he... Like, taking one, one stack, his arm is too thick to take out one stack of I, I think we just kind of run with I it as a movie. I think we just go, yeah. okay, that's mm-hmm. fine. It's an estimate. 
I think yeah. Ian and I, you, you and I, we both take sort of subversion or change of what we, we expect sort of more in stride. And I'll link it to, cause we just, we just covered Loki and we, we talk a lot about, I thought it would be this way. This thing happened instead. Here's how it is. We take it in stride reg, like pretty well, unless we think it's underdeveloped. Cause no spoilers. Yeah, you, we, st- was not finished, you still but. have to be able to pull it off. Like just because yeah, someone, exactly. someone subverts doesn't mean it's well done. Like yeah. this is well done. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, and it feels like it doesn't feel like it's inauthentic to the characters. It's just inauthentic to the expectations that I've placed on it. There's which, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Which it let me sort of place up to yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. True. Hermes, time to acknowledge you, buddy. How are you? <laughs> I waved to Hermes. I had a wave already. It's okay. I had a wave as well. No I worries. waved to Hermes as well. <laughs> I'm doing well. How's everybody doing? Uh, as you can tell, we're... Uh, he likes listening. <laughs> as you can tell, we're, we're, we're definitely uh, of, 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 a, of a variety of mindsets <laughs> on this one. Not entirely unexpected mindset, it sounds like. Even her, uh, even even James. James is kind of on Team Georgia Liam on this one. Um, really James. Uh, Ethan is uh, probably alongside myself and you, I think. Hermes, I think you and I are on the same page on this one. Absolutely. I, well, I assume so from, let me from what you, we discussed previously. Let me give you a shorthand because I think you talked about the third. I love the third act. I, the third act is fantastic. I, the third act is everything that I want it to be. It's a challenge, but when you look into it, it's all totally off. The, it lines up with the overall tone of the film in general, and I think it at, it's I think the third act, the movie's better for it, as opposed to some people who seem to think the first two thirds are great, and then it ruins itself. I'm kind of the other way around. Mm-hmm. I really like the third act. I think the third act is very, 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 very clever. And then the overarching of the first and second, like the little bits that play into the third, I really appreciate. But it's just the tone of the first and second act that I don't like. Like, and like, actually, what happens in them, I don't like because I don't like the genre that it's set in. But the third act, I think, is. I will go, I, I'll go as far as to say this film is fucking brilliant. Like, it's incredibly clever. It's very, very good. If it was set in a different genre, not even different necessarily a different. It, I can deal with western. It has to be. It has. I can to deal be with western. western. Yeah, it's just it's the nihilism and the strip, the slight slip into elements of like. I don't even know how to describe it. Like the bit with the the where he's sewing up his own wound and the just visceral. The, visceral. That's the word I was looking for. I, if it if it wasn't so visceral, he's a horror villain in a in, in, yeah. a, in a western movie. Yeah, and that's what I struggle with. It. I think. No, he's not. He's a Terminator. <laughs> no, it's just the same idea. I, th- I think the Terminator. I think the Terminator is very close to being a, ho- a horror villain in a sci-fi yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Sorry, Hermes. We were kind of talking to you, and then we started talking amongst ourselves. Oh, Hermes, this talk- is a conversation. Hermes, <laughs> Hermes, talk to me about this film, buddy. <laughs> I, I could talk all day about this film. I, I agree. The third act is isn't. Um, is a subversion, I think, in a lot of ways, because we're so used to how a movie's going to go, and we assume that this is our protagonist in Luella Moss, and so that subversion is is absolutely amazing. And then, like you said, in a rewatch, you realize it, we, he was never really uh, the protagonist. He's just that driving force for the protagonist that I really appreciate. To your point, George, it's, it's very, very well done, the way that they did that, to where they set up everything in a very... Um, I don't know, well, maybe not traditional way, but um, they set it up. In, yeah, 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 in an intentional way for sure. Mm. And then, uh, and you can see those little pieces on a rewatch. And then, especially if you've uh, read the book, because it's basically the exact adaptation, like word for word, line for line. So uh-huh. it's, it's, it, there's a, there's a better um, explanation or like a, a expanse on, um, 
uh, Tommy Lee Jones's character on the sheriff. Um, yeah, because he talks about many more dreams, I believe, during the book, doesn't he? Uh, more, his is more. It's it's how you break up the book is his narration, yeah. and so a lot of the conversations in the film are his breakups. You know, the the pieces that they break up the uh, the uh, novel with, and therefore you get a more sense of who he is. And again, there's a couple other characters and storylines that he explains and goes down. Same thing with uh, Llewellyn Moss. There's another character, but uh, that they that they leave out of the film that I think fleshes out a little bit more. And because they didn't flesh it out, I think it's good for the film in that you are subverted and it's not as expected like it is or natural like it is in the novel but at the same time the novel has that ad, you know advantage of having the space to do it and therefore you're not kind of as tripped up by it yeah i had a student who was reading at the same time we were studying it and he was sort of help facilitating elements of it um i bet if i read this first and hadn't seen the film i would really really like the book oh i i bet you'd love the film as well though and it's it's just the tone it's just the tone of the film like the the and the slight extremes they go to where if i'm reading something i can put the limit on it i can put the cap on it i don't have to imagine things and i can kind mm-hmm. of i can set the pace on it i don't have to feel that anxious feeling because i'm in control of reading it and like my imagination goes as far as i want it to i think because it's it is genuinely is only the way this film made me feel that i the reason i don't like it like I, I really enjoy the subversion. I think that's really, really clever. Hypotheticals are hard, though. We we can't yeah, no, we course. can't really guess and go. I think I'd like it. You might. You might not. You didn't like the film. <laughs> no, I know I didn't like the film. But I've said the reason I don't like the film is is I think film film things are the reason I don't like the right. film, not story things. Okay, it's not about gummy bears in the book. No, I know that. <laughs> I, I've, and I've said I'm not. I don't mind the Western theme. I don't mind the fact that people die. It's just I don't like seeing things in such a visceral fashion. It's a cookie deal gone bad. And it's the shots that linger ever so slightly that make me my like, literally like increase my heart rate and make me feel like I'm about to be jump scared that I don't like. I, but, but the story I wonder, is George, bouncing here and there and everywhere. Sir, <laughs> but the story is bouncing here and there and everywhere. Yeah, maybe books are. <laughs> but I have no idea. Um... Yeah, um, I don't read many many books. Um, to be honest with you, I tend to watch the. I've never read the book for this, so I'll just say that uh, they do a lot of adaptations, and normally the adaptations are different to the actual films in general. Or there's bits that aren't in the film that are in the book. Well, yeah, because that's just a matter of just time. But going by what Hermes said, that's very much word word. Well, in the context before we said that they 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 said that they've not added anything new; they've just trimmed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Hermes, would you say it's a it, it's a faithful adaptation in that regard? It is it's one of the most faithful adaptations I think I've ever ever seen uh, post reading. And I think even the I think the Coens even described their process for this one, whereas one brother would read it while the other one was typing the script, you know, and so he would just read a chapter and he would type the next portion of the script. Yeah, oh, I've, I've read the same thing actually. Yeah, so very interesting. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, James, let's talk to James a bit more here. Uh, James, who who had the who's more on team Team Liam on this one? <laughs> yeah, um, oh, he's got to be right. <laughs> <laughs> so, what were you expecting? Let's talk about that. Where were you thinking it was going to run down? Because there's two main, we think, archetypal forces of good. We have the cowboy and we have the sheriff. How did you envision this was all going to come to an end? You know, probably him giving like him somehow like besting um anton and then giving the money to the sheriff or some 
or like the wife getting the money or just some version of that where he had to like either fool or trick the sociopath Anton he just like not like uh and then eventually getting the best of him maybe or something like that yep okay everybody finds redemption in the end I would have been okay yeah. with um or even even him die hard boy sorry go ahead no you're all right um what's his name again Anton Sugar? No, the other one. Llewellyn Moss? Llewellyn. I can't, why can't I ever think of that? It's because it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a very unusual name. Especially it's two for different this. female names smashed together to make well, a Well, I, th- I think it's actually like a, like a Welsh name. It's L-L-E-W-E. Is there a Y? Y, yeah. 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 Llewellyn, anyway. I would have been okay with him passing away, being killed, if he had kept the money and given it, let his wife got away, and there was the showdown with them two, and he got killed, but so did the other guy. Sugar, whatever his name is. Sugar. Yeah, the black dude. Black hat dude. Yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean. I do. <laughs> but, but a little extra clarification never hurts anybody. So. <laughs> I don't mean to offend anybody. It was just, I mean, the, you were saying about cowboys. Black hat, black hat, white hat. Black hat, white yeah. hat. I would, I'd like to have seen, I cheered. When he got hit by that car, I was ecstatic. I thought, come on. <laughs> yeah, but I thought that was um, the sheriff. I thought he had T-boned him. And, <laughs> it's, the old, he hadn't. it's the old Quite man. It's the old man from from the gas station saying, "This time you call." <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I just wanted. I I I did want that ending. Um, I didn't get it. Don't get me wrong. I appreciate this movie for what it is, yeah. and I and I understand what you're saying. I understand what Hermes is saying. Um, it is a clever movie. Um, maybe I need to rewatch this again. Uh, without such feeling towards it. Because um, my first feeling is always uh, visceral, did you say? No, no. no? Evocative, maybe. Evocative, yeah. Visceral's, maybe? visceral's more... You can't say his reaction to a movie is reactionary. <laughs> it's a bit of circular logic, isn't it? Uh, visceral's more like when he cuts his leg open, you can see like all the blood and the sinews and all like Anything that's like gross and detailed, oh, okay. that's visceral. Oh, okay. Um, I'm more emotionally. You have a very emotional reading to a film, so I would say evocative. Yeah. Um, maybe I just need to sit back and probably watch it for what it is, and not get too involved. See that? I still think we're back to Liam likes to put himself in the in 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 the the cowboy boots in this case <laughs> of the character, whether it's Woody Harrelson or it's Thanos. And you're like, all right, I, I, I'm going to live vicariously through the the character in that capacity whereas i think there's a little bit of that in george as well whereas i think ethan and i are very much we sit in the corner and watch the movie unfold and we're not part of the universe and therefore oh yeah and therefore when it kind of goes different places we're like oh didn't see that coming and it's intrigue rather than and i'm not saying your side your version is wrong or my version is right but i'm saying there seems to be a clear fundamental difference in the way that we view these things don't get me wrong right i I, i'm no saint right but how i see the world is clearly different to how most people see the world you know the question we had earlier on about the would you take the two two hundred two hundred two million um and would you try and get Mm -hmm. away with it you know and you said you would yeah right I mean, most people would. Being an opportunist, most people would go, there's money. Who's going to really know? They're bad guys anyway. Let's take it. But my brain goes a little bit, 
they'll be chasing me, they'll be following me, I'll be looking over my shoulder. That's not the life I want. I want a happy, <laughs> easygoing life. Do you know what I mean? So, so, you, so you wouldn't do it? No. <laughs> I don't believe you for a second, Liam. I, I, he, I believe he, I'll, I'll want one further. I believe he means it in this moment. I think he totally takes the money. Yeah, <laughs> I believe right now Liam actually believes what he says is true, but I believe if Liam came to the money. Liam would leave with the money. I, I really do. Do you believe me? I admit, did you say you wouldn't take the money? I did. Yeah, I said, or I'd take it to a police station. That's at, what Liam most, said too. Liam said he'd take it to the police. At most, take like the top layer of money, but nothing else. <laughs> I think that's the same motivation the rest of us are playing <laughs> off of, and the whole point of the of the novel that. McCarthy goes to no. If like you don't take all the money, it's 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 uh, yeah. it's innocent. <laughs> it's this idea of no fate, way. right? I'm, I'm subverting the expectations of people who think I take all the money. I'm taking oh, one million nine hundred ninety nine thousand dollars, but I'll leave a single dollar. I didn't take all the money. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm morally clear because I didn't take it all. Anton's going. How much did you take? Fifty grand. Ah, uh, leave her. It's fine. <laughs> uh, I guess that's okay. <laughs> I'm not a character who's been <laughs> presented as having a rigid code. No, genuinely, in real life, I don't think I would be able to keep it. I, I really, I really don't. In 1980, I take the money. In, in 1980, in if film, I can just get out of town, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Hell, I there's no CCTV. Unless some random yeah, gangster even... finds me on an island, I'm fine. You're leaving your whole life behind, though. Yeah, Did you see what his life consisted mil. of? Oh, yeah, true. He's an ex-welder. Yeah. And you, I mean, there's even in Texas today, you could do this. There's not a whole lot of CCTVs in the specific portion of Texas he was in, actually. In the deserts. Hell, I'll they're, they're, very excited about, they're very excited about getting their first iPhone out there soon. Um, no, I, I don't th- I think... I think I take the money. James, you take the money, buddy? Yeah. Yeah, top half, like uh, Georgia said. I wouldn't take the case. I would like put as much in my pocket. So I wouldn't take the case. I'd be afraid... There'd be like a transponder like there was. Hermes, yeah. take the Actually, there was. Oh, absolutely. And, would, yeah, of course he would. And I would. <laughs> absolutely. No, no questions. No, I would not lose a wink of sleep. I did this math with, with the wife. We were rewatching this. I was like, the uh, judging, you know, like um, adjusting for inflation. What's two million is, now? Like four and a half? I think it's closer to like 20, something like that. Shut up. 10 times in 40 years? Oh, I guess probably. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I'm oh, God, how long ago this was <laughs> In my head, it was like 2007. I, I did the same thing. I thought the same thing, and she did the math. She's like, actually, 43. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. I was born in 79. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not 27 anymore. <laughs> Glad we both if, did that, Ian. It's okay. You know, if, if, if it's 20 minutes, you guys have never seen me. That's what I'm saying. And we do the math. I mean, even if you're spending 200K a year, you still have the next 40 years worth oh, of. Oh, you know, I have the money to change on, my identity. Okay, I changed my mind. 
Honestly, you're living very comfortable. <laughs> you know, I, now that you heard that math, right, Liam? Everybody <laughs> forgets about that. Everybody so resigns. Liam has a price, hang on, hang on. it's 20 million. Mr. <laughs> High Moral Code is just like it wasn't enough money to be justified. Actually, his moral code is even worse than you guys. They're just like, yeah, I'll take whatever. Liam's just like, yeah, if it's not worth being caught for, not doing it. <laughs> That's actually I I understand that Liam. That's very sound logic right there. Is it is it worth your life? Yeah. What's like your you minimum said, limit? Yeah. What like you said? The, yeah, you're buying an entire life. Twenty million. What do I? What do I know, Ethan? What's the question? Oh no! What's Liam's minimum limit for um like what he will risk? Apparently twenty. Because you don't know at yeah. this point that Anton Chigurh existed and is out there. It's just money yeah. in a case. Yeah. With, an, with an ominous amount of dead bodies around. If he just around. doesn't go back with the water, none of this happens. He's trying to clear his conscience for the man who wanted water. Do you know what, dude? That's the idea of faith. That's amazing. That's you know so what, amazing, though. With 20 million, and if I thought someone was chasing me, like, what's his name? Sugar. 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 Yeah, sugar. No, sugar. <laughs> B-Tech Joker. So, so, yeah. Him. If he was chasing me, I think I would be going, you know, I spend a month somewhere, a month somewhere else, a month somewhere. I just keep traveling the world. 20 million, yeah. you could do that, can you? Absolutely. Actually, that's more likely to get you killed. Why is that? You know what? Because you're moving around. I'd buy a boat. But when mm. you get, when you get. Respectfully disagree with you on that one, Ian. Yeah. You're kidding me, right? <laughs> I'm kidding you. <laughs> yeah. Just keep moving. To the just... respectfully disagree. No, absolutely. Unpack that for me, would you? Uh, the the whole the whole idea of adaptation and survival is you have to stay on the move. If you stay in one spot, you get complacent, you get lazy, you get sloppy. Exactly. You you leave a trail. The the whole point of a uh, of like a uh, uh, security ops that we have to do every year is you know you can't retrace your steps and you can't go to the same place and you can't use the same this or that. You can't call the same people at the same time because that's that's easier for people to find a pattern in you. Can't create and then habit. exploit the exactly. and exploit the pattern. Hey, I, I would saw go on a Disney true cruise. romance, okay? You just got to sit tight. <laughs> Find a place. You, you just don't do that other stuff. I, saw I stand corrected well. by the writers of True Romance. That was a flawless piece of film. <laughs> Quentin and, <laughs> and correct observation of security operations for survival. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I, I embrace that in the genuine spirit by which it was presented. And, uh, and Absolutely. And definitely run with that, yeah. <laughs> And keep running. Yeah, so. What's the scuttlebutt? That's the scuttlebutt. <laughs> no, guys. Anybody who finds $2 million or $1 million, move. Keep moving. Don't let them catch you. Keep moving. You heard it Sound here. advice. <laughs> I, don't think I tell you where you can find me, but apparently that's a bad idea. Just so don't steal money. Like, that's just not. No, I'm stealing. Well, is it fun. stealing? <laughs> I mean, I mean. Is it if stealing? If it's not yours and you it's found it. It's a finder's it. fee. That's okay. What's not yours in quotations is a very, you know, gray area when it's a bunch of drug dealers who have already died. I mean, whose money is that? I mean, how many drugs have you bought in your life, Georgia? I don't know. And if, I mean, cow paracetamol, where we go? I'll, I'll take that cocoa tomorrow. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, dear. Hmm. I don't know. I think the idea of fate in this one is, okay. is amazing. So I really do. A fate. Yeah, it's an interesting one because of the coin flips and stuff. Isn't the whole point of this movie that fate doesn't exist? Or at least you couldn't, like, the perception of it. That's vanity. It ain't all waiting on you. 
No, but th- that's not the idea of fate that uh, that I think they're that at least that I get from it is the idea that you don't have control of your fate. You may have, you may try to control oh. it, just like Llewellyn, or you may. But but uh, Anton even states that he's like, you know, the coin got here the same as I did. You know, I was born, the coin was made, and we were all traveling these roads. You yeah, know, but, and they intersect at these specific points. I think we're all on board with every character we trust calling him a psychopath. Yeah. Bye, James. Thank you. Bye, Bye James. James. Hey. Oh, he so, can, so congrats on 200. Oh, thank you I very much. Oh, yeah. How have I not said that already? Jesus. No. <laughs> well, you're, God, Hermes. How can <laughs> <it> <laughs> <be>? <laughs> Go away. No, you guys is, got me. This film's, <laughs> this film's not about fate, though. This film's about nihilism. To quote a film about fishing, if you had the chance to change your fate, would you? What is this you're what quoting? You, well, brave. It's brave. Oh, oh. <laughs> well, spent an extra day fishing. Yeah, yeah. But I only got three day days fishing. to fix this. Let's spend a day of it fishing. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So you, apparently, you got to keep moving. <laughs> Nihilism versus fate. Yeah, I think can be you know two sides of the same coin. For you know, <laughs> if we're going to go well poignant on the, uh, on the film, flip, <laughs> flip that coin. I'm calling the other side of it. <laughs> I mean, nihilism is just perspective of it. Fate is like the inevitable, you know, uh, nature of 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 uh, reality. If if karma is an idea, right? Karma, you could either be on the short end of the stick of karma because of something shitty right. before you got there, but but you could be on the other if side. If I look at how the narrative's constructed, the concept of nihilism is a lot easier to bring into the construction of this narrative than fate is because fate would suggest i'm actually owed an ending fate would suggest that things actually are supposed to, to sort of conclude in a way that provides meaning or perspective or not but that's the vanity of fate no hang on don't, don't use the word vanity of fate as a, <laughs> as a way to pigeonhole nihilism in as a subsection of fate hang on there we're is, getting conflict is nihilism and fate not just the op, op- Optimist, optimistic and pessimistic like worldview of the same thing like so is is the nihilistic viewpoint not just the one that you see at the end of the film and the one that Chagur carries and the and fate is one that carries through in what's his face ed tom and llewellyn at the well, beginning. I don't know, it's it difficult switches to nihilism. i don't think they're opposites there are two different readings of so, so but so is everything i mean it's because it's not really two ideologies in existence no, but it's not, you but it's the two presented in you the film, you, you grab a gun you point it at my head you say flip a coin yeah so i flip a coin it says heads you shoot me because you said previously that was the deal you can look at this at fate you're you're wrong if you get tails do they shoot that's in the chance else? though i think you're confusing that again with fate I don't think I am confused, my good sir. Whereas if you flip it, it's just chaos is all it is. You're attributing some completely random act that shouldn't belong to it onto the, the random nature of the universe. Because if we want things nice and symmetrical, then Ed Tom Bell takes down Shiger or mm-hmm. uh, Llewellyn Moss prevails in the third act or, or the guy who owns the petrol store you know says i can't how about this i found you when you were sleeping now you dead sucker um so what happens if they take the coin toss out of it coin coin toss. toss out of it what i can't even say it coin toss out of it would he still have killed them or would he still have walked away which person well the the gas station guy carla jean i believe he does because it takes his emotion out of it because he can then say he it's not have... me it's fate oh okay 
So the, the, the problem is that, that Hermes' viewpoint is the one espoused by the one that every other character goes, you're crazy. This isn't fate. She told him he's crazy. Yes. As did Carson Wells. Yeah. Okay, so... so by Woody Harrelson. Okay, so let's break it, like let's break it down. to believe that it break is it down. that, though. <laughs> well, let's break it down. If, if we're talking about societal, like, morality, right, as, as, the, as the philosophy that we're starting with, yes, he's a psychopath because he is outside of normal morality, normal yeah. function as a species, as a member of, of society and, and, it's, and this species. Sure. Now, there's the, there's the subtext that you can go into and whether that's his philosophy in, in that he is like saying that he is the baser primal um, instinct, the baser primal species, and that it, all of this societal illusion is just a delusion that we construct. That aside, for, for Anton, balls, right? Hermes. <laughs> for anton anton's aside um the you go one layer below that of this societal morality right you get the philosophy of both the novel and the film and to your point ian is nihilism right but nihilism is just the perspective of what's going on around you it's not again we for the novel it's and the and the film it's pessimistic nihilism right it's it's the idea like you said of chaos that none of this is actually uh None of it really matters whether Anton decides to kill or whether he uses a coin as his excuse to kill has no bearing on whether or not he crosses your path. That's the difference between the fate and the perspective of nihilism. He his fate is that he is working for whoever he's working for, you know, the drug dealers or the um, uh, Carson Wells working for the other guy. Right. These these are um, series of events that their childhood their upbringing all of these series of events that led them to this spot this spot was the intersection of Llewellyn Moss of that gas station clerk of Carla Jean all of these different characters who had a different series of events up to that point you could say that they're interconnected but that is the idea of fate is that interconnectedness and that crossing of paths regardless of what your perspective is uh, what your perspective was up to that point now that you are at this point how do you take this in? There's the existential nihilistic point. There's the pessimistic nihilistic point. There's uh, however many other breakdowns that Nietzsche and, and you know, the other philosophers uh, uh, label and how, how far down the semantic rabbit hole you want to get with it. But at the end of the day, it's how you're approaching or how you are viewing the chaos around you. Well, I guess fate suggests some sort of predestination or outward agent assigning importance to whatever's occurred. I don't think fate has any of that important well, because that's perspective. The coin's been traveling 28 years to get here. That's fate, which suggests this is an important moment. You could say it's an important moment if you're part of that. Uh, um, well, so been traveling 28 years nihil. to get to me. That sounds pretty important. But so is so are the air molecules around you. So is the dirt that you're walking under. Like there's a ser- there's a million things you could point to that have traveled 28 years to get to this point as well. Right, but only one of them was given a line of dialogue in the movie. Because that's his perspective in his life. <laughs> well done, yeah. He's got oh, a point. it's gone quiet. Pardon me? He's got a point. Oh, I disagree entirely. But <laughs> it's just going to be him saying his side, me saying, and we're just going to bounce them all yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just going to go. I love <laughs> But that's the beauty of it. Yeah. That's the beauty of it, though. Yeah, that isn't is, it? Yeah. And that's, I think that is the whole idea of uh, McCarthy's, like, um, you know, uh, what he presents to us. Uh, again, he, I think he presents to us evidence of each event. And it's like, all right, this is what I think, and this is what I hope you think, but it's... Because I, mean, I think this film is full of people, and especially Ed Tom Bell, especially Ed Tom Bell, looking for meaning at the end of it all. 
Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Which represents us as the viewer, because at the end of the movie... He's beginning and the end. At the end of the movie, we need to find meaning at the end of it all. So his journey for meaning in his life mirrors our journey for meaning in the film. Yeah. Do you, do you follow me on that? Yeah, yeah. So he sits there and goes, at the end of his time as a... He opens by saying, I wonder what some of the old-timers would think about the way things are now. Yep. Tip, tipping us all off. I don't know what to make of this. The guy said he's going to go to hell in 15 minutes. I don't know. I don't know what that means. And although to the young whippersnapper, he looks like he's got all the answers. In fact, he's got more questions than the the answers he really has. Because he can tell you, yeah, it looks like that thing of milk's been out for so long. But he's completely overwhelmed by life. Yeah. So the first step is maybe I'll find meaning in this last case or whatever it is. And it, it doesn't happen. So he quits. And he gets no closure from it. He quits, but he gets no closure from it, right? No. He goes and he visits his uncle. No closure there. And and his uncle says, well, what do you think about... about?" The only only commonality he finds is with the other old sheriff who, oh, it's it's not the one thing, it's the dismal tide, right? And they're drinking their coffee about how out of touch they both feel they are. Then he goes and visits his uncle, and he says, what you got ain't new. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. it's all waiting on you. It's vanity. Everybody struggles with this. And he goes, I thought God would come into my life. Why? God will give me meaning. God will give me purpose. God will frame my life in this perspective that lets me have something out of it. That doesn't work. No. Okay? So then he gets up in the morning. He said, like, what do I do with my day? He said to the wife, maybe you can help me. And she's like, no, I still have purpose with my day. My day's got, got a structure and a function. I'm going to go do that. Go find your structure. Go find yours. And he's like, so he shares the stories about these dreams he has. And one's about his dad going on ahead of him with some clear afterlife imagery. Mm. You know, I've got this fire and he's going ahead in the snow and he's going to prepare a place for me in the future. He died before me. I'm going to come afterwards. Mm -hmm. There we go. But then at the end of it, he wakes up and he's got no further. He doesn't provide any sort of meaning to it. And then then I woke up Mm -hmm. and the search for meaning ends up being exhausted yeah as does ours because the last hope we have oh maybe it's gonna be luella moss is gonna kill him oh that doesn't happen no well maybe ed tom bills is gonna shoot out oh that doesn't happen well okay he's been hit maybe now he's been hit with the car we're gonna find him and he's gonna find a way for this what do you, what do you mean he just walks off into the middle distance i mean the last two scenes are some guy talking about dreams and 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 making coffee with cats and stuff like this what <laughs> and then it ends in this anticlimactic way when you're going what, there's got to be more to it than this. Isn't that what Ed Tom Bell said about life? Mm. Yeah. So what's the point of it all? And I don't think that's fate. I think that's nihilism. The idea yes. that we assign a bunch of meaning to stuff that doesn't deserve meaning. And therefore, it's I don't know if it's the ever side of the same coin of fate or if it's the complete opposite of fate. Fate assigns meaning to everything. Nihilism assigns meaning to nothing. Okay. I kind of get what you're saying. Now, he could talk me off this in two seconds, but still. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but, <laughs> but rather, like you said, than go back and forth. But that's my big speech. <laughs> no, ah. this is, but that's brilliant in the, in the sense that uh, what what is the what is the one constant of of life, especially as the life is as humans understand it, right? Death and taxes, <laughs> mucus sure. membranes. Very, very good. Okay, thir- very good. Uh, three examples there. Yeah. Sure. No, what do you got? What do you got? No, it it is it is that uh, killer be killed that that life and death the uh, you know the um, the tides that are changing. You know that is like Bob. You know I I, I wrote it in in the um, in the uh, submission that I gave you guys. It's like uh, that's really the only thing that anybody ever can hold on to and i think or grasp and uh and that's exactly what um sheriff bell is is it's describing there and like to your point ian we all try to assign 
significance. We all try to assign these perspectives because these are what give our lives purpose and meaning is like, am I a sheriff? Okay. If I'm not a sheriff, what, you know, what am I, or if I'm not a house, you know, whatever it is. Right. And, and that I, again, I'm a slightly against, <laughs> slightly again. Well, you know, he married into it you know, that was a good life for him. They, they raised the family, you know, but again, that's the purpose that's, that we all get. That's his I, purpose. He sits there and he goes, this is the purpose of assigned my life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And we all and we all answer that question uh, now, of purpose differently. Yeah, and is it is it true? I don't know, but it's what he seems to have to have found himself closure with. It seems like he did. I don't know what it's like in the book, actually, Hermes. Does he have kids in the book, Sheriff Bell? Um let me think here. I wanna say he does. I wanna okay. say he had but they've already grown. Uh, I can't remember now off the top of my head. That's all right. I want to say he does. I want to say he does. I want to say and, he does. And no, nor but, does that have to be the thing that provides your, your life with meaning or purpose. It's just interesting. Well, like the, the perspective, though, is the is the interesting part of nihilism that I always found is, again, we can say from a third party view as audience on all of these individuals lives. Like you said, he didn't get in a shootout with uh, Anton. So therefore, it's like anticlimactic. We can you can say he did and did he did do this and he didn't do that from our perspective. And therefore, we can assign meeting or non-meeting and, and, you know, um, um, you know, go against the film or like disagree with the film and say that it stumbles the third act or whatever. We have all of these third party opinions, whereas if you're in a situation, you only know your context of your life. So that's the only purpose. That's the only understanding you can ever give. To the, to the surroundings around you nihilism is sort of that third party perspective you're taking yourself out of it it's like does the universe care no probably not does a molecule or an atom care how it got here does the coin care how it traveled to get to this position does the coin have any consciousness or merit to this decision of murder absolutely not but we can assign these things we can assign again that's separate from fate because fate again i feel like is separate from meaning but we can assign all these things. We can assign these decisions. We can assign these purposes. And, 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 and I think as the audience, we have the, the unique position that I think McCar- uh, McCarthy is going for is that we can contemplate these ideas. We can contemplate the conversation of it and then debate it back and forth. You know, let me pivot for a moment pivot for our two people who are a bit more jaded on the film. If we had to put a name on them, we could call them Liam and Georgia. <laughs> but you know who who's who's saying? Who's, who's saying? saying? Who's to say? Yeah. Who's to say? Who's to say? <laughs> who's to say? Um, life is hard. Life is. is hard to attract meaning and purpose and and those structures to it. So therefore, there can be a lot of comfort in escapism. Yep. Through narratives like a film. Yep. Is that part of the reason why it becomes so agitatable is because we depend on things like narrative for to provide structure in a life where we don't necessarily have that clean and tidy structure uh, in our own personal journeys? I don't if like to spend for. time in my entertainment time being made to feel way that i feel when i am at some of my lowest in my real life which is why i don't like this how did follow up if i may yeah how does this movie make you feel at your lowest point so this film employs tactics to at least in me they brought on so the the lingering shots on things that make you feel uncomfortable the 
silence that's uncomfortable, the lack of scoring, the lack of um, ambient sound at times, the lack of sound that then is followed by very, very loud sound, the fact that it's gunshots, the fact that there is blood, the fact that there is all these different things, lots of things that make me feel anxious. So I have a physical reaction to this. When I'm watching this film, my heart is beating faster than it would be usually. I feel uncomfortable. I feel anxious. And I don't like to have entertainment products make me feel like that. It's why I don't also don't like horror. I don't get the good spike of adrenaline afterwards that some people do get from that. And I feel genuinely on edge and upset by this film. And I don't want to disregard anything you've just said. Mm. It's not the question I asked. You said, how does this film make me feel? No, sorry. The first question, which was talking about narrative structure and neatness. Is that? No, I've already said I didn't have a bro- I don't have a problem with the narrative okay. structure. No. L- Liam. Okay. I don't like the idea of evil winning over good. I just can't get my head around that because I have strong beliefs in that being a good person, being uh, doing right, will prevail over everything else. And I think when, like I said, I don't walk on water because I don't. <laughs> I, you know, I have my bad points. <laughs> um, but the way I see life is uh, affects how I watch a movie. So. If they're a, a lovable rogue, I'm quite on board with them winning the day. But if they're an out-and-out killer, then I don't want to see him walk away. Did you watch Breaking Bad? <clears throat> no. Oh, really? Game of Thrones? Yeah. Oh, really? You like Joker? I hate Joker. Oh, you do? No. <laughs> I like the last 10 minutes. I like Joker as a character because... Wait, you like the last 10 minutes where you start shooting everybody? Well, because that's... In a you, world where evil just has overcome good, I guess, in a sense. But it's... Well, again, it, he's... Or a, is it more of it you like to watch the characters we've been told are the ones you're supposed to care about and seeing them win? Yeah, maybe. Okay. Who we invest with? Yeah. The protagonist. You don't like see the protagonist. You know, you know where you stand. Because you were told to care about, and to, uh, about Llewellyn Moss, and you were told even to care a little bit about Woody Harrelson. But I like Woody Harrelson anyway. And, yes, yes, okay. yes. I'm just curious because there are anti-heroes that you've that you've liked. Yeah, there are anti-heroes that I do like, but there's always that element of something that you can latch onto. Um, I don't know some some characters I just can't get on board with. There's some things I just can't. I don't know. Doesn't that mean he's done his job? Anton Sugar is not supposed yes. to be the one you like. Yes, 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 okay. yes, yes, yes. I appreciate the movie for what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <clears throat> viewing wise, I struggle. But I, all the points you've made, Hermes has made, everything you've said makes sense. I mean, it's beautifully shot, to be fair. Those sceneries and, you know, the, the landscapes, mm-hmm. you know, everything is so... I love the silence in this film because that did create mm-hmm. tension. Yeah. I liked that. I thought that was quite good. I liked, you know, I, I was watching him go into the hotel again going, what do you think you're doing? run away from this guy what you know he's he's after you wow he is the terminator he won't stop until he's got you but in fact did he know that he'd been killed by the mexicans or did he just 
to have a different path and a different turn. He did because he went in there afterwards to grab the money. Oh yes, of course he did. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Can I? Can I let me ask something of of, you, of both uh, Liam and Georgia. Um, Georgia, you specifically said um, that you and and again, I, I everybody wants something different from their entertainment. You don't want negative feelings. Perfectly no. legit and fair. Do do you ex, do you experience and enjoy the positive feelings of a rom com or a comedy or something like that? Um, some of them, but not all of them. You get warmth. I know that uh, warmth is the is sure. the, what I want from films usually or entertainment. Um, and to be made laugh genuinely, not like yeah. kitschy. I don't mm. like a lot of kitschy rom coms. I don't like The Notebook. I don't like, I know that kind of, I don't like Love Actually. I don't like, there's several that I kind of go, nah, I don't like them. Um, but yeah, no, so I do, but just quite specific. Just using them examples is all, is, is, is the idea that, you know, like, um, are you, are you looking for something in the film, in, in the entertainment, in the whatever? And, and is there ever a point that you're getting something negative out of your life that, is then positive is, is is kind of the question because okay yeah you know so like know. a film like um onward have you seen pixar's onward uh, the elves I yeah believe, right? the elves yeah yeah yep. so i sobbed my heart out at the end of that cried and cried and cried and cried but it was cathartic okay it made me feel devis uh, about time the one the time travel one with the dad and the son i i heard i heard the episode on it haven't seen it yeah cried and cried and cried and cried but it's that was a good cry because okay. it i was very very sad but i was only sad i wasn't anxious i wasn't scared i was just sad i'm okay with being sad hmm. i don't mind and a that's, film that makes me sad i don't want to be scared or anxious i guess yeah and that's that's kind of what i'm getting at is is, is 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 it just a acceptability or unacceptability of the spectrum of emotion kind of a thing is 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 it okay to explore anxiety or explore fear and and find yourself in a better spot afterwards kind of a thing and if it's not in entertainment you know i was just curious if that's because uh liam again what your your experience in martial arts right is is something that uh you've mentioned on the on the show yeah and that was that was definitely you know sports and martial arts where it comes to like body fatigue and uh and like discipline and things like that um i was curious if you it's acceptable to experience something like that there because of the environment and you have like surrounding you have like uh support you have teachers etc and whereas entertainment's not okay because of I don't know, whatever other reason, you don't have the same support. You don't have the same connection to it. And I was just curious if that is <coughs> the difference or if it, it because of like, is it sub, is it like a categorization in the brain? You know, are you able to compartmentalize differently than, than maybe like Ian and myself engaging with a film on like a separated third party audience level where it, we don't, or even if we do experience like an emotion, it's like, okay, I see why when I'm experiencing, that's good that I'm experiencing that. I'm, you know, I like that I'm experiencing that kind of a thing. Whereas you know, maybe the environment isn't why you came to the theater kind of a thing. Is that why it's not okay? Uh, uh, anything kind of real life that could happen, I sh- I put myself in the situation. When you take something like um, Joker, for instance, he's a character in a non-real life. So I can get on board with the the evilness of that character because he's a cartoon as such. When you put me in a situation like <coughs> No Country for Old Men 
and this could happen real drug dealers real things going wrong people getting shot i'm okay with stuff until i think about how i'd react to it and then and then i think to myself well i wouldn't have gone that direction i wouldn't have done that i wouldn't have done this and then i get miffed when i think to myself i could have probably had a better ending (laughs) uh martial arts on the other hand gave me discipline when i was a bit undisciplined as a kid um i was a very angry kid um and martial arts gave me a, a direction gave me a a sense of purpose in some way until one of the martial art guys who was um judging me on stuff took a total dislike to me and because of that he would fail me and by that point i'd lost interest in in that by that point because of that um i never went out looking for fights i never um do anything like that i don't shy away from conflict in general i quite i don't i don't say i enjoy conflict i don't (laughs) i um but i don't shy away from conflict if i have a strong opinion and I feel that opinion, I will take it head on. If I don't have a strong opinion, I won't give an opinion, if that makes sense. To, to answer your previous question, Hermes, I would, I hope that there is a time where I can watch films that make me feel anxious, that I'm able to disassociate that anxiety from how I am and how the film is making me feel. But at the moment, I'm not at that point. Yeah. Just, just to... Just to pose the challenge, that's all. Just to no, I maybe find it a, absolutely a, fascinating. I wish I could because, like I said, I do appreciate this, but like at the moment, I can't. And I think that's I know, it's really interesting. I'm enjoying therapy sessions with Hermes. This is great. As, <laughs> as long as we don't get to whiplash, I'm as good. A, I know a, my barometer. A, as am I, but uh, the runtime is is is, is <laughs> he's doing this on purpose, crawling up here. I got all no, three of course this. Of course. We're in the end game now. And we are in the end game now. Liam, it's only right. Come on, 200 episodes in. What do you got for random word? Money, money, money. 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 It's all about money at the end of the day, yeah. isn't it? Looking forward to seeing what that brings to us. Uh, the money, money, money was $25 million budget. What does this take home, Liam? $25 million. I don't remember this being a big hit. So... 120? 120. Georgia? 80, I don't know. Ethan? 160 and Hermes uh, I also don't think it, I don't remember it being super big outside of DVD so you said 25 50 and the answer is 171 million dollars well done Ethan hashtag Ethan Sheets <laughs> <laughs> whenever Ethan goes wow and he looks up I'm like yeah he's going how close can I put this he saw that somewhere on <laughs> He's like, no one spoke to me for 25 minutes. I'm going to look, <laughs> I'm going up, to I'm going to look up the answers. <laughs> now, I'm, I made my modules look really pretty for the age game. No one sees that but me, but I get to appreciate it. A belated it. payday. Uh, in 2010, Paramount Pictures was forced to pay Tommy Lee Jones an extra $15 million in bonuses when an arbitrator found the studio's lawyers made an error during drafting the drafting of Jones's deal to appear in the film. Wow. So maybe it's a country for old men after all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we are. So what did you get paid for the movie to start with? I don't know, but he got fifteen million for a bonus. That's all right. He's done all right. Yeah. Eight Oscar nominations. What you got? Best picture. Yes. Best editing. Yes. Best cinematography. Get best supporting. Cinematography, yes. Best supporting actor, yes. Nice. Uh 
Would <laughs> she have got no sound? Best sound. Yeah. Best sound, sound editing and sound mi- sound mixing. I'll give you both of those. Mixing. Okay. Well done, Hermes. I want to say Bardem gets gets a nomination as well, but we said supporting actor. That's what I thought we were going for. Was that not him? Oh no, I said Tommy Lee Jones. Oh no, no, it was it was it was, it was Javier Bardem. Okay, okay. so I'll, I'll take that. There you go. Um, also nominated for best director oh, and best course. adapted screenplay. Of course. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. it, it wins four of those. Best support. Yep. Support, I know that one. Javier uh, Bardem pic- wins. Cinema Was it picture? Not Print cinematography. Print? It does win best picture. Best editing. Sorry, Sorry George, best director I've, I've, as well. I've, I've muted you. Go ahead. Oh, does it win best adapted? It wins best adapted screenplay adapted, yeah. and best director. Best director, yeah. <laughs> So nice. it's only the second film in history to share its Academy Award for Best Director between two directors, the other being Jerome Robbins and Robert Wise for West Side Story in 1961. The oh, reason no. why that's against the rules is to stop them from sort of artificially naming people as directors who aren't really directors. Oh, okay. But it's clear the Coens are a collaborative unit, so that is one of the exceptions that are now allowed to be made. Do they get two Oscars? I believe so, yeah. No, I, believe get, I believe they get one each, yeah. Don't, the, don't Stallone have an Oscar for... He got an Academy Award for writing for Rocky, or for, for Best Picture went to Rocky or something like that, yeah. yeah. Uh, this was the second Best Picture Academy Award winner to be produced, directed, written, and edited by the same person. In this case, the same two people. <laughs> Can you guess the other film? It wins Best Picture. Uh, sorry, it was the second Best Picture Academy Award winner to be produced, directed, written, and edited by the same person. I don't know who else has that much control. It's got to be one of those stars, like um, Clint Eastwood or somebody. Yeah, exactly. Clint, uh, Kevin Costner. Is Kevin Costner. I'll give you a hint. <coughs> Mel Gaiman. I'll give you a hint. Happened in the nineties. You're gonna say Goodwill Hunting? Is it? Uh, no, they didn't direct the movie. Oh, dang! That's like maybe a, no. James Cameron doesn't edit, does he? The correct answer is James Cameron. Oh, for fuck's sake! I'm gonna trust my gut more. For uh, it was a little, Titanic, wasn't for it? For a little film called um, uh, Titan, t- Titanic? Yeah. I don't Titanic. think it made anything. Titan, Titan, I see. Titan, I see. Can I just say sugar? Yeah. No. <laughs> Ghostbusters 2. All right, who would we cast as who? Um, You're Woody Harrelson. Yeah. Yeah. Who has the cold, dead soul of Anton Chigurh? Oh, it's going Her- to be Hermes, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen him and lived? It's got to be Hermes, doesn't it? <laughs> I could do this. Uh, Ethan is Stephen Root. You're the yeah. boss who hires him. Oh. <laughs> it's all my fault. George's- I thought you were going to say plucky uh, detective that pisses off Tommy Lee Jones. George is called Carla Jean. Yeah, yeah, yeah Tommy. I'm Tommy. Wouldn't it yeah. be Wouldn't it be better to be Carla Jean's mom, though? That is a brilliant um, Georgia. That is, I, I'll is do funny. both. You oh, could have think, the cancer. I think Kelly, Mc, I think Kelly <laughs> McDonald's <laughs> fantastic in this. Sorry, who? I think Kelly McDonald's fantastic oh, she's in brilliant. this. Is that who uh, plays Carla Jean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's the film's body count? <clears throat> Not in the same way the kids are using that word these days. but uh, 32. 78. 32, 78. 64. 18. Yeah, 22. Oh, yeah, oh, it's well not that is high. Yeah, Hermes with the win. Well done. <laughs> he was, he's watching if, the movie again. If he, he was had, counting. If you, if you add the dead dogs, it's 106. 
<laughs> no, it's not. There was only like two of them. <laughs> two of them. Did this film have a villain problem? I'm gonna go no. God no. God no. I don't think so. Whose story is it? That's uh, Ed. It's the story. It's Ed Tom Bell's story. Ed Tom Bell's. Yeah. Changing. So it starts with him and ends with him, doesn't it? It's his story. Yeah. yeah. And you don't see um, Llewellyn get killed by the Mexicans. You see Ed. Tom, Ed, Ed, Tom, Ed, Tom. You, what, Ed, Tom. You see him discover You see it, him yeah. come come up to it, don't you? So You can make a case with me, but it's Anton Chigurh's story as well. But Ed, he makes almost steal a MacGuffin. Yeah, actually, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. Mm. Uh, what is the story here? I think we've spent a lot of time talking about that already yeah. tonight. Role of women. Georgia. Hi. <laughs> um, as much as it's going to be in a film like this, I think it's good. I think she was strong, yeah. I think the role of women in this film is outstanding. Yeah. Carla Jean. Carla Jean's the one who says, I'm not calling it. Yep. Yeah. No, you got you you're the one doing it. It ain't me, it's you. The woman behind the desk. And she walks in and sits down yep. with him. The woman I knew this wasn't done with, right? Yeah. The woman behind the desk the the, the motel clerk. Oh yeah, she stands up him. to him. Yeah, yeah. Um oh, yeah. the, she the was woman great when she, the woman who she was. the woman who um oh uh, at Tom Bell's wife, I am planning your day for you. Yeah. yeah, no, that's yeah. not. That's not I'm not. Give, I'm not the thing that now gives you meaning. That's not it. Find your thing. I think the women in this are all incredibly strong, and the uh, sorry, the men, the women are strong, and the men are all broken down. So what do we get? Your archetypal, you know, American dream cowboy. Yeah, corrupted. Your representative of law and order defeated. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if anything, the men come off really badly in this, and the women come off incredibly well. Even Norma Jean's mum, she's technically correct about not having a reason not to like Luan. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Even the lady by the pool. She's very forward, wouldn't she? <laughs> she kind of, well, like, she kind of corrupts our corruptible hero one more time. <laughs> Do you think that she slept with him? Yeah. He stays strong. He stays strong? So, uh, so I know from the novel that he does because I, she's whoa, whoa, not whoa, in the- whoa, whoa, whoa. We, we cannot yeah. attribute the novel to the film. <laughs> I, all, I can't all remove the, my bias. Though. All because the adaptation was faithful doesn't mean Llewellyn was. Uh. It's the same character and it's the best adapted screenplay Oscar. So I'm going to say that <laughs> they're voting going, did he sleep with her? Well, it says here he didn't. Okay. That's my vote. <laughs> I got the reading that he he had. I mean, that's why you don't. Know, I, I don't think it. he has either Hermes for the record. Just thought I'd see. I'd see where Are there any other big questions? I think we've probably answered most of the big questions about this film. Yeah. Yeah. What does it tell you? And this isn't me going, you're right, I'm wrong. Far from it. But what does it tell you, if anything, that it wins Best Picture? It's a very good mm. film. It's different to what people expect. And seeing something that crafted and that well-made with very good actors, um, without Daniel Day-Lewis in it, uh, proves it was a good movie. Apparently, apparently the Coen said afterwards, damn it, I guess we're part of the establishment now. <laughs> Can't beat that. But you get this, and you get con- um, con- No Control Men, you get Caesar. I mean, that's Big Lebowski. Big, yeah. 
Yeah. Don't, 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 don't. Care I'm not that. a fan, dude. <laughs> not a fan. Either, what, 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 what do I like? That's the Coens. There's a few things I burn like. Burn after reading. Do you like that one? Like, oh, yeah, burn after reading. Oh, brother, where art thou? Love Fargo. Oh, oh brother. Oh, Fargo. Yeah, of course. Fargo. Fargo. Oh, brother, where art thou? Burn after reading. I love those three. Not seen burn after. I flip and hate Lebowski, and I flip and <laughs> hate uh, Hail Caesar. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I was going to ask. I'm guessing, uh, Hermes, have you seen Burn After Reading as well? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I pose this to, to Ian and Hermes, because you've both seen it. Do you think Liam would like it? Yeah, it's fun. Oh, okay. yeah, it's not as it's not as nihilistic as this it's one. A it's a reverence. Like, there's yeah. a bit of chaos, but it's like playful chaos. Yeah. That's a tough yeah. one. It's 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 certainly more of their middle of the I road. I think Burn After Reading's got a nice candy-coated um, outside to it. Is this, the, like end, it? the end is a bit more happy. Is they're, it the so, falling asleep goats? I think you would, George. No, that's, there's not, a, that's not the Ministerial Goats. That's, that's something. That's not, I think oh. that's Paul Thomas Anderson, maybe? Mm. It sounds like a pizza. I've never seen it anyway. I, I just thought there was a... Clip. I liked Ministerial Goats as well. I, I liked huh? it as well, yeah. <laughs> but different type of movie. I think Bird After Reading has a sharp um, roller coaster drop towards the end. So if you're not into that, if that's going to give you a visceral reaction, then I would say you may turn on the film. But up to that point, yeah, I'd say you'd like it. Uh, Grant Heslov was the director of the Minister of Goats, whatever that's right. No. <laughs> I cannot say I know who that is. Me either. Uh, I just want to see a ministry full of goats now. Uh, let's take a look here. Uh, best character. Liam. Uh, is her name Carla? Yep. Yeah, her. Carla Jean. Carla Jean. I liked her. Yep. I thought she was good. She came strong at the very end as well. Georgia. Um, Can I, I have like- an honourable mention for, for Woody Harrelson? Yeah, go ahead. Thanks. Georgia. I appreciate that you said best character and not favourite character because the best character in this by far is Anton Sugar. Mm. Absolutely brilliant. And your favourite? Uh, probably Carla. Okay. Or the, um, oh, the man who owns the, the shop with the socks. Oh. I like him. The, ca- <laughs> the, the catheter cowboy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, sir. It's unusual. I like that. <laughs> Ethan. Uh, it's, for me, it's a toss-up between Shigur and um, Tommy Lee Jones. I think... Love Tommy Lee Jones. What I, like, Shigur brings in, like, intimidation, Tommy Lee Jones, like, wears his heart on his on his sleeve for so much visually, and I think... Oh, it's 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 wonderful face acting. I, lo- I love I love subtle face acting. He he. Oh, it's good. Hermes. I I hands down is Tommy Lee Jones for his performance. It, <laughs> and I mean his his deputy that that plays off Wendell. Is, is, yeah, it's, it's, oh, it's, it's you know funny. It's great, but uh, oh sheriff. His, oh, we just missed him. We just missed him. <laughs> <laughs> and you can see the wisdom in sheriff because of his because of his deputy's character. You know, you can see the intelligence. I absolutely love all of that subtleness. Of, the intelligence, of but also the weariness. He doesn't have a fraction of the energy. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to join seems to the masses and go. Tommy Lee Jones yeah. is fantastic in this film. Uh, I think Anton's the one who gets your attention because he is the horror villain. Uh, and he's great. He wins an Oscar, and I can't say he shouldn't win the Oscar. He should win the Oscar. Yeah, go ahead. Tommy Lee Jones is something very, very special here where he's got to play a man who's, from all outside perspectives, looks like he's got everything under control. Mm-hmm. And then he reveals slowly but surely to those around him, he doesn't have a clue what he's doing anymore. That's hard to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, best element or moment. Liam. Um, probably the use of silence in this film creates a lot of tension 
Um, it did for me. Uh, like the scene, you said that was the scene of the thing as well. What the the coin flip? Yeah, yeah. it create it created that tension, didn't it? You, there was that moment of, you know, okay, it's gone quiet. Uh, we we're all feeling it, you know, that tension. Carrie White. Um, <laughs> my favorite thing about this film is the story. Okay. I just don't like the way it's told. That was on the uh, poster. You'll love the story. You'll hate the way we tell it. No country for all. You can't stop what we're showing you. No country for all men. Ethan. Um, I think the script, the, the dialogue in this is great. The script flows so well. It's a two-hour film, and it kind of breezes by, despite all of the the slowness that it has to build up. Um, I think it's really witty as well. It has these great moments of brevity which you you need for a film like this where it's it's dour for most of it. So when you get that like caught off guard for a second, like the mariachi band or the that Yeah, this fun. this is this is quite unusual. Like it is it's necessary and I love it. It's so quick and every scene I'm hanging on to the words. The performance isn't the script together, but that script it's, it's gold. Do you mean levity? Sure. Brevity, brevity means to be short. Brevity <laughs> means to be brief. Levity means to uplift. Then I mean levity. <laughs> I knew what you meant. I knew what you meant, Ethan. I just I, did, I was I thought I was doing so well for about ten seconds. You were doing really well. It was well. good. Just, I just, saw you in Twig and went, Oh, I've said the wrong thing. Now we're all about educate the people. We're just we're just we're just increasing people's word power. Nothing wrong with that. I'm a goofy little guy. Yeah, I make mistakes as well. Hermes. Uh, element it, it is um is direction because yeah having the novel first then seeing what the Coens have done and so had you read they, sorry to jump in had you read the novel before you'd seen the film yes oh okay excellent yes uh and and like i said the adaptation i i didn't I, it wasn't like i went into it excited or anything like the harry potter um, fandom or you dress up as your Twitter, you know, it's, it's not like I would, it was, it was a nice surprise. I was like, Oh wow. That Mom. was made into a movie. Mom, he's dressed up like Carson. <laughs> I went it, as Wendell. It was just, uh, it was, yeah, it was just one of those, uh, Mac- uh, McCarthy was very formative for my, for my younger years. And, uh, so seeing that, cause I didn't see it in theaters or anything. So seeing it after it came out on DVD and missing all the hype or anything else yeah. that was going on around it, just seeing it, and then seeing, is. you know, uh, rem- yeah, like thinking of what I envisioned as I was reading it and then seeing what was on screen. I was like, wow, this could not be better. This is a- not only was it like exactly what I would have thought it would be. It was better in, in every way. So absolute mastery on on, on the Coens. Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to go with the switch in alignment at the start of Act 3. He's leaning up against the post with beer leads to more beer. Yeah. And then we fade out and we're with Sheriff Ed Tom Bell and we're like, wait, what? What the hell's hey. happened? That moment where your brain has to go, okay, what's the rest of the movie going to look like now? <laughs> and you kind of like have to do like, uh, oh, what was that thing? But- butterfly effect yourself for the rest of the movie and go, what does this look like? I don't know. So I'm going to go with that. Uh, a grumble. Jeez. Liam. <laughs> I'm going to keep it brief. Brevity. It's called a grumble. That's yeah. brevity. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the story I wanted. Okay. I wanted. 
I wanted Woody to to kill him. Um, Did you want him to sing to Llewellyn Moss? You got a friend in, in me. me. <laughs> <laughs> you got a friend in me. No. Because um, he's a cowboy. <laughs> Name Woody. You know, I know. <laughs> but Carson is like that guy anymore. who is like um, sugar. 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 <laughs> yeah. Sugar. And then like girl, like like a dog. Sugar. Sugar. You're going to have a tiger, lion. But he had a bit more reasoning with him. And I'd like to have seen him get him eventually, or see Llewellyn get him, right? Or even um, so, he had, so he has to get got. Tom. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wanted, I wanted to see that, and I don't mind. Man, it really bugs you when he gets away. Yeah, it does. <laughs> even with a broken arm, because we know that he's going to sew himself up and reach still his arm. out there. Isn't that great? Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it's That's great and also terrifying. I love it. Have you seen this boy? <laughs> it's no country for old men and it's no country for Liam. No. Georgia, a grumble. Oh, I think I've, I've made it relatively clear. I just don't like quite how nihilistic and <clears throat> quite how visceral this film gets because it makes me feel very, very anxious. Okay. Ethan. I really struggle to find an issue. Maybe, maybe it's... Um, like the, I guess it's the the we're seeing two different timelines play out with um, Shigure and I nearly called him um, Elrond Hobbit, Hobbit, but that's not his name. Ed Tom Bell. Thank you. Uh, maybe that, but even then, that's more just me going. Eh, I just I don't vibe with that style there. But like, I I really don't have many grumbles other than like that, that was a weird choice for me personally. Hermes. Uh, it's a, it's nothing really, it's, it, it's internal logic is the only issue that I have. It's, uh, uh, McCarthy even admitted that this was like something he took liberty with the transponder, uh, technology didn't exist until roughly about 1990 something, 92, 90. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> so something that small wouldn't be realistic as well as, uh, the silence over the shotgun. That's, that's still not a thing. It's, that doesn't exist. And so the fact that. He's going around with a silencer on his shotgun. Oh, he people. finds um, another one off. We had a question, and we're going to use you as our expert for this because you're an American, so we're assuming when you're. About <laughs> I didn't want to say it. <laughs> we're but. assuming when you're six, they bring you into a room and let you play with all the guns and. Yeah, they gave me a they you. gave me a sawed off shotgun Mossberg three D. Probably probably as part of a Happy Meal or something like that. <laughs> I can Baby. go get it. Like if you think I'm, I have it, I can baby's get- first shotgun. Uh. <laughs> um. What is the purpose of a sawed-off shotgun? A uh, spray. It, it hits oh, you faster geez. rather than going down the down the barrel. Uh, and then if you and if it's spraying faster, basically, it if you're knowing you're going to be in close quarter again, that's why I have my shot off for the exact same reasons for self defense inside the house. You fill it for uh, full of a uh, birdshot, which is what um, uh, Anton has when he kills the guy who hired uh, Woody Harrelson. Yeah, he in, again in the novel he mentions a little line that you don't get in the film, but he's like, I didn't want to break the window behind you, and so that's exactly what self defense is for. Shot, uh, sawed off or a shotgun in general is is it doesn't break anything behind. Wait, are you serious that, that you have hitting. one of these? Yeah, I have a Mossberg. Absolutely, that's Jeez. rad. I won't lie, that's rad. Wow. Yeah. And it's for self. It's exactly for that because I live in apartments, and so if somebody was to break into my house to do me harm, I wouldn't want to harm my neighbors, inc- you know, accidentally or something. So you would do 
birdshot into it and uh wow. it hits the spray in a much smaller area aka right in front of you close quarters rather than a uh, long distance all right well wow. answer yeah um is this anybody's best role ever <laughs> everybody mm. um kelly mcdonald yes without shadow probably snape's baby what it's on um, um javier bardem is that javier <laughs> i've not seen him in anything else but i feel like he's, he's very he's good be but, like up there oh he's really good in skyfall see i write him he's very good in that but i this write is him almost bigger. equally in this and mother by aronofsky i haven't seen it not he he's it's, he's very good in that, but it's a different. It's a like different kind of threat. I guess I'm I'm discrediting what seems to be not much of an acting. He's more of a caricature in this than an actor. Yeah, I disagree. No, he's a spirit. He's a presence. He's a character, but he's not an actor. His character is a pres- is a presence, and I think it is because of his performance. Who cried in this that we were really impressed with their crying? Helen McDonald. Carla? Yeah, when she um we said she was, takes his hat off, didn't we, he? we said she was Sheriff. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we said she was better than than Jim Carrey at that point. And maybe <laughs> maybe Matt Damon. We're, maybe. <laughs> maybe probably killed Hermes. Don't make him joke like that. <laughs> um Brolin, easily the best thing he's done. He's not big and purple, so Oh, Tommy Lee Jones. No, Tommy's I like him in Lincoln. I've not seen. I've not that. seen. Lincoln. He's great in Lincoln. I'm going to give the window to Lincoln on this one. He's very good in this, though. He is very good in this. But <sighs> I I would say uh, this might be my favorite. My favorite. I don't know if that means his best. Though. Yeah, it's yeah, hard, isn't it? Yeah. What's your favorite? Yeah. I guess you're going to say For, this. Yeah, Tommy Lee Jones. I think this the the narration, the infle- voice inflection. All I mean, he. Oh, nails. What's the, one, the what's the what's the one where he's like a sheriff and he has to like live with a bunch of sorority girls? Oh Jesus! <laughs> I'm joking. I haven't seen it. Man of the house. <laughs> I've just seen a poster. Yeah, I have no it's idea. Man of the house. No, I don't think I think Brolin's Paycheck, better in. Please. No, no. Brolin's, Brolin's better, better in what? In what? Um, True Grit. Um, seen Sin it. City. Maybe. Haven't seen um, it. Oh yeah, actually yeah. Um, that's that's another one. Isn't thing, he in Milk? Isn't he with Sean Penn in Milk? Is he? Oh, do you know what? I haven't like seen his Milk. earlier. I would say his movie. earlier. All stuff. I've seen I'd him in is I've seen him in this. I've seen him in the Avengers. I've seen him in Hail Caesar. Mm. Sean Penn is an underrated actor. He's not in this. No, I'm sure he really is underrated. Oh, he's Wait, playing. hang on. He wasn't playing the milk in that they both drank in front of the TV, yeah, was he? He? Did. he started to sweat. That's <laughs> that. That guy's a chameleon. <laughs> that's who that that's is. That's <laughs> I do. I do like him in Sicario. He's good in Sicario. Sicario. That's, that's another good one. But that's, that's also um, uh, that's Del Toro's movie. Yeah, yeah, Del Toro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's he's, he's good still in good Dune? in it though. He's good in Dune, but. Small, small role though. Small, small actiony. I still prefer Duncan Idaho over him. I'd say Milk and like, uh, some of his. I'm trying to think of his earlier work, like um. Did he do Labor Day? Go- I mean, are we going to say Goonies? Like we could even say. Who's oh, I forgot he's in Goonies. <laughs> I love Goonies. You know what my favorite part about Goonies is? I never want to check my age. What's my age again? What's my age again? Age game, age game. If we want to get 200 more episodes out at some point in our lives, we got to get through this age game. <laughs> Not okay. while I'm here. Yeah, I'll no. try and do rapid fire. We have Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin. When does this film come out? Not that I'm going to work out. 2007? Seven? Yeah. yeah. I think so. 
Who's going first? 46. I think Josh Brolin is 44. Mm, 47. <laughs> 46, 44, 47. Um, 40, hey, what did you do to me? Dang it. 42. Hermes gets that and he's still off by four. He is 38. Shut up. Really? I know. Actually, I thought I was bumping, so that's fair, yeah. Mm. I then thought he was older. Javier Bardem as Anton Sugar. <clears throat> I Lord Sugar, if you will. Alan Sugar. Darth Sugar. 47. Darth Sugar. <laughs> uh, 40. 41. Oi. <laughs> I had 41 the whole time. Did anybody say 44? No. 44. Georgia gets that. He is 37. Wow. How old you Everybody's say? younger. 47. <laughs> yeah. Now we have Tommy Lee Jones. Okay. He's got to be like 25, apparently. <laughs> 50. 57. Mm, that was a good one. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Wait for Ian. How are you? I was waiting for you. Because I don't think you, I, 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 I don't think you guys are high enough. Sixty-one. Good call, uh, George. You said fifty. I just said fifty. Oh, 50. And Then I'm going to say fifty-five in the middle. Ian gets that he is sixty years old. Yeah, right. Um, Tommy Lee Jones, not Ian. Yeah. <laughs> Bill Nighy, 70. And now we have Woody Harrelson. We are currently at a, a three way tie with uh, Hermes, mm. Georgia, and Ian. Oh. Which one's Woody Harrelson? He's the grey suit, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think he is 39. Hmm. 42. You're, you're close. 38. 44. Ethan's having that, I'm doing I'm doing some some type of numbers. Sorry. The the uh the point goes to Ian. He is forty five. Wow. He looks good, doesn't he? I played some cheers math on that one. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. uh, we do also have we also have Callum McDonald if you wanna wanna try and score an extra point. Oh I'm winning, aren't I? Why 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 complicate things? <laughs> <laughs> so that is true. This one's to worth Ian. ten. This one's worth ten points. <laughs> This one's worth three. <laughs> this one's worth 100 points, and I'm going to give the answer to Hermes in Morse code. So, yeah, that is two points to Ian, one point to Hermes, and one to Georgia. So, how old was Kelly McDonald? Can I guess that she was 31? Can I guess that she was 34? Ooh, 33 is what I was going to say. You're high. 29. She might be close. I'd say that's a tie. That's a tie between Georgia and Ian because she is 30. Yeah. Oh, the dark. Oh. mouth. Oh, yeah. So, either way, Ian still wins. Yeah, I knew she was only like 18 <laughs> or 19 in that film. Her first day on the set was the, sec- was the sex scene with you and McGregor. That's nuts, isn't Ooh. it? <laughs> and she brought her mother and her brother to set. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, let's go ahead and look at the critics, please. Look at the bad and the ebes. Georgia. I got them. Okay, so we have got Christopher Orr from the New Republic says McCarthy's ferocious tale gives the Coens room to unleash their cinematic gifts but keeps them from wandering too far afield and losing themselves in the marshes of technical prowess or easy irony. 
Then we have got Ryan Gilby from the New Statesman, who says, an exasperating and self-defeating experience, rather like listening to a nymphomaniac extol the virtues of celibacy. I quite liked that one. Uh, and we've got Kenneth Turin from the Los Angeles Times, who says, an intense nihilistic thriller, as well as a model of implacable storytelling, this film you can't stop watching, even though you very much wish you could. And then I went for another, we just did four, because, you know, 200 celebration, whoop, whoop, whoop. Um, <laughs> we have got our good friend, Roger Ebert. Ebs. He says, many of the scenes in No Country for Old Men are so flawlessly constructed that you want them to simply continue, and yet they create an emotional suction drawing you to the next scene. Another movie that made me feel that way was Fargo. To make one such film is a miracle. Here is another. There we go. He gives it four. He likes it. Excellent. Well, um, let's go ahead and take a look. I put out a fleece, as I'm known to do. Is this a great film, good film, okay film, or poor film? 87% call this a great film. Yeah. 6% call it a good film. So that's a 93% on the old beetroot metric. Uh, 3% call this a okay film, and 4% have the, I don't know what to call it, to call it a poor film. Ooh. So there we are. Thank you, everybody, for joining. And there, Georgia, what did our friends of the podcast have to say? We have quite a lot from the friends of the podcast today. So one from Norfolk Domus who just simply says, No Country is a good film. I appreciate the brevity there. He subverted my expectations. <laughs> yeah. And then we've got one from Hermes, who... I don't know, if does Hermes want to read his own out? Hermes, I do you have don't. access to You don't? It? Okay. No, I mean, unless... I, no, I, I don't... I, I think, Georgia, you do a much better narration. I want to hear Georgia do a Hermes impression. <laughs> there we go. I can't yeah. do a Hermes impression today. I have not <laughs> got were, the vocal folds for that. If people were picking up what I was throwing down, Hermes would have just read it out loud. We would have gone, wow, Georgia, that was amazing. Oh, yeah, that was cool. <laughs> Oh, I wasn't even looking at the screen there. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Hermes says, Damn you, Ian, taking another bullet out of my chamber. Although we share similar tastes, negating his recent Twitter posts with four TV shows we won't mention here. So maybe this pattern is destined to repeat. Maybe I'm also showing my hand a little early out of the gate. In any case, I will just go ahead and say what you all should have already been saying repeatedly up until the point in the show. This film is true mastery. A near-perfect piece of work from the opening narration to the final punctuation in Tommy Lee Jones' dream monologue. The script is incredible and wonderfully faithful to the source material, that being one of my favourite McCarthy novels. The difference, differences that are present are entirely justified and correct in my opinion, trimming only that which doesn't directly add or fit to the medium of film, with showing being an ability strength that the novel just cannot possess. Oh, and oh, the sound, or lack thereof in this film, is deafening being heavily driven by dialogue and resulting... What is this word? Counteractions. Hermes, you don't make this easy for me, man. (laughs) Apologies. Uh, Resulting counteractions for much of the film's pace is only half as impressive as the fact that there is so little actual dialogue. So much of the film is silent or with only minimal environmental noise that it's easy to overlook the genius tension building that this effect brings. I mean it when I say that this film is an exemplifying masterpiece of film. The performances could be discussed endlessly, but I will leave that specific point to you all. I have to focus on the themes and ideas presented in this film, those being specifically nihilism, humanity, and the natural changing of the tides. Nihilism in the film, or perhaps pessimistically, presents this intersection of fates that get twisted and warped with violence in a way that seems inevitable, but yet still grossly counter to the natural order of things, leading me to the idea of humanity's psychopathy 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 i don't know how to pronounce psychopathy that. thank you that's um, a really good hermes impression there 
(laughs) (laughs) It is stated by Carson that Anton is simply a psychopath, but I think the underlying theme is more of a question to this fact rather than a statement. Kill or be killed, hunter and hunted are clearly on display in both the introduction of Anton strangling the deputy and Llewellyn shooting his antelope. As the film progresses, the roles seesaw back and forth. Even Ed overly states, even in the contest between man and steer, the issue is not certain. To wrap this uh, to wrap this up far blah, blah, blah. to wrap up this far too lengthy and pontificating essay, I think Bob Dylan sang it best. The times they are changing. It is easy as youth to ignore the wisdom of the previous generations, to see those we follow as outdated and old, but it is just as easy for those same elders to witness the evolutionary tide coming in with bitterness and confusion. The final dream Ed shares with his wife might be one of the most beautiful set of lines written and delivered in film, perfectly encapsulating the title sentiment of old men leaving the land behind them, forging ahead to p- prepare the trail for the sons to follow. Well done, Hermes. Mm. It's beautifully written, Hermes. That's poetic. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I, ha- I wrote it long before you guys said that we would be opening up the channels. <laughs> I would have m- been way more... My apologies. You're all right. You're all right. It's it's written in a way that makes it easy to read, but I'm just not reading very well at the moment. Don't ever apologize. (laughs) Um, Next up, we have got Cheesy. With a fish on a bike. He says, I'd heard of this film, but never got round to watching it and had no idea what it was even about. It's a great cat and mouse story with some great performances, especially Bardem, whose character Anton Sugar is one of the greatest villains I've ever seen. His whole demeanor is terrifying from his psychopathic haircut to his slow, calculated manner. The gas station scene is chilling, where he suddenly flips, added to the lack of score, really ramps up the tension. Obviously, the performances of the other characters are great too, but Bardem steals the show. The ambiguous ending is genius. I can see why this film is regarded so highly. By the way, I definitely think he killed Carla Jean. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Mm. He does. Uh, then we have got Shy Bergerfreund. He says, Shy guy, shy, shy guy. guy. <laughs> see, I paused and waited, and then you, you went late. Uh, there was a slight delay. When, when, when Liam didn't jump in, I was there. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, he says, uh, This is a pronominal. Oh, I don't even know what I mean. It's a pronominal movie. Phenomenal? Say phenomenal, maybe? maybe. I'm not sure. I'm a huge Coen Brothers fan and watch all of their movies, and this is probably at the top three of their work. The script is truly great and, uh, and is sub your expectations in a good way even though originally i was pissed that the main character got killed off screen who does this later i got it javier bardem gives a masterclass in how to play a villain his performance is just unnerving and disturbing but perfect the other actors are really good as well i love kelly mcdonald and wish she was in more movies woody Harrelson just steals every scene he is in only one grumble about this movie i think there will be blood that came out the same year is be- is the better film and should have won the best film oscar but whatever both are both good films well uh, said thank you very much then we've got richard who says oh that guy <laughs> decided that's how i'm gonna react to richard now he's staring <laughs> into his curmudgeon status so i'm gonna i'm gonna help <laughs> he says Nothing original to say about this great film. It's one of my favourites, but here are some big cocktail-fueled ramblings instead. This is one of the great adaptations. The book is already very cinematic, but the movie boils it down and cuts all the right things. Bar the scene with Carla Jean at the end, which in the book is much longer, and Carla Jean is much more despairing before she reaches the place of brave defiance we see in the film. That chapter ends with a short, sharp sentence that has been stuck in my head since I read it years ago. And then he shot her. Anyway, it's not a book podcast, so shut up. <laughs> Back to the film. It's not an action film, 
but a film of action, a film of process, a film of doing. There's a pleasure in watching simple tasks performed with cold efficiency. There's a quiet rhythm to it, punctuated by beautiful little accents like a scrunched up packet slowly unfurling on the counter or a dim reflection of a psychopath and his pursuer in a television screen. It's just lads doing shit and you had better pay attention. It looks amazing. It's tense, thrilling and it's really fucking funny. Blah, 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 all that. Uh, this was the first 15 rated film that I saw in theatres. I was 14 at the time and looked 11. I went with my mother and wore a flat cap in an attempt to look older. A conspicuous technique that only served to draw <laughs> attention to my baby face and resulted in a manager rushing into the screening during the trailers to ask how old I was. My mother claimed it was my 15th birthday treat. The manager wished me a happy birthday and left. My mind was blown and my mother was bored. I kept a film diary at the time. This was the year i got into movies in earnest and was writing reviews and rating everything i saw i'll spare you the words but that very astute 14 year old gave this film a nine out of ten this just turned 30 year old is going for nine ten poles out of ten but so close to a full set p.s sorry for the puddle of word vomit and sorry to whoever had to read that shit out loud (laughs) (laughs) you are very welcome richard (laughs) no he's got a great writing style he really Mm, i really like his writing style blah blah blah. it's very endearing yeah it is uh, then we have got Nate. The great. He says, nothing I can say that will do this justice. I'll try anyway. It's simply perfect. The pacing is great. Never a dull moment. Beautiful dialogue. And the Coens created one of the best villains of all times. I don't think they created him. I'm just from what I've heard. <laughs> I guess the visual, <laughs> the, filmic, the, the filmic version of him. Messing on messing. And then finally we have got Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. Woo! Thanks, Hermes. <laughs> well done, Hermes. Uh, he says, It was my second time watching this last night. The first time was probably 2008. If you had asked me before my second watch, I would have said it was a great film. Now I'm learning, leaning more towards good film. It's a slow mm. burner, far slower than I remembered. There is tension throughout and some of the dialogue is captivating. I couldn't look away. However, not a lot happens. It's a game of cat and mouse, but I feel like some important moments were missing or not fleshed out. We follow Llewellyn for the majority of the film, and yet he's killed off camera. That really annoyed me. Did Anton kill Carla? I would have liked to have seen the outcome of their tension-riddled conversation. Did Anton survive or ever get caught? I realised some of these were not answered to leave it ambiguous, but that irritated me. I still think it's a good film. Brilliantly shot, acting, amazing acting, a true Coen Brothers experience. It's just dropped a point from my previous score. Ah, that's very nice. Hmm. Thank you very much. It's very Dwayne. positive, though. I mean, about about this movie. To be fair, yeah. Um, A lot of people seem to like it. Overall, ninety three percent on Rotten Tomatoes and eight point two on IMDb. So it's one of those universally loved by critics and by the populace at large. Um, I've got to see. Look at the fledgling fandom who had a few things to say last week. I've forgotten how to record them in post. So very glad that I don't have to do that today because I've remembered. Ha uh-huh. ha. Uh, we've got uh, Josh G for Next Favorite Movie says, I remember this being talked about as seven eighths of the great film, greatest film ever made, referring to the ending, of course. Then I had a guest come on and explain why in a way that I hadn't thought of before. And I got to say, this is true. This truly is damn near perfect. Can't wait to hear this one. Mm. Uh, we've got, uh, oh, he, he did follow up by saying, I spent plenty of Ian's film school on this one. Curious to see how Liam and Georgia react. <laughs> uh, the Yeatmeister says, I remember seeing this film in college for the first time and being absolutely blown away. I even watched it again recently and still love it. Carlo says, whoa, <laughs> this is a big one. Look forward to your thoughts. I think it'll be an excellent film that manages to be fun, chilling, intense, and deep and thought-provoking all in the same package. Some great performances as well. Can't wait to hear everyone's thought on the last act. Georgia, did you find this fun? 
Um, what, the film? Yes. No. Uh, Ed from the Film Effect says, it's a modern masterpiece that features some incredible edge of seat sequences and masterful dialogue throughout. I'll never forget seeing this at Sean's place when it came out. Uh, when it first came out. I thought the film was damn near perfect, an opinion that still holds true today. Dom from uh, Norfolk over here says, oh boy, this is going to be good. I can't wait. Ty the Film Addict says, a perfect film. And James E. Cornette fan just gives me a picture of Anton Chigurh eating sunflower seeds. <laughs> so there we go. Uh, if you liked this, uh, you would like, well, I'm going to hold on for one second. I got one last critic. Ooh. Josh Brolin. In an interview with Logan Hill of New York Magazine, Brolin said, quote, we had a lot of fun making it. Maybe it's because we both, Brolin and Javier Bardem, thought we'd be fired. With the Coens, there's zero compliments, zero anything. No nice work, nothing. And then I'm doing the scene with Woody Harrelson. Woody can't remember his lines. He stumbles his way through it, and both Coens are like, oh, my God, fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Such is the price of fame, I think. (laughs) If there's a filmer episode you would like, check out Fargo. Definitely Fargo. Check Mm -hmm. out Hail Caesar, brought to us by James DeGuzman. Check out, uh, for films in general, just check out other Coen Brothers stuff, Burn After Reading. Oh, brother, where art thou? What's the other film that... um uh, Tommy Lee Jones was in The Horseman or something? No. The Homesteadman? The Home? Don't know it. There's a film that he's in. That was quite good. Check out There Will Be Blood, which seems like I- I've mm. said it's a bit of a a darker cousin to this, I think. Uh, I prefer yeah. this film. Oh, qu- qu- quick, quick straw poll. This or There Will Be Blood? This. This. Okay, I agree. No country. Uh, Ethan? Ooh, this, and I'm kind of giving away my score. I don't think everybody has your scores written down, dude. Yeah. Um, Hermes? Depends on the day. Oh, okay. <laughs> Jeez. Way to drink my milkshake on that one. Appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go ahead and uh, give out our ratings, our ratings. Let's start on the lower side of things. Liam? <laughs> yeah, I didn't like... I'd like to rewrite it myself and have a better ending. Uh, I, I appreciate this film for what it is. Llewellyn but... Moss has just won the Indy 500. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 I totally hear what everybody is saying. It is a good movie. It really is. Uh, the, the tones of the movie is brilliant. The setting of the movie, the way that shifts, how you think it's going to go one way and it goes another. It is clever. Um, doesn't mean I, I always like it. I don't mind it. Um, so with that, I'm going to give it eight sawn-off sh- shotguns out of ten. Wow. There you go. Watch the spray. Mm-hmm. Georgia. Um, I think if you'd have asked me three years ago to watch this film and then rate it out of ten, we would have had a... Not train spotting, quite, not quite as bad as train. Spotting. Oh, really? So train spotting was more triggering train, than this. Oh, train spotting is horrendous. Wow, I still don't think I'd be able to give train spotting more than like two, six. <laughs> like I, I really, really struggle with train spotting. We're about six like, years like, away from it getting like a nine. No, yeah. <laughs> really not. <laughs> um, I think there's just elements of that that I just cannot deal with in the slightest. So this doesn't have quite that. This just had this kind of overlying and underarching feeling of this is wrong and i don't like it and i can't cope with that the film itself is incredibly well made and very very clever and i think it's brilliant but so i was kind of going where do i put this um 
because that's not an easy distinction to make a lot of the time. But I think I've settled on, I cannot take away from how good this film is just because I didn't like it any more than two points. So I'm going to give it eight Ooh. socks out of ten. Eight white socks because that's all you wear. Yeah. Out yep. of ten. <laughs> Ethan. There's something about Coen Brothers films where the lead is called Llewellyn that speak to me. Um, but this is the better one. <clears throat> I I think this, I, I you know, I, I said this a while, it's been a really good year when it comes to rating certain films. I love this film. I think this film is fantastic and I love the feeling I get. And I don't think I ever have forgotten the feeling that I got the first time I saw... Uh, I saw uh, Moss's corpse, uh, like after he was killed off screen. I, th- I think it was amazing. I, I I adore this film. I was gonna make a joke. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the script's great. The 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 score, like you said, what sixteen minutes of it total? Yeah. Um, I I'll be. I could not hum a damn word. It's all it. gonna be in a damn note of it. it but um, I think the 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 lack of score for majority of this just like makes this film what it is i i like beacons is great the the script is fantastic i i've i've said my praise of this so i am going unsurprisingly probably 10 cans of beer that llewellyn might have had to drink before he uh broke his vows wow mm. out of 10 an infidelity based ranking <laughs> yeah there we go little stinker hermes uh, I mean, the only grumble I have is something that even McCarthy admits to. So as far as the film is concerned, it is a perfect film. I absolutely stand by the fact that it is a perfect film. And um, yeah, to keep it short in the in the, in the uh, spirit of brevity. Um, <laughs> brevity. I'd say 10 dead dogs uh, chasing me up the... <laughs> chasing me up the river. Wow. George is doing the whole faulted arm thing. I'm used to that look. Me and Hermes are usually friends. Now we're not. We are still He's, he's an right? agitator, just like me. <laughs> You're still my friend, Georgia. You might argue okay. at times that Hermes... be friends. You might argue at times that Hermes are two sides of the same coin. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, this film, it's one I've been forced to watch and teach and pick out in minute detail. And that can be one of... T- if, if it was a lesser film... I'm already sick of a Lost Boys, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, oh, I am. Um, but when it's something of merit, um, man, it's not a chore at all. It's it's a joy to come back. Whoa. <laughs> that was a nice As, sound. Um, he's going it's, back to his okay. whiskey. It's sound, I meant to. It sounded like I was getting told off by a kid for a minute. <laughs> I was like, Ethan, chill. Um, oh. <laughs> um there's what you do with character and you take and you establish and you invite us in. And then there's finding this great narrative structure that plays on my expectations based on what I know about narrative, based on what I know about genre. And it decides, okay, we're going to have some fun with this. And it plays around with it. And then it bookends it with this old dithering guy whose search for meaning in, in life is mirrored by my search of meaning for the film I've just watched. 
and we both come up empty and it lingers and it's a film that doesn't talk down to me it's a film that keeps an extreme long shot while he checks his boots mm. rather than hear bang and he walks outside yeah and i really like that and i'm glad every film's not like this this needs to be the exception but man what an exception so for such an exceptional film I have to say hello. My name is Ian. Thank you for coming to my ten talk. <laughs> wow! Yeah, uh, I'm giving it ten out of ten. No extra things required because that would be to give this extra meaning. <laughs> so I'm going to leave that be. Uh, George, where does the Patreon overall come out at? The Patreon overall comes out at nine and a half. Nine and a half. <laughs> wow, this is hard. Well, the list we just gave of our top tens clearly got a new entry in there somewhere. Dropping yeah. one down because yeah. uh, that brings us to 20, 36, 45 and a half. So it's over nine. Yeah, it's Ooh. like 9.1. So that's nice. lost my sheet, but it's definitely going to be like eighth or seventh overall. So what a film. So there we are. Wow. Uh, we want to thank everybody uh, who chipped in, whether it was from in Twitter, whether it was from the Patreon. On that note, if you want to be involved like this, if you want to be involved like Andy Dixon was, like James DeGuzman was, like Hermes has been this evening, if you want to sort of be part of the community on a bit of a, uh, on a bit of a more, um, intimate level just buy me flowers uh you can find <laughs> out more by patreon.com slash bfe we kept it simple for you i really like the little community that we've all got going on yeah right including music mm. league which we're doing recently music league the um oh, i keep forgetting about that yeah you don't set a lineup so of course you don't um <laughs> but but um <laughs> you know yours truly is currently spinning the wheels as the winner of the most recent round the best cover of all time hurt by Johnny Cash. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Rigged. You gave me, you, you voted me. I gave points. It was great. So there we are. Uh, find out more. Be in on these in jokes. Patreon.com slash BFE. We kept it simple for you. All that's left to do is talk about what we're doing next week. Uh, next week, uh, I mean, let's acknowledge it's coming down a level in the level of maybe cinematic greatness, but a fun film, I think, nonetheless. I like a fun film. Nonetheless. Uh, our recording schedule here at the BFE is changing a bit in the Christmas season. We're going to switch to recording more on Wednesdays with the exception of our BFF of the BFE episodes, which will continue to be recorded on Sundays. This is because I'm going home for Christmas, and we're trying to create a little bit of extra oomph. Yeah. 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 So this coming uh, next week, we'll still release on Tuesdays, like we always have. Always. So this coming week, we are going to be... George is doing the Georgia Reacts video. Jeez. <laughs> this coming week, we are going to be looking at one of the great character actors of all time, Gene Hackman. I like Gene Hackman. Oh. You won't like the guy. He's opposite. Acting opposite the vessel of love himself, Will Smith. Ugh. For the 25-year anniversary... Oh. <laughs> of this of the sea a tony scott film enemy of state enemy of the state Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go available in this country on disney plus i don't know about the oh, countries cool. other people live in but check your streaming things uh correspondingly uh it's a bit I more bet he didn't give gene hackman a slap it's a bit more i bet yeah. you not it's, it's, it's a bit more of a popcorn film maybe next week and sometimes you need pizza some there can't be steak every day or whatever this is can we ban will smith movies from the rest of the podcast i no 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 we can we, we can watch them and rate them really poorly okay <laughs> <laughs> Concussion's still a good film. 
I haven't seen Concussion actually, so I'm very curious about that. Is I'm that also the really, NFL I'm, one. I'm, yeah, yes. I'm also really curious about King Richard, but um, it's hard. I see. I I watched it before the the Oscars controversy, so I don't mm-hmm. know if I'm, I'm like I I liked it then, so my opinion isn't changing. I thought it was good. Yeah. yeah. So hindsight, you know. Uh, we again want to thank Julian Hermes, James de Guzman, Lena Oberholzer, Anthony and Davies, Chris Peterson, Randall Silva, Dwayne Smith, Dwayne Smith. the Yeetmeister, Reverend Bruce Nate, the great Andy Dixon, Holly Callan, Cheesy with a fish on a bike, Richard, Ryan Kuketz, Dirk, Scheiberger, Freud, Stu from the SWO, Norfolk Damas, and AJ from Nova Scotia. Like I said, patreon.com slash BFE. Kept it simple for you. Yeah. Please join us. Next week, I'm hoping Hermes will say his name after Ethan in the rundown. Please join us next week when we tackle the Tony Scott, Will Smith, Gene Hackman, Jack Black. Wow. In a very early role. I like Jack Black. There we go. Um, Film, Enemy of the State. For best film ever, I've been I've been Liam. I've been Ethan. I've been Hermes. And I've been Georgia. And in thinking about music. Hermes told us, Bob Dylan said, the times, they are a change. I might look at this movie instead, quote the late great Freddie Mercury, who said, nothing really matters. Anyone can see. Nothing really matters. No, nothing really matters to me. As the coin may have said during the coin toss, we'll catch you on the flippity flap. The flippity flip flop. Anyway the wind blows